Yay! What? Yay! Christopher Stockman. So we meet again. Imagine his name was Our fates S. are intertwined. Like his middle name was no Stephen, and then then it was Tuckman, and he was like, "What if I took the S and put it onto the Tuckman, and it becomes Stuckman?" What does Stuckman make you think of? That he's, he's stuck. Yeah, he's kind of stuck. I don't isn't know he? that it makes me think of anything, honestly. There's got to be something thematically valuable about his name. You know, Chris uh, is a very are... uncommon name. Guess... It makes you think of all kinds of things, right? Who's called Chris? There was a comment Nobody. on the uh, that montage I made of his thumbnail faces. Someone said, his face is stuck, man. And I wish <laughs> I had thought of that. Oh. <laughs> Definitely stuck. Face is a... Why did you put a copyright song on that video, you fool? People can't watch it on video, uh, randomly on stream. It, just, it was the perfect song. You know, there's nothing that could be done about it. You it's know just... what? I appreciate Muses that. The art comes first. You're not a producer or anything, are you? You're more of a creative. Yeah. Not one of those suits. Gross. Trying to tell artists what to do. Ever? Yeah, have you worn a suit? No, because that would mean I'm not creative. Ugh. Well, uh, you know, we should probably just go ahead and start getting into this 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 wacky uh, bonus EFAP. I can see already people are like, what is happening here? And it's like, yeah. Bet you didn't expect to see Fab on us on a, on a Wednesday. That's where we are, right? Uh, it's hump day. It's going to be crazy, man. Wednesday, Fab. So you never know what's going to happen if ever they pop up. Um, it probably means that something happened, something weird and wacky, and that we wanted to cover it. And you know what? That kind of does cover it. We do, and we'll definitely be talking about something wild and wacky with a guest set that will change probably as we talk about it. But um, if you're in the world of film, you likely would have heard about something that happened recently. A rumbling. And that rumbling comes in the form of Jay Longbone upsetting everybody. What's wrong with you? Oh, Jay, I can't believe <laughs> you've done this. I there's, can't believe you've done this. There's opinions you're allowed to have. And then there's what you say. And that's just too much. And, you know, when I saw God, he's, such a, he's so annoying on Twitter, I was like... Someone needs to send her messages that involve threatening her <laughs> life, you know? Like that, that needs to happen. What's funny is that'll be in here as well, and that'll just go to show anybody who's curious. Like, yeah, we get death threats a lot from saying people are annoying. It happens. That's the internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, other people can sort of use that to their advantage. Do you remember when fucking Patrick Willems tweeted out someone talking about wanting to kill him, I think, and they ended it with, uh, they were from the Molar Army. <laughs> uh, like, what the fuck? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was almost certain. Is that like Dumbledore's army? Was I was just like, have I ever called you guys the Mola army? army? <laughs> like, what the hell? Mola army, assemble. Yeah, that was one of those ones where it's like, uh, hello, fellow Mola Arbites. Ar Here I am to fight the fight the war. Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, Mola army rise up indeed. But um, yeah. What we're doing here today is we're checking out the origin of this gigantic war and uh, all the players involved, all the opinions you could possibly have, we'll share in some of our own. You'd never guess, it starts with a Chris Stuckman video. Isn't that fucking crazy? No, nothing's crazy. crazy. Yeah. This is all just so... Uh... Yeah. Oh, alright, jeez. I was, I was gonna say, like, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's a bit of a crazy thing to have happen because just nothing usually comes of what he says. 
Uh, as... That's a good point, actually. You're right. You're right. Yep. Because usually the videos are so dull that there's nothing to fight about. I don't even see his stuff getting shared, ever. Like, not in the sense of, oh, you gotta check out the new Stuckman video, but just in the sense of, oh yeah, uh, Chris like highlighted this about this. Or there's a, a clip where someone goes, wow, this is really a good point of view about blah blah blah. It's like, nope, never ever it's ever see him. Strange, isn't it? It is a little strange, because you figure that it will happen occasionally, by virtue of saying interesting things By accident, even. <laughs> even someone. by accident, yeah. Um, That's that's the internet, though. Our good friend you know, Ryan pra praised the Batman and got, you know, got a lot of criticism for saying there were too many black people in it. But uh, but he was still praising the movie. Uh, but to be fair to Stuckman, I mean, he still delivered it. It was still really dull. It was just a reaction. Well, I sometimes I wonder if he even realizes what he says is controversial, because I don't think he aims to ever. I think he wants to stay under the radar at all times. Um... We've got we've got a little segment in here as well that we'll talk about where he did he does not do well when he thinks he's being made fun of, and I think now that, that reflects. Uh, um... Oh, oh, I know what you're showing there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so funnily enough, there's a clip I I don't have in here, but one that um, uh, Chris Gore had sent me, who's uh, who's also here. I think he's just muted. There he is on the end. Hello. Uh, I was going to say that the 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 clip was he says when I become a writer, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like deal with sort of the, the the comments and criticisms that often get doled out to them or something. It's something like that. It's very indicative of like, oh, you, you like people don't like being made fun of, I guess. Um, but it is one of the, if there were 10 rules of starting up like a public facing uh, job, be it YouTube or whatever have you, uh, expect that and take it for what it is, which can often be fun. You know, it's not something everyone gets taught. And so a lot of people come away from it very, very uh, upset and abrasive. If ever you're like, Wow, that's silly. Because um, one of the things we often get, or at least we used to, uh, not anymore, we used to get the whole, like, why are you, why are you covering Chris Stuckman? He's harmless. And it's like, well, I mean, he has opinions. <laughs> and I disagree with him. Oh, but, yes. you know. but, well, he's caused harm now. He's a harm, harmful, he's got harmful opinions. How about that? What, by the way, on, on YouTube, when I, um, when I refresh the page... Generally, it, it pops right up with, you know, EFAP streaming. And sometimes the thumbnail doesn't update, so we get a little... So it's got the Madam Web thumbnail. We get the Madam Web Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice. <laughs> That's what I got, too. And then, with, and then with the name, it's just like, Chris, what are you doing? Put down the Madam Web Cranberry <laughs> Juice, please. It really it doesn't is. doesn't hurt anybody. This is absolutely a sequel to the Madam Web episode, though. Like, uh... Oh, yeah, you're right. That is true. By the way, I, I've checked everything. That really, that really shouldn't be the thumbnail. I don't know why it is, but um, I don't. I can't fix that. I wasn't it, the thumbnail it, when I uh, when I clicked on it. Okay, well, yeah, it's having a goof. It's having a it bit might of just a goof. be like an update thing, yeah. Um. So yes, what, what uh, the way I've constructed this this compilation is that we have all the context in it. So I don't really need to do anything other than saying it's Chris Stuckman related, and uh, he's got some opinions that have that have caused just a ripple effect. And we're going to go through it all. Going to ask each other what maybe we think about all the different things that get brought up. But uh, it has sparked conversation that, broadly speaking, could be identified as please never criticize writers or directors for the state of film. Because they are trying, damn it. It's Which, hard. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Not, hmm, not a statement. Yeah, yeah, hmm, but uh, maybe maybe you know, with... they put on 
they put on their helmets and they get their lunch pails and they go down in the make believe mines. I've got your tweet in here, by the way. <laughs> I've got that in here. <laughs> the ideas factory. I'll say a prayer for them all. I do have Slave some memes away. in here as well because it's fun. Down in the mines. I was making movies in the film mines for 14 hours today. <laughs> now, is everybody in the watch together who wishes to be? I mm -hmm. am there, and I do wish to be there. Gore, unmute yourself. Uh, I, also, I, I don't know if Chris is so, uh, Gore is supposed to be... Uh, does he, I assume he knows how to use Discord. It's just he's muted. I don't know if he knows. That's all. I'm just highlighting. Yeah, Chris. You, there's, if yeah. you're speaking, we yeah. can't hear you. Chris, yeah. you you are muted. There is a right icon. You need to. You got to take charge. You got to be the master of your own destiny, like Christopher Stuckman. Um. Anyway. Yes. All right. Well, we're gonna get started. Uh, get ready, chat. Yeah, let's do it. For a Christopher Stuckman video. Uh, ready for a Stuckmanizing a classic. Oh, oh strap on. Strap in. Time. Strap in, everyone. Let's go. There he is. Um, wait, is. is that the right window? Chris, Hi, is Chris. that a? Are you? Is that your Minecraft character? Uh, yeah, that's my Funko Pop version of me. Oh, it's it looks just let's like let's get it. stuck. Let's get no, stuckmanized. Looks... Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go. get stuckmanized. Yeah, let's right. stuckmanized. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, so exciting! No, that's cinematic. It's that, that terrible, um, it's that terrible middle ground between uh, quaint and old school, like his old one is, and really well produced. So it just comes across as like a really, it just comes across as cheap and uninspired. I'm I just, noted I'm not really I appreciate the old intro. The old All one right. was neat, and so he was like attached to it. There's charm to the old one in that it's like, here's my YouTube review of a movie, giant explosion. You're like, uh, yeah, that's kind of fun. This one feels a little bit more try-hard in that it's like, this is cinema. And the crazy thing is that it's kind of setting you up for like, ooh, cinema. here we go. And then he's like, hello. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. <laughs> oh, hey. Today I'm reviewing Lay's potato chips. No flavor, of course, other than potato. we got to start with the no flavor ones so that when you talk about the flavor ones, you have the contrast. That's no, 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 that's too exciting. That's way too exciting. <laughs> Whoa, we're not doing the flavored ones. Let's not go crazy. So I just saw Madam Web. I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. I hope Web. you have fun. No, yeah, I, I, it, Madam Web brought us joy. I have seen some people it's say really they kind sad of. Right here. Uh, he does, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some people say they're kind of glad Madam Web came along in terms of just it's nice to get that kind of a bad movie every once in a while, the one that doesn't piss you off, the one that doesn't, you know, slaughter kind beloved of? characters yeah. and that is made so incompetently, it's kind of funny. Yeah, they made their own stuff to poop all over. They didn't take someone else's toys well... and ruin those. Madam Web isn't there. Well, you know what I mean? Did. Like, <laughs> I, mean, you know, all I guess the that's true. Yeah. By other people. That but is technically true. You're right. At least, it yeah. It feels so self contained and compartmentalized. It is a technically, as they promote it in the marketing, a, a new continuity. This is not a, or at least uh, that's what Dakota Johnson said. It's not a part of any other spider. That's what they. Business. That's what they said as yeah. part of the marketing. Yes. There was no and now it is part of a standalone continuity in the sense that it will be alone forever. There will be no more films. <laughs> it's a standalone film. Forever. So I just saw Madam Web. There was no screening for it in my area. There were no late night showings before the day, so I had to go Don't see it care. on Valentine's Don't Day. Care. No, no, this is really important. Why, why is this is really important. I, I get, I I had get to see it with the plebs. 
<laughs> yeah, like I get to go to press screenings typically. I get to go see the film early, but this time I didn't get to, so I just had to go believe? to the theater like everybody else. They made me stand in line. No, there wasn't a line from Adam Webb. They made me no. go to the theater <laughs> and purchase. They made me purchase a ticket and my own popcorn. <sighs> Next, you'll tell me you're a producer or something. If the, if listen, if there had been other people in that theater, they would have been normies. They would have been suppose... the, the public. I suppose what I find interesting is that it's kind of like moved past a conversation that could be had, which is that the review embargo for this film, I think, was a day before it came out, less than a day, which oh. is fascinating. Hmm. Um, it's always interesting, you know, when that embargo is, not because it necessarily tells you what the quality of the film or the game is going to be, but there is a general sort of trend of... The earlier the reviews drop, the more confident the studio or the publisher probably is in the thing that they're releasing. Like, Sony will often do their review embargoes for their big cinematic games, like, you know, two or three weeks early. Meanwhile, a lot of, uh... I remember it was, uh, it was Assassin's Creed Unity, I think, had its review embargo was after the game was out. Like, it was nine or ten hours after the game released. <laughs> um, and if anybody remembers, Assassin's Creed Unity did not work. No. Uh, it uh, did yeah, not at work. launch. The, the yeah, creatures at launch with the, was awful. The eyeballs, right? The yes. Unity. That's yes, right. that was one yeah. of the, it was one of the, kind of the OG uh, crazy glitch yeah. controversy games. Well, yeah, that was at the beginning of the eighth generation, which saw more and more and more and more of these bad launches. Um, and then, of course, the other example that always struck By me... By the way, I'd re I would recommend Assassin's Creed Unity to people. I hear it's in, a lot... In modern I hear times. it's actually pretty good at this I've point. Played it, when it's I've fixed. played it a bit. It's one of my games I need to go back and finish, but I was very impressed with how well it ran, considering I've, I've never seen that many NPCs in a game hmm. before. Like, everyone just moving around and walking around. So it was very impressive. So I, I would recommend Assassin's Creed Unity. Just for the people play. walking around. Oh, just, actually, just for the I'm, just for all the Frenchmen walking around with their hats actually, and their a, shoes. A recent and relevant one is that Dune 2's reviews have been released now, and that film doesn't come out for another couple weeks, right? March first. It, it think, comes right? out March first or February right, 29th. Okay. I've seen it. I've I've seen it by the way. So Ooh, what do you think? You uh I really like it a lot, and I have problems, and I, I think a lot of the problems stem from the fact that I love the book. So there's departure from the book. And in particular, final shot of the movie really bugs me because I think it's setting up a third one or a conflict that wasn't in the book for a third one. So oh. no, um, I'm mixed. I'm mixed about it. But all this hype of it's the greatest war movie since Two Towers, incorrect. <laughs> Tower still is the go. I've heard that so, so many times. There's so many movies. The... That's because. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens with a lot of critics is they have uh, this sort of, uh, sort of, they're of one mind like the Borg. So when they have an opinion about something, you'll see like a very similar opinion or even similar things echoed like that comparison to Two Towers, which is, is inaccurate in, in my opinion. So it's very good. There's a lot to love there, and there's a lot to nitpick. And I'm going to talk about it on Film Threat later, but... Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think I think it's being a little overhyped. It's a, being a little overhyped. And Ooh. so you'll you'll see for yourself. You'll see for yourself. And this is so. what movie? Sorry? Dune, Dune Part Dune 2. Dune Part 2. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, it's, you can actually see it on the 25th of February. There are if sort there's of tickets fan available. Screenings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Gary, you have tickets for that, right? I do. I do. I'm going That's Sunday. Awesome. So 
We'll have a discussion. We'll have a discussion. Oh, yes, someone, we will. Someone in chat said the greatest war movie since Two Towers is obviously Return of the King. <laughs> Return of the King, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but yeah thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was insane. <laughs> uh, well played. And I thought to myself, probably not going to do a video for this one based off of what I've heard. Since I do try to keep it mostly about film celebration on this channel. Having seen... Oh, what does that what mean? A, what a what statement. Wait. I'm going to celebrate. Did you know that you could say a lot of things by the things you do not say? It is a very <laughs> interesting is... quirk of the human condition that I've discovered do you love in that, my that, years on this planet. That is absolutely the thing we need to set as the foundation for this whole stream is... How much can be said by not saying certain things? Uh, it's just I've been trying to I've been trying to keep the vibe at the Stuckman household positive uh, and <laughs> non-alcoholic. So Tiffany will not be joining us for New Year's. Um, <laughs> just, just wanted to say uh, I'm not saying anything about anything. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, we will we will get to the the portion with Twitter eventually, but we're gonna watch the video first, and that's what this is. And so yes, uh, when when someone says to you. I'm not going to talk about Madam Web because of from what I've heard and because this is about film celebration. You're like, wow, how yeah. bad was it? Jesus. What, what, are, you, like, what, are, you what? are you implying? Man? The funny thing is, it's like, even in a parody sense, I feel like I could come up with a five minute video, maybe maybe even 10 minutes uh, praising Madam Web. Uh, you could do it. You could give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could throw you some stuff in. And do that. I could talk yes, about Sydney exactly. Sweetie's tits for 10 minutes. Good God. I can't wait to see Cinema Wins try to make use of Madam Web. That, that, we'll have to wait a while for that he, one. He'll avoid that one. He won't do it. Yeah, that was a difficult Did one. Did he do one for Morbius? <laughs> Did he do one for Morbius? That's a good question. I shall discover the truth. Because if he didn't on do that. one for Morbius, my guess would be that he would not do one for Madam Web. I mean, he's been known to target films, even the ones that are really bad, right? Sometimes. Did you um, make a Morbius Morbin. video? Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> we we of course have everything wrong with, because uh, of course, but I can't see in everything. Uh, all the wins one, you know, I, I don't see it. Damn, I guess Cinema Wins did not do Morbius. See, that's cowardly. Come on. You gotta get that him is in. cowardly. I would you love coward. to make that. That would be funny as fuck. You'd be like, you could do all the memes too. But uh, whatever. Anyway, the um, oh, well. when you're about film celebration, you're familiar me. because, of course, Chris is with almost every aspect of film creation. There's gotta be things in Madam Web you notice that you can say, you know what? They did that pretty well. They did this pretty well. They did this. They did this. They did. This. You could actually. I mean, you know. What's crazy is yeah. you could check out like quotes from the producers, even or the the, the director or the writers. You could see what they said about what they did with the movie. Well, hell, you know, if you're struggling to fill up the runtime, you can do what Chris typically does, which is just name the writers and directors for no particular reason at all. Like that's with like no a freebie two minutes right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, but he um, did he did he not with this one at least in the place he usually does right because right at the beginning he usually says well, this film was written by directed by mm -hmm. at the beginning well, but he didn't do that with this one. This isn't a review, so right? It's not that which, format. But if he did, he which, could. Which doesn't uh, at all. Is, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Go for it. I was gonna say which doesn't at all put the idea in someone's head of why aren't you naming the people that were responsible for this? <laughs> well. Stay their who names. Stay their for, names. No, who, who is responsible for Madam Web? Who could know? It's not like it's, it's in the film, at the end of the film, it doesn't say who is responsible for what given task. No, it's a mystery. It's it elusive. 
group justice. Yeah, off to a good start. In the film, I'm going to tell you that this is not a movie review of Madam Web. I am not about bashing filmmakers, artists. Uh, I know how. What are you implying? <laughs> So this is where um, I feel like a lot of people are not even listening to not only his video, but that the clip that uh, Lauren provided on Twitter. He just, he was pretty, he's either a very bad speaker, or he just said something that's uh, pretty blatant. I will not review the film, because I am not into bashing filmmakers or creatives. That's uh -huh. just bashing it. That's just, with more words. Yeah, you're just saying, if I, if I did a review, it would be full of all the terrible negative things that I would say. It's, yeah, it's what... on top of that, it's the implication that movie criticism as a practice in general is film bashing. Exactly. Review equals bashing. Which is interesting, because if I was to rewrite his script for him, knowing what I know about him, I would have said, what you should say is, I know a lot of you might have expected some kind of hilariosity review, but um, as you know, uh, for several years I've retired those. And I'm more about trying to find the films in the world that sort of inspire and that uh, Madam Web didn't inspire me in any particular way. So instead of talking about the film, I wanted to talk about something that's happening in like the industry. That's what you could have said. But no, you said I'm not going to review it because I don't want to bash it. And also what I think he's is... saying. Yeah, what, what, I, what I think he's saying without saying it is I'm better than you, <laughs> better than you. No, I'm serious. I it's like, the I'm better than you because I'm yeah. not going to fall into what you, I, you know, the lesser people would want to do. Yes. Those Edenists. Yeah, he's he's being, in my opinion, kind of an elitist prick. But uh, like also, like it, it's it stirred a whole. I, and and Mahler, I think I sent you a link to a story which I thought was awful about can movie critics be filmmakers? Right. There are a lot of uh, critics who have filmmakers. I'm one of them. John Campia made a movie about a documentary about movie trailers. Uh, the, you know, Stuckman's made a movie. I think there's clips in one of the videos I sent you. Like, oh, but what he's saying is, is like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Cause I'm not going to do this. Also, I might end up working for a studio. So I don't want to say these things, which is yep. sort of, uh, I, I don't know. I think he's making his, his intentions pretty, pretty plain. It makes me also, feel like he's, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I'm good and I'm better than you in a way that we would consider I've him matured, lesser than us because you know, I've matured, I've grown. I was like, I'm going to temper oh, my yeah. opinions and decide what I am and am not going to cover because of my aspirations and who might be upset by that in terms of who I want to work for, which is like, we all know it. Like, that's what, what the game right. is, yeah, you know, well, we all know is, is he's going, no, I'm good because it of it. It, it. It's like, no, it's not, I'm, it's not the... It's not the kind of person I want to be. And it's like, no, it's just you don't want to step on the wrong, you know, you don't want to step on anybody's toes, basically. Yeah, if the wizard visited him and told him, well, no one, in, if you made a video on Madam Web giving your honest opinions, uh, it will not affect any career aspirations that you have. And if he knew that and believed it, then he might do it. It might just be well, about... You, I don't you know, the reason he wouldn't there is because he's got to keep it consistent, right? I probably, yeah, that's probably the only reason why not. Um, so yeah, the, that is the assumed motivation for many people, and by the way, before anyone assumes like, oh, you're just taking the worst route ever, this is the overwhelming majority of the opinion from his audience, is that he's trying to be careful so he can ingratiate himself into the industry of film related mainly to Hollywood. And, and that, in a sense, he's, he's failed because it's pretty obvious he thinks the film sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could um, just not yeah. talk about it. <laughs> If I if I'm watching a film reviewer and it becomes clear that they are tempering their opinions and uh, being selective with what they cover because of that, 
I'm like, oh, you're already like you've like like you're a trader, but you're not even getting any, getting anything <laughs> from it yet. You know, oh, I like guess you're you're I preemptively be, betraying us. I guess I just find it funny that you get the cred for being hyper positive when you've made it very apparent that you think the film sucks by saying um, like, "Well, I watched Madam Web, but I'm not going to cover it." It's like, yeah, what do because you there's nothing to celebrate. Exactly, because I'm about film celebration. What do you think you've said? But, you but just... just because you haven't said the word Madam Web bad, it doesn't register that what's being said is Madam Web bad. Which it's is exactly what's been said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some, someone in the chat phrased it well, he's kissing the ring for an in. And that's yes. kind of, yeah, that's basically it. He's already sort of surrendered himself to something before he's even getting, not, not even before a guarantee, before anything. Right, he's just like hoping if I act like this, then you know, then they'll love me up there. When it just, it's not. I mean, I saw his Melanie movie; it sucked. So <laughs> I don't know. There's also the angle that if, say, for example, there's an act, a behavior that everyone here is doing that I refuse to do, and I say I don't do it because I know better. Anyway, moving on. Like, excuse me. <laughs> Hang on, like, what do you mean? Like, that makes us all feel a little, uh, little uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, don't worry, like, you wouldn't you know. You wouldn't know. Like, I didn't say the negative words. I only implied the negative words. And this is so, this so is good. the a very common theme: is that nobody's detecting his negativity because he's couched it in positivity, uh, right? The and and what's yeah. he, what's he in fear of, Mahler? I mean, like, even the the stars of this film knew it was a piece of shit. Yeah, like, the, and the, some of them might actually come out and publicly state it very soon. Uh, Dakota uh, Johnson hasn't even seen it; probably won't. Probably won't. You know, so, so if you're afraid to like <laughs> criticize something that's universally loathed and mocked, uh, yeah, you, oh, they're not going to so respect many. you in the industry anyway. There's so many of the films like that. There's so many films that we we know at the time they're bad, and then like years later, or whatever, some of the actors are like, "God, that was a piece of shit, wasn't it?" <laughs> You're like, yeah. It's the yeah. fact that once they know that he's willing to say these things openly and publicly, and then couple that with the you know the reviews that he's done in his in his past on YouTube, and it's like, oh yeah, we can't. I don't know if we can trust this guy to keep his opinions to to himself, even if he's saying it out loud. The thing we're all thinking, he's saying it out loud. And who knows when he'll open his mouth again. And that's the thing. I, th I feel like he'd be a much more well-rounded and uh, easy to interpret as honest and full of integrity person if he just said, Oof, Madam Web, uh, that is a... Fi you could even do this in a nice way. Like, the, his fucking patented, I'm totally not shitting on this thing way of like, yeah, Madam Web has some severe issues with pacing, with uh, performances being very much uh, inconsistent. You know, that's the nice way of saying the acting was bad. What's, what's yeah, a nice way or, of saying the story made no sense? It's like, the story was difficult to follow. Or he could just do the compliment sandwich, start with a praise, then just shit on the film, and then start, and then end with a little and praise, you don't, and then it'll be like... You don't even need to praise the film. You could be like, Dakota Johnson is a very experienced actress, I've seen her in, and then names a whole fucking IMDb list, and then it's like, she's, <laughs> she's fantastic, and uh, I feel like in this well, film, just... you know, a lot, of, a lot of what she's capable of wasn't quite captured. You know, like, yeah, oh, maybe the direction go. wasn't clear, or we had competing visions for you know this well. character. Creative differences. Like, oh, the cinematography was actually pretty but, interesting. When it, it is it, obviously in this film's case, it was like, oh, it didn't look very good. But but you get like how, how, had had they he said that different. instead of I can't say anything about this film. Like <laughs> damn, 
Well, part of his problem is that he keep again, he has to signal to everybody that he is doing the noble thing of not shitting on anything. Where <laughs> yeah. he could just like he could just not say it and then just do this and, and not talk about Madam Web or not talk about whatever films he's watched that he thinks are bad. He could just like not do it and not tell anybody. You could just talk about studio interference. You could just go right into that. You don't even yeah. need to be well, specific then... about a movie. Yeah. That's or true. this one. Well, so this was big yeah. too. Um which yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. Like being like Ma Madam Web, here we go, and then at the beginning it's like I'm not gonna talk about that. Like, oh. Well, it, it's not bait then because he put right at the beginning that it's not what he he kind of signaled it was gonna be. Well, when you put um, what was this video originally called? Like we need to talk, talk or something about. Them. We need to talk, I think, something like that. Yeah, and then Madam Web is in the thumbnail, or is it? I can't remember. Yeah, it is. It's it's like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's he knows what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's she's got the fucking meme of her just staring blankly, and then him like doing a thing, you know? It's like, oh, you're gonna give us the nuanced perspective on Madam Web. Um, yeah. there's another thing I've seen a lot of people say is like, oh, you can't handle one video that's not negative about Madam Web. It's like this is negative about Madam Web. What do you mean? Yes, mm -hmm. there's a negative video you... about Adam Web. We're 34 seconds in, and already he's made that abundantly clear. It seems that what he really wants to do is acknowledge that it's bad, but then lay all the blame on other people because it's it's almost like it's a, a weird sort of self-interest where it's like, I don't want people to make fun of my movies because movies are so hard to make. So like I need to create this culture where we assume if a movie is bad that it was the studio's fault. But that's not going to apply to his film, right? Because it was Kickstarter. No, yeah, like well, crowdfunding of some kind, right? Yeah, so he had a hell of a lot more control than most people do at a lot of uh, higher studio level sort of filming. Um, but then, of course, you have the angle of uh, why can't you handle, why can't all of them handle being made fun of? Why? It's going to happen. It's just like it's seen as like some horrible thing. It's like, I don't know, why can't you just see this funny? Like yeah, you... not the best industry to get into if you're thin-skinned. Just saying. No. I mean, no. no public. I mean, not even as being a YouTuber. Yeah. No, yeah. So. I was, what I was saying at the beginning is the YouTube, you, like, if, if there was a things to be prepared for going in, it's like, be prepared to be fucking slaughtered semi-regularly uh, for your character. Don't be surprised when someone says you're the worst human being on the planet because you said a Star Wars movie was bad. You're like, yep. oh hard it is to make a movie i do not know how hard it is to make a movie under the studio system i was able to make an indie film without a giant corporation breathing down my neck which is true and even that sucked so we haven't it's seen not, it we can we, we can blame kickstarter film we can blame kickstarter interference on that one. Oh, yeah, he's okay. got a kickstarter interference, interference. Oh, yeah. he's got a feature but, film. Also, I haven't th seen this is kind film. of the nature of like I don't I'm, I don't really get the angle because it's like Chris, do you think you're gonna work for Sony ever? No, <laughs> because of this video. Do you think that's all? And it'll be like, well, yeah, I don't want to work for Sony. It's like, okay, sure, but I'm well, just yeah. saying, you know, that's that's like a bridge that's incinerated at this point. Because yeah, I mean, I don't know. This... Does he think you just you just get to pick who your producers are? Um, like I did. What do you mean? And also, isn't this uh, the when he said um, he can't imagine what it's like to do that, you know, inside of the studio system. Um, but isn't that what he's wanting to do? I'm sure he wants that, here? yeah, uh, uh, eventually. So that, that would be, a, I guess, because he almost implies that that's a bridge to be crossed when you come to it. But the, 
because he can't know the pressures of it, he would never want to bash someone underneath something like that. In the same vein that someone makes you a shitty house, but then you find out they didn't have any limbs. You're like, oh wow, that's that's horrible. The equivalent being that they didn't get any choices under the studio they were part of, so how can you truly make fun of them? But we'll get to the those studio arguments. System, of course. Yeah, the, the studio system that made Madam Web terrible, which is what he's saying without saying it, is part of the system that I'm trying to get into. Oh, uh, yeah. There I mean, right. somewhat, yeah. Hence why I find it so strange. Like, I don't really see what the goal is, you know? Like, I'm not going to bash filmmakers, but I'm going to bash the people who are responsible for financing the films. <laughs> like, I, just, I, don't know and I hope they finance my films idea, in the future. Good luck you know? with that, Chris. Also, still people saying wrong thumbnail. It's the right one. Nothing I can do. I'm it's sorry. a YouTube thing. <laughs> I've got, it's the YouTube's fucking with me. I can't do anything. You just get to look at Cranberry Juice Madam Web for a little bit longer and enjoy that. Yeah. YouTube's been acting funny the last couple of days. So Enjoy its sugary tart perfection. Yes. It still works, kind of. I don't, I'm not calling Madam Web tart perfection, just to be clear. That's not the way that you Even think. though you should. Yes is not the privilege that S.J. Clarkson had when she directed Madam Web. Did you catch that um, he says he has no idea what she would have gone through, but then he does say definitively she did not have the experience of like having full control like I did? Well, and it's, it's weird. Really? It's like, That's so interesting. You're telling me that she didn't say anything about uh, working on the film, anything about her experience well, so... working on the film or the decisions that she made while making it. If you're yeah, going to do a video like this, where you're opening up insight and discussion with your knowledge of the film industry, however limited or expanded it is, then maybe it's worthwhile just looking into what she's said. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Give it a little shot. Give it a little look. Maybe you should also acknowledge that she's an executive producer on the film. <gasps> uh, what? Uh-oh. And, well, and a co-screenwriter. Not mm -hmm. even being an executive producer gets you anything these days. Oh my goodness. Well, and, uh, not being... Did she interfere not, not, with herself? Not signing <laughs> the contract and agreeing to be a part of this for money uh, gives you any kind of responsibility now as well. It seems that we were all just ignoring that. Like, that, that feels weird. Like, you sign on, you put your name to the paper and to the credits, but that doesn't mean that you should have any responsibility as to the uh, quality of it. It's like, I feel like already that's kind of the point of the contract, isn't it? You are selling your talent. <clears throat> and if you're like, yeah, but what if they don't use it? It's like, okay, but you're still a part of the project at that point and you still got paid for it. And I'm sure if the film were great, you would be claiming it's your talent that helped create it, you know? It's just, it's just interesting how that works. Breathing down my neck, which is not the privilege you that S.J. Clarkson had when she directed... Like, he has no idea if they breathed out her neck, or if they were like, you know how to make movies, right, Clarkson? Yeah, go ahead. You do you. Do you. He has no idea. He even said he has no idea. This could be the movie she wanted yeah. to make. It happens all the time. All the time. That's all the... the time people make the movies they want to make, and they're just terrible. That's the funny time, I think, where if there was a studio filled with suits and none of them came to set throughout the whole thing, they just trusted the director, and then at the end, everyone's like, wow, the studio ruined it. The studio's just like, what the fuck? We know it's happened with games. We know it's happened with games. I guess it's funny because wasn't what they said with the Marvels was that there wasn't enough oversight on that film? Yeah. Like, because <laughs> the producers were stressed too thin that there so wasn't funny. enough oversight. That is really funny. I mean, that was I the love... issue with Bioware and Anthem. Because they just, like, showed up. Uh, yeah. yeah. They That's was like, right. oh, it's been all of these like... years and millions of dollars. What the <laughs> fuck is this? What have you been doing this whole time? <laughs> that was like JJ, yeah, when like... they gave him all that money. They're like, what have you made? It's like, nothing yet. <laughs> like, you know, give me but time. But I'm working. Oh, boy, I'm working it's coming. Every day. 
I love how backhanded of a comment it is. Like, this movie's so bad, I'm just going to assume that you had no say in it. <laughs> Executive producer, writer, this director. Lady. You're so fucking right. If she was here with him in this, like, call or whatever, and, and, and he's like, man, that movie had none of your, your input, huh? And she's like, what the... Yes, well, of course I'm the it executive did. You producer, you fuck. My name is on the credits <laughs> yeah. and everything. Well, that's the thing. It's going to come up later. But interesting if she if she just asked, oh, uh, so you've seen my work? Uh, it, yeah, uh, uh, look, right. I'm I'm a very busy man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got very, a lot of a, I got a lot of cool under my belt. I got a lot of work. Like, yeah, I love to do. love your work in uh, in film and TV. And she's like, um, which episodes? And you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, leave me alone. How'd you get in here? How'd you get in my house? And then you just start hearing typing. It's like, what are you doing? Like, this, hold this, on, is, hold on. this is my blue cred room. How did you get in here? Hell yeah. Madam Webb under Sony, which I can only imagine was monumentally difficult. This is not. What if she said it was great? Well, yeah. You have no idea. And, you know, in the, in the lack of information, you could say, I don't know. And you can actually act like you mean that you. Well, don't imagine. Know. She said oh, something like, we set out to make a great film and that uh, they feel that they their voices were heard sort of thing. Like, imagine she said something like that. Wow, that'd be weird. It would be weird. And, you know, it, it was the kind of thing that makes you think, like, oh, shit. Maybe films can just be bad because of the people making them aren't very good. <laughs> that could I mean, be, if we are oh. going to accept the idea that not everyone can be a good filmmaker and making films is difficult, it only logically follows that yeah, a lot of films are going to be bad. What if that discourages them from continuing, Ranks? Well, you know, maybe some people should, maybe some people should be discouraged from certain behavior. Wow, look at Fletcher maybe, over here. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not committing to anything. Oh, I, I, I figured Rag was I maybe going to say the Fletcher line. I thought he was going to say I thought he was building you know, to it, yeah. It wouldn't be just oh, Fletcher. Ooh, what, what Fletcher line? It, it was, it was, uh, it was that, um, it was the conversation about, like, you know, whether or not Fletcher's methods, like, that they would discourage somebody. And he said, you know, someone like Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. That was his logic is that the person who would become the greatest of the great could never be discouraged from doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Which yeah. obviously, there's plenty to talk about there, but yeah. it's just an interesting line. It makes you think. That's Not going right. to be a video about Madam Dude, Web. Dude, Whiplash is such a, like, oh, a great film. Oh, it's one of my favorite films. Good boy. Mentally difficult. This is not going to be a video about Madam Web and telling you whether or not you should see Madam Web. There are plenty of people on this platform. You just said you can't even bring yourself to review it. Why would you have recommended it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's a mystery? Pat padding Chris? time. No, well, you're not wrong about that. Form as well as a website dedicated to aggregating reviews and giving it a number that's going to inform you of that, and you can choose to listen to. The Chris, when you. Have of, thank you for explaining aggregates yeah, to us, Chris. <laughs> he 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 would tell you his channel's all about trying to highlight and recommend films. When you say you're not going to do that for Madam Web because people can decide from all the other stuff that's out there, it's like you mean you're not recommending it. That's just yeah. a no, Chris. And, and because you don't think it's good, that's why. Absolutely nuts that like he can try and convince you even for a second that he's like, hey, maybe I recommend it, maybe I don't, but I can't review this because it's. Just that bad. <laughs> like, is it, but, but, but I might recommend it. The funny thing is, I had like a partial recommendation on the idea of just uh, don't don't pay for it, but have fun with it. But uh, even then, that's not really a recommendation. You know what I mean? It's just kind of. I don't think I don't think S J Clarkson would appreciate me saying it's funny. What? That it's a good meme. <laughs> yeah, what, the film is a good meme. <laughs>
those voices if you want. The information the way, is out there. Um, Chris Stockman is a uh, he is a tomato tomato meter approved critic on Rotten Tomatoes. I do remember. So is... I think he even made a video, or at least it was a part of one of his videos, saying he was ecstatic the day that he got approved for Rotten Tomatoes. He oh saw my it as, He saw it as major uh, <laughs> affirmation that he was. A critic yeah wasn't officially. there there was that and then there was like getting to go to the critics what was it the critics choice awards like he got to go to that <sighs> as well yeah chris well, gets to go to that too you're in chris good Gold. company with movie bob Ooh. wait is movie bob oh right movie bob is a tomato <laughs> <of Rupert>. yeah <laughs> anyway there what i am compelled to make a video about is something that I heard pretty much every writer, some directors, and mm. most actors bashing last year, and that is movie studios. But before we go any further, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no, chat, you've heard us make fun of BetterHelp several times. I've decided in the edit for this to put in oh. context so that you can see. Uh, you may be aware of the context from what is it like a fucking decade ago now? The controversy that BetterHelp I mean, got into. It was. I feel like it was one of those early, um, early controversies regarding um, Couldn't have been that like sponsorships. Oh well, my my like timeline, five, my head's all fucked ago, up. Something like that. It feels like it was eight years ago. Like, yeah. 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 Eight, eight years ago, I think. In any oh, case, oh, yeah, that, that's a while ago. That controversy alone means that the company itself has been built on lies before. If they've corrected them, fine, but it's still something I'd be like, yeah, I'm not supporting you, as in I'm not taking sponsorships from you. Um, he has, and you'd be like, okay, maybe the company is pure and clean, um, but I was uh, I was streaming a, uh, I think it was funny enough, it was Suicide Squad or something like that. It might have been Arkham game. Um, and someone in the Discord had linked a controversy they got into just a year ago. And uh, I decided, fuck it, instead of having the ad play, we'll play that over it instead. We got a little robot to help us, uh, to, to read out, what, give you guys context of what BetterHelp got up to about a year ago. I do want to give a special thank you to the sponsor for this video, BetterHelp. The past few years have been so life-changing for me, becoming a father, dealing Better with help Hollywood shared customer rate. data while promising it was private, <laughs> says oh, FTC. No. Online <laughs> counseling company BetterHelp has agreed to pay $7.8 million to settle charges from the Federal Trade Commission that it improperly shared customers' <laughs> sensitive data with companies like Facebook and Snapchat, even after promising to keep it private. The proposed order, mm. announced by the FTC on Thursday, oh, would goodness. ban the same behavior in the future and require BetterHelp to make some changes to how it handles customer data. According to the regulator, the sign-up process for the company's service promised consumers that it would not use or disclose their personal health data except for limited purposes. However, the FTC alleges that the company instead used and revealed consumers' email addresses, IP addresses, and health questionnaire information to Facebook, Oof. Snapchat, Criteo, oh. and Pinterest for advertising purposes. The FTC also says that the company gave customer service agents false scripts to try and reassure users that it wasn't sharing personally identifiable or personal health information after a February 2nd 020 report from J The robot oh read 2020 as second 020 report. Oh my god, everyone you know what? The, the, They're coming for the our job. Wait, the robot voice had more personality than Chris. So. First off, it's true. Yeah, thank god. Thank god we have something less monotonous. Right. But uh, I was thinking, you you log into BetterHelp thinking that you're going to get a therapist, but instead you don't even know you're getting stuck in eyes. Oof. Uh, um, there are so many sponsorships you can take. Don't take BetterHelp. 
find someone else. You can just Google. You can just well, Google them and be yeah, like, this, better this health is, this reviews. This is a very short health. Wikipedia article, like the the briefly discussing this as yeah. a topic. You can read it in like ten minutes and then decide, I guess, whether or not you want to. I don't know, man. It's ten just, minutes. Like, wait, wait, Fringy. Just... Ten minutes. That's like two and a half Hill House reviews. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <well>. <laughs> Yeah. But Rags, that's like a whole season know, of TV. It's that's just... effective and efficient, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's con- I love him because he's so concise. Mm-hmm. This is bad, by the way. Yeah, they, e- they emailed me, too. They're like, hey, you want a sponsor? It's like, no. Well, yeah, because that's how they fucking increase the <laughs> user base. They use the credibility of creators. That's how it works. And I would want to move past controversies like this. It's like, oh, we did a little data sharing. That's all. <laughs> like, yeah, no, just you know, cool. we kind of lied to people and sold their data to people. Kind of told our um, yeah. representatives to tell people that was not the case. Yeah, you know, just a little we bit t- of that. We Jezebel. told Facebook about your relationship with your dad. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. <Uh-oh. laughs> I'll expose what, what, some of its practices. For hot the commission's <laughs> complaint accuses the company of misleading customers by putting a HIPAA seal on its website, despite the fact that no government agency or other third party reviewed BetterHelp's information practices for compliance with HIPAA, let alone determined that the practices met the requirements of HIPAA. BetterHelp. That's really fucking bad. HIPAA. Uh, that is HIPAA. the uh, HIPAA. All right. Yeah. It enforces federal civil rights laws that protect the rights of individuals and entities from unlawful discrimination on the basis of yeah, race, according color, to this, and... they put the yeah, seal. Only, only the government's allowed to do that, guys. Okay. They Just put, they put the seal on their website, even though they had not met the requirements or determined that they meet the practices. Like, Jeez, oh. that's pretty fucked up. That's pretty bold, I would say. That's like, a re- that is bold. That's like wearing a. That, that's like. That's like impersonating a police officer. Betrayed consumers' most personal health information for profit, said Samuel Levine, FTC Bureau of Consumer Protection Director, according to the agency's press release. The commission says that used consumers' email addresses and the fact that they had previously been in therapy to instruct Facebook to identify similar consumers and target them with advertisement, helping it bring in tens of thousands of new paying users and millions of dollars in revenue. So, if anyone's unclear, the, they would gather data, send it to Facebook, and using that, we can then figure out from other profiles who's best to target ads at to get them to sign up to BetterHelp. Allegedly, what was it, the $7.8 million? Yeah. yeah, so for the record, the FTC uh, uh, investigated them for this, and they said, okay, fine, here's $8 million. leave us alone. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, jeez. Yeah. We, totally we totally won't do it again. Yeah. Trust me, if bro. If the FTC's yeah, yeah. order ends up going through, the $7.8 million would go to customers who signed up for the service between August 1st, 2017 and December 31st, 2020. Clicking on that link helps support this channel, but it also gives you 10% off your first <laughs> oh my month. Goodness. Ooh, good timing there. Ooh, that's good at it. It's yeah, just, like it's it. just like a bit it. awkward, <laughs> isn't it? And, uh, I, I don't know. Just get audible. Audible.com. They're good. Uh, what about Manscaped? They're neat. Or... Yeah, or bro- oh, I can personally vouch for Manscaped. Manscaped. Mm-hmm. I got a Manscaped. Meta, meta PC. That thing, that thing works fucking good above and below. I'll fucking guarantee you. Look, it's just, <laughs> even at the best of times, just doing, like, broad blanket recommendations for a mental health service, even in the best of times, seems like 
Ooh, careful. I feel like I'm not like, personally qualified you know, to recommend therapists to people. I just, I just, I don't know. There's just something about it where yeah. it's just like, oh, all right, come on, like, careful now. It seems um, like YouTubers just pick it up so they can look more empathetic. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, think it's right. marketing yeah. for them too. I, I think it's just for a lot of people, especially, I mean, Chris should know better because he's been in the game a long time. But if you're not, he was around YouTuber, when they had their first. Tracked. He was around with the yeah. original one. Yeah, you're right. But a lot of the times, these companies, Raid Shadow Legends and all that other shit, they say, "Hey, for like thirty seconds of effort, we will give you this, yeah, this amount of money." And if you have no scruples, or is it scruples? Scruples, is it scruples or yeah. scruples? Scruples. If you have no scruples, then like, yeah. 30 seconds for, like, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of dollars? I mean, I would be a fool to say no to that. It's such easy money. All it costs is my reputation. I don't even have to care. can't imagine ever saying, hey, sign up for therapy. It's a great way to support my channel. Like, that's, um... <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I need therapy because I watch Chris Stuckman. Well, and it's a vicious loop. Maybe it's a little on brand for him, maybe. And there's the beeb, too, of, like, I actually use this one and it's good. Like, why do, you, why do you say it like that? Like, I needed help because I'm a, a father and a filmmaker and I've had therapy on there that's real good. I recommend it. It's just like, ah. Oh, Can you it's... tell by my sad eyes that I have <laughs> yeah. gone through therapy? I really love fatherhood. Yeah, great. With the therapist and see if it helps you. Once again, that link is betterhelp.com slash Chris Stuckman. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this video. Yeah, lol, I hope you don't commit suicide because BetterHelp gave you a bad therapist. Lol, anyway, Madam Web, which we're not talking about. <laughs> yes, back to not talking about Madam <laughs> Web. In the case of Madam Web, this movie was put out by Sony in association with oh. Marvel. Probably not to the level of association that Tom Holland's three Spider-Man movies were. What gave that away? Yeah. Why did why did he say three Spider-Man at the same time it showed the three random lady chicks that were their own... It is interesting. Like, Rags, he's right. just put on the trailer. Okay. Oh. Why that, Chris? Oh my God. It he, shall, he shall return. saw that weak ass Spider Man outfit and bolted. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> we will be gaining someone else very soon. In any moment from now, it'll be very exciting. This video is inspired by essentially every live action film that Sony has had some involvement in since Spider Man 3. In the Spider-Man verse, that being Spider-Man Three, The Amazing Spider-Man One and Two, Venom. Sorry, can I? What? What do you just say? Like the? He's talking. He's saying that this is inspired by all of those movies. This video is inspired by all. Why those in the Spider-Verse? But why didn't he start with Spider-Man One and Two? And he also because he said Spider-Man verse, which feels, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man verse. Well, it's also, safe to it's shit on Spider-Man Three. It's worth adding as well. Columbia Pictures are like primarily responsible for the MCU Spider-Man films. It's like a joint production, but they pay most of the bills and they make most of the money. So, like, you mm. know what I mean? It's it's like it it has to count as part of that package as well. It's different, sure, but they are primarily responsible for those films. Also, he's just um, he's go, go ahead. ahead. 
I was just going to say he's tailoring it for his argument, right? He's only picking the bad ones because Correct. if he includes the good movies that Sony has made in that time period, then that kind of... Well, are we meant to assume that there was just no studio interference yeah, like yeah, any yeah, of yeah. the other movies they made? I was about to say, you're almost there. It's going to be that um, Spider-Man 1 and 2 are so good that we know the studio didn't ruin those. But all the other ones, being Spider-Man oh, 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2... And I guess Madam Web uh, and Morbius and probably Craven. Well, if they're so terrible. Why did they ruin this? Well, but isn't that funny again, though? Like, one and two weren't ruined by the studio. The others, though. By the way, I'm not bashing not films. No, <laughs> uh, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Let that there be safe. Pioneers oh, yeah, cleared the, the mines films for Spider-Man yeah. three. Yeah. Four. So we're good. <laughs> three. In the Spider-Man verse, that being Spider-Man Three, The Amazing Spider-Man One and Two, Venom, Venom. Le Sorry, just describing that collection of films as the Spider-Man verse is funny to me. It's just like what a strange, what a strange way collection to... of yeah. movies. Yeah, it is, and it's not correct. No, I guess we... they're spider-related. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, they're related movie-wise, but not within the universe at all. Yeah, and then you can't I, I, you can't select them and not and and keep out Spider Man one and two. Like I'll include yeah. three because I didn't like it as much as one and two, so it must have been oh, the studio. Oh. Do you think? Because I I because we you've paused here in the middle. Is he going to say the uh, the uh, uh, Spider Verse films? Oh, he's gonna he's gonna mention them. Oh, but okay, yeah. Let us welcome the critical drinker. Hello, hello. He's hello. I think I'm mentally and physically prepared to get stockmanized this evening. Yeah. You're all, never all mentally missed. and physically prepared to get stockmanized. All you've really missed is him <laughs> saying, I will not bash Madam Webb because it's too awful to do that to. Ah, um, uh, okay. <laughs> We're at that point, are and, we? And, and better help promotion, which we don't need to go over that again. But uh, yeah, there's a watch together link. If you need therapy link. after seeing Madam Webb. Yeah, uh, I've got help. it, yeah. So I think I'm at the same point as you guys, 412. That's the one. We're, we're getting stuck into his opinion on the Spider-Man verse, as he described it. Stuck, stuck in to his opinion? Oh. Stuckman in. <laughs> three. In the Spider-Man verse, that being Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, Venom, Venom Let There Be Carnage. If someone selected all those movies and said, what would you group them as? And if someone said bad movies, I'd be like, yeah, I guess you say that. And someone else said the Spider-Man face. Spider <laughs> like, I, I, I just about? thought Spider movies. You, you know when he, when, he said, when he began with that, I just thought he's going to list every single movie, isn't he? He is. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yep, he did. He's bashing them all. Stop him. Morbius and Madam Web. Since it got pushed. See the Was Morbius did, did a you get spider that? movie? Like... Well, yeah. it's in, yeah, technically it's in the, there's even Spider-Man references in Morbius, but uh, the way that oh, he said okay. that, though, and Madam Web, it's just like, yeah, we, we have to what be, we have to wonder whether or not you'd recommend Madam Web, huh? Mm -hmm. Oh, so he is not saying the Spider-Verse movies, okay. Well, it's just funny because they are, again, they're Sony films, they're like the awkward ones that make it really difficult for people to just say that they all suck and that they, yeah. that Sony should sell the rights back, which they're never going to do. Why would they do that? So, but well, so to be, he to be clear, he's he's created a category that doesn't exist in order to make his point. Pretty much, yep. yeah. Because the actual category is all of them, or you split them up into their respective series. Yeah, or you go by director, you go by like current, like whoever produced it individually. Like, you could go by company, but I get like again, it doesn't fit the point he's making. Like, there's nothing you can do and, to fit the point he's making. Nope. And and for the record. Disney Marvel hates all these movies, but there's nothing they can do about it, right? So they, they, I guess, 
because Sony owns the right the rights outright. And they and Disney Marvel needs Sony more than Sony needs them right now. They need Spider Man. So they just have to put up with this shit, but they freaking hate it. Problem they, is they, they must so regret that nineteen eighties deal that they made. Absolutely. <laughs> The only problem is now Disney Marvel doesn't have a leg to stand on because the lines have blurred between Disney Marvel and Sony Marvel movies. At least Sony Marvel movies are funny, right? Uh, but <laughs> yeah, there's no difference between the Marvels and Madam Web with quality. None at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, Madam Web like brought joy to my face. I laughed out loud. Yeah. The Marvels was just Your like, dear God, let it be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but they're both written with about as much care. It didn't like, give me an erection. Yeah. yeah. They're, both, they're both terrible. Like the idea that Madam Web is distinctly worse than all of these other superhero films that are coming out. No, it's just that Sony Marvel movies actually get rated accurately. But Marvel, Marvel movies. Marvel slop don't. passes yeah, by somehow. Well. It's a weird image. This strikes last year none of us got to see what sony did with craven the hunter but we will this year so i can't can you see how he kind of wants to include it because he just he knows as well as we do craven's probably going to be terrible unfortunately that's just kind of what the winds are saying not what the director does with it i don't Mm -hmm. know who's directing craven but still say again really comment on whether or not sony treated that property with respect and of course i know that when he says treated that property with respect is he talking about the source material? Is he talking about the process of making a film? I was about to say right. that's a, that seems like a strange thing for him to say because, like, oh, now we care about respecting source material or the characters. Has that been a thing that he actually ever has I don't, given I don't feel a like shit I've about? Ever heard him talk about that outside of I think Dragon Ball Z, like the 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 what's that film called? I've never seen it, but it's like known as one of the worst films of all time. Evolution, oh, Dragon that's Ball Evolution, one, yeah. yeah. And so I think he cared about the the source there, but like I just I've never known him to say like whether or not these films are good based on his familiarity with the source material. But it sounded like that's what he was saying. So I can't really comment on whether or not Sony treated that property with. Respect. So he's got a Spider Man <laughs> shirt on, but he can't comment that it's disrespecting Craven by not having fucking Spider Man in I don't, the movie. <laughs> I genuinely don't believe that's what he's referring that's to. Per- I, well, I mean, it, it's no, fine. It, but like, it's he can't, I guess stupid. He, he can't pass judgment on the film before he's even seen it, so... Yeah, fine. of course. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty obvious point from Chris, but... It's, okay. it, yes, he's very obvious. Of course I'm I gonna, know. I, I, Madam Web is a film directed by a director named S.J. Clarkson, who was also an executive producer. That's, that's his fucking reviews. I, yeah. But we get way more this time, Gary. We get we, oh, we got clips yeah. of Spider-Man. Look at him go. That Tobey Maguire's Woo! Spider-Man films don't necessarily relate to the Sony Spider-Man universe that they're trying to set up right now. Nor do Andrew oh, Garfield's thanks. movies. But neither does Spider-Man three. But you mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. It but this does. is not about that. Also, what is also this? that's distinctly <laughs> worst footage. Yeah, um, where'd you get this yeah. from? It <laughs> looks like, it lo- that looks like the color. The leg. color grading. That is not the color grading. That is something no. is wrong. By the way, these are. By the way, self proclaimed filmmaker. So it, just yeah. Saying. yeah. It, it's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm surprised these... I don't see the word slot lights done yet. <laughs> 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 right hey, hey, some of us blur those out, okay, Rex? Yeah. Hey, hey, nothing against, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. You gotta take what you can get. That's right. Uh, so is he telling, wait, is he telling, did I just, maybe I misunderstood this. Is he telling us something else this video is not about? So is that um, what, just said? What, what I think is happening here is he wants to talk about okay. how the studio has ruined many films in the Spider-Man universe 
Obviously, it okay. didn't ruin one and two because everyone says one and two are really good. It ruined three. It ruined Amazing Spider-Man one and two. It ruined Morbius. It ruined Venom one and two. Some people like the Tazen movies. You know, have we gotten? I obviously I'm coming into this a bit late. Have you guys already discussed the the sort of faulty premise at work here that like anytime something bad happens or anytime a movie turns out to be garbage, it's clearly because the studio had to meddle in it and not because like the filmmakers are just bad. It definitely has well, that that's, flavor sort of coming yeah, the video. That's, uh, that's going to be the consistent the theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure if you'd discuss that yet or if you're going to wait until he gets further into his video or what. We're, we've we sort of, I think we may have mentioned it, but yeah, we'll, we'll uh, yeah. tackle it as he goes. Relate to the Sony. Yeah, okay. yeah, like, does when he watches the Spider-Verse movies, does he say, you know, and maybe he did, I don't know, because I don't fucking watch Chris Tuckman, but would he say, you know, Sony animation studios or whatever they really knocked it out of the park with this movie well the he would have that to he's... because they're the production company he, he does he does to. mention it in a sec yeah any spider-man universe that they're... well because yeah and, and by the way this is not criticism he is trying to create a narrative and it's like okay yes. so that's fine does the does the information match the narrative and i think already it's falling apart uh, I mean, cause... the information doesn't much match the narrative in that you really can't talk about the Raimi Spider-Man films as being part of this, like, broader plan of cinematic universes because they predate that. We're talking about yeah. films that came out 20 years ago. They just don't fit into the equation. There's different conversations to be had about those films. Obviously, you know, Venom, Spider-Man 3, that's like the main well, one. Well, that's what he meant, though, but... was just spider-related films from Sony that are yeah. connected to this IP broadly, but are different continuities, though technically they're not now because mm -hmm. the MCU fucking dragged them all together. But I was just going to say that, like, his point of view is talking about the studios ruining stuff, but he's, you know, he just has to conveniently leave out examples that would obviously yeah. ruin the narrative, is what I want to get at. They're trying to set up right and besides none of us i don't think here agree that it's entirely sony's fault that morbius venom venom 2 uh madam web spider-man 3 amazing spider-man amazing spider-man 2 all of them varying degrees of quality that it's all the studio's fault it's like no well no. It's, it just doesn't it doesn't follow it just doesn't make any sense like Okay, so Sony said you gotta have Venom. Did they tell him to do the dance scene? Was that did, did like Sony tell him he had to do that? Well, or was um, that his idea? I've seen it. Discussed I think you summed it up more on on Twitter, where you basically said his narrative seems to be like if a, if a movie turns out well, then the the filmmakers are fantastic, and if it turns out bad, then it's the studio's fault. Mm, and yeah. so there there's this like. Um, defaulting of win. blame where like the the creatives can't do anything wrong essentially which is just such a faulty premise to go on there's plenty of creatives out there who've not who've not had any studio interference who turned out absolute garbage movies i mean like look at taika waititi with love and thunder he had very little studio oversight on exactly. that one exactly and he got to do anything he wanted and indulges every whim and look at the movie we got what well, just the studios are at fault for not you know Keeping stopping him, him. Check, really so, yeah so it's <laughs> really it, it still is there you know i, I could i could even i would even posit the idea that sometimes studio interference might actually be to the benefit of a film or at least like salvage a <gasps> film like gosh trank was fantastic that that man was an absolute disaster with that movie and clearly was completely out of his depth and so the studio stepped in like sometimes it has to be done like not every creative is up to the task that's been handed to them
It's genuinely something right, that people just don't like one. to talk about. It's like a narrative that's too awkward, even though we know it's theoretically possible, and it must have happened. We just don't have many concrete examples. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, certainly not sitting here defending, like, studio executives and saying, yes, they clearly have loads of great ideas on improving movies, because most of the time they don't. I just don't think it's an absolute thing where you can just say, yeah, any studio interference must be bad, and creatives, like, are always good at what they do, and if you just leave them alone, they'll turn out pure gold every time. Mm. The chat has pointed out an example that is pretty recent. Wonder Woman 1984. That was uh that was massive creative freedom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and Bob, Bob well, Iger himself said Nia DaCosta didn't have enough supervision. She had total creative freedom over the Marvels, even though she so left. Didn't Someone Zack mentioned... Snyder have a lot of creative freedom when he did Army of the Dead yeah. and uh, Rebel, Rebel, Rebel Moon? Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Rebel, yeah, Rebel Moon. <laughs> oh, Ooh, dear. Uh, and I well, think someone in chat also mentioned Ghostbusters 2016. Yes. True. Uh, that was a different regime, but yes, that's Sony, and there regime. was total... Well, yeah. yeah. It's... Uh, I always forget her name. What's her name? Was the CEO. Tom Rothman's the CEO now. Uh, the woman is... Oh, uh, Pascal, was it? Amy, yeah, Amy Pascal. Amy Pascal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was going to say that the way I think they were trying to account for that, if they were positive that point of view, is that the films would have become worse had the studios have been involved anyway. Or that they, they were involved in such a way that, that maybe it's lies, or maybe that the creatives were under a lot of pressure, you know? Like, there's just going to be, like, trying to find excuses because we really shouldn't be critical of the directors and writers. That's that's mean. And, well, uh, and it's like It's like, principally, we I, shouldn't. I, but I would rather I, them I have drag a lot, us to, I like, a... a I'd like to... I'd have a lot to like to say about that, but I guess we should wait until the. Well, yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, I'm yeah, also I was, gonna. Yeah. I was. I was gonna stir the pot just a little bit, and mention the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, creative freedom. Yeah, just saying. I'm right there with you, Rags. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> when you have uh, someone, everyone says like this is a very common narrative that George was too free, and it's like, oh yeah, but he would have had other creatives pulling him back. And it's like, what if some of those creatives were producers? What if? The, yeah. What if? They why were is it impossible? That's why they were in the room. Why is it impossible for Mister Producer Man to just walk in and be like, no, no, on Jaja, no. <laughs> someone should have someone who was writing it really checks should've. said it should have said i will Gary literally Kurtz rip this no. check in half if that orange monstrosity takes another step <laughs> why does he go... sound like that george <laughs> why do you make him sound like that i would probably even go as far as saying that it's a necessary part of making a good movie that the push and pull between like the money concerns and the artistic concerns is a necessary component for making a good movie mm -hmm. like you, it's certainly like going to be necessary yeah. for it to keep an industry afloat in any sort of way that we have I well mean, did you like hear the... when we yeah sorry did you hear the bad news about joker 2 wait what's the that? budgets the, the budget's 200 million dollars oh no how do you yeah. get a 200 million dollar movie like i assume there's not going to be a huge amount of like, musical violins aren't that pricey yeah yeah Oh, I don't know if that's oh, going to work that's out a for bad them. Sign. Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's, bad sign. Yeah, yeah. What was the, the the original was like well south of a hundred fifty million, million fifty yeah. million. Yeah, it's just fifty. Oh Jesus, just Christ. fifty. Huge See, increase. they they've conditioned us to be saying just. just I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. With a lean crew and stuff, imagine what you could make with fifty million dollars. <sighs> Cries in Godzilla. <laughs> Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man films don't necessarily relate to the Sony Spider-Man universe that they're trying to set up right they now. They don't. The footage. Thank they you for that, Chris. Well, Thanks, Chris. 
This is, this is what I mean. This information is like you wouldn't say this information is old. This information's not information. Like, no, he he makes like, videos like yeah. I, the first person watching this is completely new to the world. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> it's like an ostrich. You know, they they have the the the, the cinemas are large buildings where people twenty seconds yeah, six, screen exactly. to watch a film. <laughs> A hospital, what is it? A building full of patients, but that's not important right now. <laughs> Movie reviewers, developers toolkit. What was it? Movie reviewers tool toolkit is what this would be. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Andrew Garfield's movies, but this is not about that. This is about how Sony treats their characters and their properties, and more importantly, how they treat their filmmakers. Oh. And what exactly is going on? Because mm. I have so many questions. When you look at the films I mentioned that Sony has made, there's, of course, division from people about whether or not... I find this example interesting because a guy who directed Venom decided, you know what, I'm going to work with Sony again for Uncharted. So I guess he felt that he wanted... He was fine enough with the way that it worked to make another movie with them. So I guess that doesn't matter, though. Well, what are his comments Land, about the production Land, of Venom, Zombie I wonder? Land, that's a, is that a Sony film as well? Because that's a guy who did it. I can't remember, but like, yeah. And has he said anything about his experience making these films and whether he got to make any choices at all? Hmm. What's, um, or... what's really interesting is someone in chat is asking, um, why is Chris's head so square? And, thought, and, I, and I thought that they meant Chris Gore because he has a Funko Pop head. And then I was like, oh no, this is a, this is a very deep piece of commentary. He goes, oh my goodness, Chris. Both Chris's. All right are good and some people like more than others there's plenty of people who like the first venom movie but i think there are more people who are a little disappointed by it and especially the oh my god he verged so. on criticism yeah whoa so, but, but oh you get a little disappointed down. people are saying <laughs> do you get how They're this narrative is fucking they might be. falling apart because he's like i'm including venom even though plenty of people liked it so hmm Mm. You know, he already knows, like, this is awkward. But anyway. Sequel. But plenty of people enjoy Spider-Man 3 well enough. I'm one of them. There's a lot of things in Spider-Man 3 that I have fun with, although it's clearly not as good as 1 or 2. And there are people who enjoy The Amazing Spider-Man 1. What? Did you just bash that movie? Did you just bash it? How could you say such a thing? It's the inferior of the three? It's worse than its predecessors? Chris. I thought you were about right. celebrating film. I think it doesn't sound yeah, very celebratory yeah. there, Chris. You might yeah. have hurt Sam Raimi's feelings, though. Drag the mood of the room down, Chris. Oh, Jesus crazy. Christ. <laughs> we're trying to, have, trying, to have, trying to have a good time here. One and two quite a bit. But I think that if you were to look at a consensus, the consensus is that the live-action Sony-based Spider-Man... Yeah, see, live-action, you have you, to make that caveat because this, it means that you can ignore yeah. the other Sony films yeah. people like. The category is getting more and more hilarious the more he adds like <laughs> reality to it. <laughs> it's like it's very also, obvious we, that this, are... this 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 is the problem. Uh, of the Sony films that had a six day opening weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I suppose um something that is a little bit more complicated because the situation out can someone are the are the Sony Spider Man games are they the product of a license that they have like that they have with Marvel or does that have anything to do with them and the film stuff that they've got like that they can make those games does anybody know <laughs> cuz i don't I actually don't know but if you were to throw that into the equation the you know people really liked uh, Spider-Man PS4 people don't feel quite the same way about the new one but like that's mm. part of the is that part of the equation as well cuz that's Sony it is Sony Sure, it's, you know, PlayStation, but it's still Sony. And also now he's appealing to this 
this consensus that's out there. He is dragging yeah. off any responsibility that might go to him, Chris Duckman, speaker of the words, and on to, well, this is what the consensus is. I don't have to approve of it or anything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just the messenger telling you what the consensus would say about these movies. Well, what's I nuts make no claims. Is that one could, I'm not, I'm not saying you should do this, like this is a lot of effort. One could Google the names of the people and the films and then look at articles where they've talked about making the films and then see which ones talk about how, you know, they had a vision and it was destroyed or that they had a vision and it was realized. That could be something you could do. That might help you find out which ones the studios kind of messed with or didn't. Instead of what he is obviously admitted to doing, which is, I have ten films, seven of them are seen as bad, three of them are seen as good, seven of them have been messed with the studio. Yeah. It's like, how did, how did, you, how did you do that? What? How did you know that? What, what the hell? And then people are like, what about the animated ones? He's like, oh, wait, I'm talking about live action, okay? I don't know. Maybe he's got some killer evidence that he's going to present to us. That yeah, looking forward to it. Killer evidence like water. aggregate that's reviews, scores, pie charts, <laughs> bullet points. Yeah. That's part yeah. of what. That's what being stuckmanized is all about. You know. I want to see his conspiracy board. I yeah. want to be numberized. <laughs> is that the live action Sony-based Spider-Man universe movies have not exactly all been home runs? I haven't mentioned the... What a fucking not statement. Exactly. What a oh, statement. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. What a... That is, I thought I was a harsh reviewer, but this guy's <laughs> fucking brutal. Why, why yeah. can't you just say that they, they down, mostly Chris. suck? They're mostly bad movies. No, they haven't all necessarily been home runs. It's about celebration, Friggy. Please. Oh, uh, yes. This but is now celebration he has to of address the elephant in the room, which is what about the Spider-Verse movies? Well, yeah, just for anybody who's not what if I was to tell you I'm going to be criticizing these seven films or however many he's listed, uh, and I say they're not exactly home runs. Like, are you saying they're bad? <laughs> like, so what they're, is... they're like, they're triples? They're really, really good? Is that tell what us, you mean? Yeah! Like, no, tell us no, what you mean. No, uh, 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 <laughs> the the euphemism I hear him use uh, quite a bit is, well, it's not a perfect movie. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not a perfect movie. It's okay. like, could you name one, Chris? The perfect movie? Oh, you'd say Blade Runner. You say, uh, I knew, uh, yes, I knew it was perfect it from the moment times. I watched it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after five times. <laughs> after six times, uh, right? <laughs> I think it was five times, and then he... Five times? Him. I think so, or four, something and like he that. Finally, he finally was able to take everyone's opinions and uh, <laughs> <laughs> absorb he, them. You know, the thing is, uh, I he might be lying, and he still doesn't get it or anything. He's just finally said, you know what, uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. He gave well, up after the fifth try, he was like, the, fuck this, well, I'm out. No country for old men I, that he felt the same way. It's like, oh, Dev. Really? You can make a good argument that Chris Duckman is a replicant, like in its beta phase, <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, just the motions. He's a Nexus 3. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to find him and be like, there's a turtle in front of you that's turned on his back. It's baking in the hot sun. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not oh helping God. it, Chris. It slowly zooms into him and he's sweating, like, oh, God. <laughs> films, both of them being terrific. The way I view the two Spider-Verse movies is kind of the same way I view The Invisible Man and Split and Get Out and other films that Blumhouse oh, has could, produced. Chris. Because Blumhouse has produced a lot of other movies as well. That's but right, those Chris, three really do <laughs> seem like, damn, where'd those come from? You get what, what are you saying? implying? You get what he's saying? You're babbling. You so the up? other ones... So the other ones, they 
you would not say, "Damn, where did those come from?" It's that thing again. No, you have this a certain kind of huge library of films. Three of them. Wow, they're great. The others. Well, you know, anyway. not exactly come around. <laughs> what what yeah, others? What others? And also, again, it is just an interesting way of squaring it away because now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Abby Arad and uh, Amy Pascal—they're both producers on uh on the Spider Verse films, right? Oh, so yeah, totally No, uh, Amy, Amy Pascal, when she was taken, uh, she used to be CEO of Sony. Then there's the Sony hack. But on her way out the door, as she's being replaced, she put herself in charge of Spider-Man and her yeah, production she's, company. Okay, yeah. and so she is, yeah. So there's that. And also, aren't Phil Ward and Christopher Miller, aren't they producers on, the, on them as well? They were the directors of the first movie. They didn't direct the second one, but they're producers, right? Yes, they so, are. Of the, they are. How does that yeah. get squared away in the world of Chris Stockman? Those fucking producers, man. Not creatives at all. Well, I, I'm, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Some studios have really good instincts, Ooh. and they can pick filmmakers and stories across the board that, for the most part, are going to be at least decent. I look yeah, at a studio what, like A24. Which meaning that there are films that Ooh. are bad and studios that more consistently choose worse filmmakers to make bad films. And <laughs> the creators that are at least decent, they'll pick. Yeah, what it's do you like... mean at, at least decent? It's like, so there are creators who are not decent. Yeah. Uh, go oh. and That's Chris, not is there a Chris, Chris, is there a way to, set, to identify a non-great, a non-decent creative? Can we do that? Is it well, possible? It's instincts. Yeah. We've already covered this. Gotta so instinctually, we can discover whether or not someone is shit at their job. No, instincts. Moving on. Oh. Also, A24 has quite a few stinkers. Oh, they got right. some real shit films. Yeah, they do. Well, they, I mean, it's, they have some great ones. Don't get me wrong. Isn't it? It's like, you know, okay, inevitably, some of it's going to be shit. It's just that's their, that's their MO. That's how they do things. Yeah, they take more chances. Yeah. yeah. A24. Sure. Pretty much most of their movies, if you see a trailer for an A24 film, you can probably bet God's that it's not going to be terrible. That it's at least going to uh, be... I don't know about that. I don't honestly. even I don't know. But I, there's so many questions to ask on. What it, like Because he went with consensus before, but now we're on to like his own sort of rating system, and then it's like, so... How are you determining this? And then like trailers... What? what can you be, be more specific? Give me examples. Why are you just saying this so broadly? And it's because he doesn't want to step on any toes. Be decent. And maybe even really good. And I don't feel that way with every single studio. It's like a flip of a coin. You could get one of their best efforts, or you could get another one. You say that as though wow. that only applies to <laughs> studios or producers as opposed to also applying another to one. directors and writers. Which to an extent yeah, like it is. You can see, well, I mean, you could be like, oh, Christopher Nolan, Interstellar is going to be great. <laughs> and then you watch it. You know, oh, ten it. And, then, uh, and, then, and then you can watch Oppenheimer and be like, oh, yay, cool. <laughs> you know, also, like it's, it's that's fucking, how it works with individual The creators. same guy with very likely hyper creative freedom made Prometheus. <laughs> Ridley <laughs> Scott, yeah. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, oh. like, I drew in my head for a second, I was like, yeah, that one bad alien film. And I was like, oh, that's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mama, like, oh, you sweet second. summer child, you. Oh, because... hey, it, we were reminded today uh, of Dark Fate for some reason, and uh, James Cameron <laughs> wrote the story for that, co-wrote the story That's for true. that. Yeah. Oh, it was because... Um, I mean, again, James Cameron Linda Hamilton James said she's not going to yeah, come yeah. back. What happened to you, James? What happened? Why do you want to make Avatar films? Because Why? it's a fetish. It's literally, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He wanted to see a pregnant You're woman going to war. scientifically, genetically engineered to be sexualized. 
God damn. Look at the eyes. Look at the nose. And you don't like boobs. Who who was like, oh, you can't say that. It was obviously the studio that made Prometheus and Alien Covenant the way that they are. And it's like, are you saying Avatar's a big? Are you saying Avatar's a big furry movie, Rags? They're furry adjacent. I mean, it's on a one, but it's not technically. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Yeah, in spirit, yeah. Avatar. I completely agree with you. Ridley Scott, because Napoleon just came out. I mean, it seems like he had he whatever the hell he wanted with that film. That's the impression I get from that film. He treated he treated historians like he treated the producers. Go didn't didn't when he when he was confronted and told that french people hate the the napoleon movie didn't he say like french people fucking hate themselves <laughs> like yeah, why should i fucking chad ridley i know well i mean what what the the what was the other one though where like i don't know if he actually shot at the pyramids but it communicated that he took egypt Oof. you weren't even there how do you know what he did yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That was the. You, worst can't, you can't criticize him. No, that was the studio that made him do that shot. You see. Have you ever attacked <laughs> Egypt before? You can't criticize it. Okay. I'm pretty sure there were Transformers there too. That that edit was accurate. Yeah. Oh, did you guys know that? Um, I forget who was responsible, but you can get a 3D tour of the inside of the pyramid. Using like one of those, like someone took a camera on the inside, so you can oh, go cool. and check out all the places and stuff for the pyramid from the inside. It's all like a like a virtual tour. Can you see it's like really the cool. sort of indents and stuff from the cannonballs in there as well? No, you you just see all the the scrape marks from the haunted mummies and all the, well, the skeletons there, of the grey robbers who got about the T Rexes. No, is, is there any power is there any transformers in there? No, it was is a power it? station for the transformers. Okay. Oh yeah, right. right, right. That. Everybody the, the knows that. They truly were ahead of their time. They were. And I do think it comes down to the filmmaker they're working with and whether or not they back off and give that filmmaker the freedom they need to tell a cohesive, coherent story. What if they can't tell vision isn't coherent or cohesive? You know what his his fundamental problem is? He sees all creatives through the lens of how he views himself. Yes, I am creative. Yeah, and presumably... He, he views himself in high regard, and so he takes his experience of making his own film and assumes that it's always like that. Everyone has a great creative vision that they're going to bring to life, and it's awesome, and the only thing that can ever get in the way is a studio meddling in it. That's his fundamental I mean, we, problem. He, it's, he, it's very he idealistic, everyone. It? I mean, we it's see how that plays out. You know, A24 gave $30 million to Ari Aster, and we got Bo is Afraid. That movie's a fucking mess. There's nothing coherent and cohesive about that movie. The movie's a giant pile of spaghetti on the floor. That's well, what happens. Just, when you, it's, a, it's, a wonderfully, it's a wonderfully naive and, and idealistic view of how films get made. That, uh, that anyone creative is just this beautiful shining light and uh, the studio it's is like this gigantic... Producers. Yeah, the uh, producers are like this horrible back. dark cloud that just descends their on their claws anybody. into everything. One... Can we just like you know, almost reset a bit with how he's like? How does this work? You go well. There's a guy who has a little camera and he's like, "Woo, look at me go! I can make things that entertain people." And there's another guy who's like, "I kind of like the I, I like the cut of your jib. I've got money. I can get you technology and people, and and you can make a movie for me that'll make me money and you money, and we'll create something pretty neat. How's that?" And they shake hands, and then the guy starts filming, and then the guy with the money says, "Ooh." I don't want, uh, I don't, I don't want dinosaurs in this. And then, and the guy's like, "But I love dinosaurs." And it's like, mm, "We're gonna have to sort this out because I'm paying yeah. 
and you're the guy who thinks he can tell the story best, we're gonna have to settle this. And it can go both ways, and it can be a good thing and a bad thing. That's what I mean, like, in theory, like, I said it was an idealistic point of view. It actually, in a sense, isn't, because in his worldview, studios just can't add anything worthwhile, nor can producers. It's just, it's Which not is, a thing. I, I, it's just bizarre. Like, there's never a point where a producer could look at a film and go, hmm, maybe, like, the character should say this instead. And it's, and it's like, it must necessarily make the film... I, I mean, you know, like, to, to, to get more to, like, I guess a more fundamental thing, there are some producers who like movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, there are. There yeah. are some of them who like movies and I mean, they enjoy all... storytelling. Yeah, so they, it, they, they all don't want to take your spirit cooking and have your children play Twister at Tom Hanks' house. No. Sorry, did that get too dark? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Always with the Tom <laughs> Hanks, Gary. <laughs> well, on uh, that. somebody said it's like an episode of iCarly in the chat. By the way, are you talking about behind the scenes or the actual Ooh, show? Yeah, that's, that a, that's a whole different. Um, yeah, the because that's the is it Dan Schneider, right? That's the one, the the feet guy, or is that someone else? <laughs> I, I think that wait, that, think that's, that's the, Dan Schneider, the, the yeah. iCarly guy, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I, I read the autobiography of the the girl who was in that, and ooh, yeah, it made from some pretty interesting reading. Oh, that was uh, well, that was the autobi the 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 one about the mum, right? The yeah. Father. Yeah, yeah it's, it's titled, like, I'm glad my mom's dead or something, and, yeah. uh, yeah, well, you kind of get why she got to that point, but, yeah, th there were some interesting revelations about what went on behind the scenes there. But yeah, you know, um, anyway. when, when the filming scenes and we get all those stories of, like, an actor being like, I, I think this line would work, and a director might say, oh my god, that's an amazing line, although, like, one of the latest ones I remember is the, because the, the Arnie documentary was, he was like, I will be back would be the better line, more robotic. And then James Cameron says, I'm the fucking writer. Which is <laughs> <laughs> an audience since admitted like, yep, that was probably the best decision considering it's one of, if not the most iconic line in cinema. It's like it's in the top ten at least, you know. Uh, I'll be back. And he said like, I never would have thought that's what that line would become. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. But in the same vein, Arnie's produced plenty of movies, right? But what if he was on he set as and a producer? And he's also talked very highly of producers. I listened to his uh, audio book mm. where he was talking about on Twins, and he spoke highly. I can't remember the producer's name, but I, I recall he was speaking. You know, and, and yeah, he's produced stuff. A lot of creative. You know, Steven Spielberg produces lots of stuff. He executive produced Animaniacs. Do you think that because of that, like, and because he didn't direct any of the episodes, that every single perspective he ever could have offered on that show was detrimental to that show? You don't believe that, because yeah, that's of stupid. Because Chris, Chris Douglas would be like, well, no, he's Spielberg. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait till you see Clone Wars, Mahler. Oh, if you ever Diane. see Clone Wars. George Lucas signed off on everything, according to uh, many, for that show. I mean that every writer is going to be great. Two of the writers of Madam Web worked on another film in the Sony universe that has been heavily criticized called Morbius. Did you, has did been you catch how <laughs> that's the yeah. harshest you'll ever catch him by him saying, yeah. I'm not saying every writer is great. People, Someone made Morbius. <laughs> well, but then it, it's not like I thought Morbius was shit. It's yeah, like some other people criticized it. it. Exactly. He's so. Why can't you just own a position? Why can't you just say you think that they wrote a bad film? Yeah, he just in case anyone thought it's such a weird way of speaking because like I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, he did just criticize the the Morbin movie, but at the same time, he's he's already said he won't be bashing movies, but he also criticized it in a way that was more so everyone else did. 
You're like, so if it's an aggregately, in a sense, oh. like if it's aggregate bad, does that mean that the film is bad? Or are you having your own opinion no, it, here? It, it, no, it, he just has to bow to reality at certain points and say like, yeah. yeah. Um, other people thought that this was bad. The general consensus seems to be that this was a terrible movie, but I'm not saying anything about it. Yeah, he's having know. his cake and eating it too, in the <laughs> yes. sense of I will because present I'm a reality. celebrator. I will present reality, but I will not implicate myself in the negativity. And then you, you uh, shake though, him, you know, and you're like, Chris, say something yeah. bad about Morbius, and he goes, "Well, it wasn't a home run." Yeah, I honestly, I, like, if if filmmaking doesn't work out for him, I think there's a great career in politics ahead for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I mean, maybe honestly, because like this shit seems to work. It it's uh, I remember is it it really is like kind of the black pill where you realize that you can say something incredibly mean, but if you say it in a nice, polite tone of voice, you can get away with it. Like you can just slip away. You can get away with saying something harsh. Meanwhile, if you speak in a harsh way, but you're saying something that's pretty tame or even positive, just because of the tone of voice, it can be read in a certain way. Yeah, the British have been getting away with it for years, <laughs> centuries. <laughs> Story. It doesn't mean that every. Oh, and so yeah, the way I've edited it now is he said that you know you don't always have great writers, but he will not be bashing Madame Webb because it's the studio that fucked him up. But he's just admitted that Morbius, you know, probably had some bad writers. And you're like, hmm. Mm. Does he know mm. who wrote Does Morbius? He know? Does he know? Wow, because this seems this seems like one of the few cases where people have actually looked into who wrote Madame Web. Like, because yeah. a lot of the time people just don't know who write films. Um, but with this one, it feels like a lot of people are really aware of uh, uh of that. If he, it's knows. really important. It's really, really important. Uh, the, there's that news of uh, Marvel retooling, and if, it's a very long article in the Hollywood Reporter. But they tell you who's writing, uh, who's rewriting Fantastic Four, and it's people who wrote Black Widow. Oh. Yes, uh, well, because the guy who's directing Fantastic Four was one of the directors on uh, <clears throat> One Division. Yes, um, it's <clears throat> it, it, it is a little it's it's a little crazy when you start to see it's like oh, and you what did you have before this that you wrote? Oh, one episode of television or like one short film here you go you're writing a feature film for marvel <laughs> that's going to cost 200 million dollars to produce and then once you do that it's like oh you can get your own tv show you can get your own you know you get to direct the next avengers film i don't get it i don't understand how it that is the way that it works like it seems to me that the normal way is you have to direct a bunch of films before they're confident enough to give you that much money to make a film for them or confident in, you know, that you're going to deliver something that either people are going to find, uh, like, super well, entertaining, or I, that's going to be critically acclaimed. I don't know if they bring these people in on, like, multi-project contracts. So they say, like, we're uh, going to start you on this deal, one, yeah. but you've got, like, three yeah. more things scheduled in, and it'll be something. It'll either be TV episodes, or it'll be a movie, whatever. Um, I think there's a few overall deals for some of these guys. Most of it's like they're casting directors now. That's all they're doing. It, you know, it's something they can virtue signal about. And it's their approach because it's producer. It's a producer-driven market now. And that's not what film used to be. Producers had a big part in it, but the director still was in the driver's seat. Much less so for television. For television, it was the producer, had writer, writer's room. Director just kind of did what uh, the head writers told him to do. That's what's happening in film now. So that's why, you know, in the beginning of the MCU, they had some pretty decent directors, Kenneth Branagh, you know, but then they got away from them, Joss Whedon, because they were becoming a pain in the ass because they wanted to be creatively in charge. 
Yeah, that's uh, another like thing. Right. Like, um, Famous case. Remember how he said that the MCU, he didn't include the MCU, and he said it was Sony-based, which was really weird, when we've yeah. got many examples of creative people leaving the MCU because they can't stand how it works. And we've, not just not just in yeah. Phase 5 or Phase 4, it's like, we're going all the way back to fucking Phase 2, man. Like, yeah, yeah, like, all the way back to the Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, uh, and then, you know, Scott Derrickson, but nobody cared because he got replaced by Sam Raimi, so who cares about what he wanted to make for Doctor Strange 2? <laughs> Yeah, that one I'll never get over. Like, that's crazy to me. That was a guy who left because he felt like his creative vision couldn't be realized and nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> like, nobody cared. because people like Sam Raimi more than him. That's why. That's just, yeah. Uh, simple as. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's where I'd be. This, this process that he's highlighting is so inept in terms of the actual information we have. Fucking Edgar Wright. That's like one of the famous ones. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just weird. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a problem with Sony. It's like, yeah, it's not a problem with Disney, though, huh? Like, <laughs> No, I know, on. right? It's a problem everywhere, and it's how you work with it. Uh, you know, James Gunn's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, some people here didn't like it, some people That's did, right. but uh, it did okay. <laughs> then it he effed off, you know? It, it was his movie, I wouldn't deny that. That's the thing, I wouldn't have expected yeah. anyone would, he would probably say, no, a studio didn't get to touch that one. You'd be like, because, because people liked uh, it? Is that how we, you know, like, how do we figure this out? And um, How do we reason- work this? I think the reason he said the Sony-based one is to imply the uh, Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home don't have the same. Sony films. This is what they're I'm saying. Films. Like he's he's. He, but why? Because in terms of aggregate scores, those do well. Like people on the whole like score them high. So he can't yeah, include that right with now, Morbius, can he? Right no. now, it's safe to shit on Sony. Everybody's yeah. up for shit yep. on Sony. Yep. Um, meanwhile, ignoring. First of all, that they make other films, but also that, also that there are the films that you that some of these, you know, some of the liked films, the generally liked films, the MCU Spider-Man films are Sony. They are like joint Marvel studio, sure, but Columbia Pictures distributes them. They pay most of the bills and they make most of the money. That's why they don't want to give up Spider-Man because they want to keep making money from Spider-Man films. Yep. But like, you have to take those as part of the equation. If you liked Homecoming or Far From Home or No Way Home, or you liked the Spider-Verse films, like Sony financed those films. There's no getting around it. They financed those movies. And so this section is just, if only there were a way we could discover the, let's say, aptitude of the writers that are attached to Madam Web. If only there were interviews maybe available or mm. comments from them that could tell us their insights and their points uh. of view. Maybe if you just type this is what I mean. I'm, I'm like beaming, but it's like it is so easy, man. You just type their name in, and you've got it. You just do a little Google search. I, do it. Do a little research before you make a video. Sounds strange. I know. The writer is gonna remember. He's the one with the insight. He's the filmmaker. We're just the plebs that make Ooh. fun of everything, get mad yep. at everything all the time. That'd be great. Two of the writers of Madam Web worked on like enough- I legit don't know that he knows that the people who've worked on Morbius had any connection to Madam Webb I don't know if he, he knows that for sure not what he's saying right there um, no I mean like he, um yeah in the sense of how the studio is entwined with them as in so he's oh, saying okay. right that they that they're not responsible but the yeah. the writer for Morbius is proof that not all writers are great do you, do you see what I mean yeah it's, it's funny it's like again having you and and also i don't know if he knows but the writers for morbius have written shit for of course. that they've only written garbage only gods God. of egypt <laughs> they, goddamn they studios every time movies. they write shit movies that fail which is why well, i don't they... understand how they have a job they just have <laughs> a lot of bad luck they, they just have 
really bad luck with the studios meddling with all their uh, films. Yes, every single time. Yeah, with Dracula Untold and Gods of Egypt and the story. Yeah, some Power of you guys Rangers. are laughing, but it's real. It's a it's a great tragedy of creativity. Yeah, Who this knows man. We this man has written Morbius if I had creative freedom. This man has written flop after flop, and you're laughing. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> Another film in the Sony universe. Yeah, so what you're about to see is the two of the writers of Madam Web having an interview. That has been heavily criticized, called Morbius. How excited are you to have people finally see the movie? I'm pretty excited. I mean, it's been years that we've been working on this thing, and the time has finally come to reveal it to the public. So, yeah. so, so, uh, okay. So, I'm a diehard Spider-Man fan. Been reading the comics Screen since rant. I was six. You know, I think it was amazing. Spider-Man is a two sixteen. Yes. Okay, two sixteen. So I'm like, how no. are we gonna? You know, I've seen. <laughs> no. I was curious about that because <laughs> two ten. The film, how are they going to like get around the whole Spider Man of it all, having Madam Web and not Spider Man? And you figured it out. How did you crack that? Well, I always wanted to tell a story about a woman who was seeing the future, thought she was seeing the future. Oh, yeah. So I put on the, the question was, how are you going to get around the Spider Man of it all? And this is his answer. This and is his like, answer. <laughs> if you thought you were seeing the future, if you saw visions of the future, you would probably thought that, probably think that you were losing your mind. And so telling that story and then finding the character within the Spider-Verse that we told that story and in searching through everybody, Madam Web has no backstory. And Get so the that fuck really out of here. What, 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 what answer is this? Is he saying like there is no Madam Web in this universe? So we so she does she basically doesn't exist, so she doesn't have a backstory That's established how they treat in this universe. Most of the souls it's like so we can do whatever we want to do with it. It's like she they think she's a blank canvas that they can do whatever they want with. That's what it Pretty seems much. to me. Not Which is how they the treat character. all the characters anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. But also just I, that doesn't answer the question at all. We, no. no, it doesn't. It doesn't, but I mean, of course. I mean, they they really respected the lore. No, he's no, not. he's not done. Oh, it <laughs> gets it gets worse. Yet. It gets worse. The character within the Spider Verse that we told that story, and in searching through everybody, Madam Web has no backstory, and so that really gave us a lot of freedom and all the, I mean, all the SJ everybody the freedom to like tell the story that they felt would be, you know, right now, but still set in 2003, so that you could have the song. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? What? Right now, but what? also 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's so just really. nonsense. He doesn't call it even making 2013. It, it is you know, That was just a word salad. It's yeah, pretty yeah. much like he had that stock answer for any question. It's like final. Just and yet it was it, still like, very poorly rehearsed. Yeah. Well, it it makes me wonder. Don't you guys do rehearsals? Don't you? You're writers. Like, do you think about what am I You're going to ask? This is what, what am I going to be asked? This is your film. How is this the best you could muster? Feel like we could make it's a like better you had reason to learn about it, it's like he's taking a test on somebody else's story yeah not that he is the source of all knowledge that the story is from you know it is making a lot of sense to me uh the dialogue quality in yes web <laughs> yes this is exactly what i'm getting at like you go look into the people created you're like wait a minute how the fuck are you guys created this who gave you this like what what's going on <laughs> You check their histories, you're like, oh my god. That they felt would be, you know, right now. But <laughs> I love that cut. in 2003 so that you could have the song. <laughs> Toxic. Nothing he I said made like any fucking um... sense. <laughs> 
I feel like this is one of the stories where you have someone who's sneaking into an, an event, like an assassin or something, and they're trying to steal like diamonds off a, a lady or something. And, so and he they, gets cornered like, on the he, red carpet. Yeah, he's he, he gets cornered, and he's not actually the writer. He just has to come up with bullshit on the fly so his cover isn't blown, so he could go through with the mission and steal the diamonds. <laughs> or this guy, like an alternate reality version of the, the guy on the, the Game Awards, the Bill Clinton kid, the man had a plan, alright, say what you will, but he had a plan. And to be absolutely clear, he was asked, how did you get around the fact that, you know, Spider-Man, you gotta get around that, and he says, uh, yeah, wanted to tell a story of a woman who could have premonitions, and uh, Madam Web's perfect because she doesn't have a backstory. Yeah, so they had this. They had the story before Madam Web. Like you didn't even so mention Spider-Man, but okay, like yeah. Spider-Verse. Yeah. I feel like an easy answer to that would be, why would I have to work around the Spider-Man of it all? This is Madam Web. Yeah, it, you, you just say it was easy. Yeah, we just focused story. on a different yeah. character story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my 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 take on well. First of all, I agree with with with, with Karam. Uh, just so you know, Karam started the entire process, and then so he's he's in on the, he's in on the robbery, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. they're both in oh, on yeah. the robbery, and they're being caught. I'm uh, totally in with Karam. That's I'm going to make up his name. Yeah, uh, like he's Krem, Krem, Krem's a name. Krem. Krem. Yeah, Krem, my Krem. Krem. That's the name. Call him Krem. I love Krem. Looking over Krem. his shoulder, uh -huh. like, can I get a production person yeah, here to like pull me away? Oh, he's dude, it's, out it's, an exit so he could run away. Uh, Trigger's honestly yeah, funnier than that. It, listen to who he was looking for that he couldn't find. With, with, yes. With Krem. Uh, just so you know, Krem started the entire process, and then he's my he's my pitch man. Oh, my, <laughs> my writing partner vanished. Yeah. My writing partner vanished. <laughs> <laughs> Smart lad. It's so funny. Dude, I he was, he was I looking that. for a lifeline and he couldn't get it. He couldn't get it. I love that bottom line, the Spider-Man of it all. That's a that's a good title for a video someday. Yeah. The Spider-Man of it all. Uh, and then the thing, one of the things that we added to it was the, the three spider women who we meet them in a place where they haven't become yet. So really, we meet them in a place they where they haven't become, become yet. Ironically, <laughs> we, we leave them in a place where they still haven't become them yet. Yeah, nope. uh, yes. But maybe we figured they, we'd introduce they, they them came. to the story, traumatize them deeply, and then the film ends. So we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons we said it back in time is so that, first of all, Dakota Johnson could be in the movie. Yeah. What 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 does that even mean? We set it back in time so that Dakota Johnson could be in it. Nothing <laughs> can, about that statement makes know, any sense. Dakota Johnson can only exist in two thousand three. We even said we we what? even said all the interviews to be in two thousand three as well. <laughs> what is that? She's what? actually fifty years old. Did anybody? There is no Dakota Johnson. She died in a car crash three years ago. In the Amazon while she was researching. In the Amazon spiders. while she was researching spiders. <laughs> uh, but most importantly, uh, to see three young women who, um, you know, are destined, maybe, hopefully, if things go right, to become great <laughs> heroes. Matter, buddy. You know, he, as long he, as Ben dies, yeah. He was almost about to say to see three women become heroes. He's like, oh, right, that didn't happen in the movie. Uh, <laughs> 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 a woman set up three other that. women to become yeah. heroes maybe one day, perhaps absolutely not that where we start uh, which is the essence of the spider-man character that's, I think. The, essence of spider that's the essence yeah, of the spider-man character is, it? <laughs> is becoming a hero man yeah, yeah. <laughs> spider-man is three young women who haven't become heroes yet okay don't question it they haven't become yet i mean i think the reason why people love spider-man or i do is that he just seemed the closest to, you, to me i don't believe right. you
I don't believe he seems you. the closest to you, so that's why you no, love just, him. I, it's just oh, I love Spider Man. Do you? I don't. <laughs> I don't, know about I don't even. I don't love Spider Man. I think he's really cool and he's neat, but I wouldn't say like no, I don't love Spider Man. There's I, not a long yeah. list. Of... Well, no, I'm just asking if they do. No, like, really. No, say, no, no. Spider Man. Do you really, really? Who do you think you're convincing? Like. No, you don't. They just want to be. They just want to leave. They they they're in fight or flight mode right now, and they just want to go elsewhere. They, they just want to skirt through this night. Any questions about their own movie? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Spider Man character. Right that sense of Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man is. I mean, I think the reason why people love Spider Man, or I do, is that he just seemed the closest to to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was grounded. Grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm very grounded. Are girls, you a 16 year old? Kind of I'm a Hollywood writer. I'm very grounded. I just. He's got it nothing. He actually has nothing to say. He's got nothing to say. They can't say anything about their own movie that they got well, paid a lot of money to write. Well, think about all the people out there who would kill to be in a position where they're wearing a nice tux, they're on the black carpet, and they're being interviewed <laughs> by somebody about the film that they wrote and the characters that they made. People would kill to be to have this kind of opportunity, to have that be their job. And he's just I, like, I, I don't know. We I all go? love Spider-Man. For, for his neck and rags, I thought you were going to say people would kill to write Madam Web, and I just thought, <laughs> nah, not really. <laughs> Probably not someone out there me. who would have been there's like, someone, I would have fucking done there's it. There's someone out there who's really disappointed with it as an adaptation of the Madam Web story yeah. and character. Yeah, they might have said, uh, I would kill just to make sure it never happened. I would get in a time machine, and Hitler gets a pass, <laughs> but I gotta make sure that Madame Webb does not get made. You could do it like in Futurama, where uh, they keep going back in time to sort things out, and then they keep stop they want to stop at Hitler to kill him, but eventually they're doing it so fast that Fosbitt's like, I'll just shoot him out the window as we travel. <laughs> the little sniper. Stuff like, he was grounded, and... Uh... So then in telling another Spider-Man story, or in the Spider-Verse, we'll say, it was like, we wanted to just take a, a woman who didn't have any special powers and didn't know what was in store didn't for her. Didn't have any special well, powers. You know, what do you mean? Madam Webb is clairvoyant. He means before. But if of, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but Peter Parker didn't have any well, powers. Well, yeah, but that's everyone almost. There's hardly any Actually, of the yeah, heroes overall. Madam Webb's a, a mutant, so she did have the power. Ah, yes, that's right. But not in this interpretation. Not in this. No. Know that because they probably didn't pick up a single well, comic book. Well, to be fair, Frank, she had no backstory, so. That's true. She had no backstory. You know, it's like Madame Web never, ever, ever been written about before ever. It's a totally original new idea. You know, the movie opens this weekend. Big box office, big success. Sony says, let's do it. <laughs> I love that you chose to cut in on his face there. Yeah, that guy, that expression. That thinking, man, he knows. I'm so glad I didn't choose royalties <laughs> yeah, this... over salary. He this, fucking yeah, knows. This, this dude, he doesn't need to be Madam Web to know where this movie was gonna go box office wise. <laughs> also, cameraman, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck are we doing, yeah. cameraman? What's yeah. this? <laughs> I don't want to look at the back <laughs> of Screen Rant Man's balding head. I think, it's, I think it's the interviewer's fault. He's moved around and the camera's static. You think so, yeah. Movie opens this weekend. Big box office, big success. <laughs> Sony says, let's look do more a I've been thought about where the story will go. I mean, I've got plenty of ideas, and uh, after the movie, Why I'm going to track down the executive in charge of this and tell them, tell them all of them. Oh, sure, we I got so many ideas, man. The ideas they're just pouring out of me. So many ideas. I just, so many, yeah. I just can't even say a single one. <laughs> it's like. Oh.
I'm telling you, maybe 5% of them are approaching quality. Well, one of the wonderful things about this movie is that not only Miss Madam Web, you know, becoming a hero, but you have uh, these three uh, incredible women who also are on their own journeys, both together and apart. So, um, sure, there, there are a lot of possibilities. A lot of yeah, they, I mean, they become real heroes by the end. The guy asked yeah. like, where does Madam Web go behind there? in the future? The first answer was, I got ideas. The second answer was, lots of possibilities. Yeah. So I mean, she's she's blind and paralyzed, so I don't think she's going to go too many I, places, to be well, fair. That, that can't be undersold, that the origin story of this movie is she loses her ability to walk and see. That's it. She those, has the powers, the powers the she gains. Yes. And she takes three women on various journeys that are basically porn scenarios, and we don't get the money shots. Well, and she yeah. should probably end up in several jails, like, by the end, in terms of all the shit that she goes through the well, entire movie, what they tell us. She was, uh, she blew, she blew up the explosive factory, women. remember? Yes, and she got fireworks, explosives. Yeah. I do love that, by Did the way. It's like, oh no, they're heading women. to the explosive factory. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a fucking Michael Bay movie. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to say Acme, it should have said Acme on the side, and yeah. it would have made more sense. Guys, it's abandoned as well. It's like an abandoned fireworks factory that still has all the fireworks in it. Yeah, just yeah. open and accessible in New York. Just say free fireworks. Come on down. <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> it was open and accessible. It was there was literally a hole in the wall that had not been patched over, that hadn't been like boarded up or anything. Mm -hmm. Just on the streets no of New York. Just yeah, just free fireworks, everybody. Come Listen, on. Listen, two thousand two thousand three <laughs> New York was a very high trust society. All right. <laughs> One of the producers told the writers, we need to have an explosive finale. And so they said, all right, I got you. I get I can do it. <laughs> and, do it. And, and that was the studio's fault, because I said it needs to be explosive. And the writer said, how about it? Like, yes. with, just filled with explosives. Literal <laughs> explosives. Yeah, good enough. Okay. This yeah. interview really is like two aliens. Yeah. Who have been A little bit. Yeah. Transported <laughs> onto Earth, and they don't know. They, they just don't know what to do, and they're trying to seem human. Yeah. so weird. Who's a villain who maybe won't be quite so villainous at some point in the future. We'll see. But sometimes, what I've Everybody's learned dead. and what I've experienced He's myself... Dead. Yeah, He's dead. He's dead. No, hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey, no one's ever really gone and he's multiverse, so, yeah. Okay. Ah, true, okay. yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. Everybody's yeah, designed Ezekiel. to see more of a CQ Sims. Well, yeah, he was really good. <laughs> I, I honestly am. I loved every line he said. He was... That I like the funny, beginning where he shot that pregnant woman to death. That was, really, <laughs> that was my really favorite endearing. part. Was, my favorite part was when his lines didn't match what he was saying on the screen. So, Ooh, the ADR yeah. was brutal. It was bad. Yeah, everyone, it was everyone has noticed the ADR on that. It seems it yeah. is. Uh, oh yeah, it was terrible. Not um, great. You had the actor. Anyway, the fact that he's like, you know, got this position of be, don't be bashing the creatives. It's like, what if they're dumb as fuck and they say insane things and they talk, they, their justifications for making this horrible shit is like almost to the point we can't even understand what they're saying. It's what about nonsense. that? What they just said was nonsense through and through. I do like the idea of maybe the screen rant interviewer guy asked them a legitimately tough or critical question and Stuckman shows up in like a superhero outfit and he stands between... Yeah. Queen, and he says, "Get away from those artists, fiend! Go and interview someone else." Did the studio send you? He's like, "No." This might be something that you guys have discussed as well before I got here, but fundamentally, like, criticism isn't about being mean. Like, you don't have to be a nasty person to criticize something if it's constructive. 
well-meaning criticism, like if you really care that much about being polite and not hurting the feelings of the creatives, you can provide constructive criticism of where their movie went wrong and suggestions for how they might have done it better. That's not a bad thing, but that yeah. would involve you having to actually like put some effort in and you'd have to make more than a five minute long video um, listing all the production information about the film. Furthermore, yeah. you, you don't even need to attribute the bad writing to anyone. You can just no. leave it open. You can just say the writing is bad because it is. You yeah. don't even need to and, say the writers are stupid. And again, like, okay, if you want to say the writing's bad, fine. Like, do that, but then give us examples of why it's bad. Like, things that don't yeah. make sense within the story and make some suggestions for how you could have fixed that problem. Like, that that's if, the essence of what your critique could be. It's solving problems for yeah, the, you the have people this... who made it. You have a platform to, while you are criticizing movies and praising them, you, you also are in a position where you can show your chops and how good you are at making stories. See, here's what, here's what I would have done if I was a, a writer for a, a creator, a director for one of these movies. Not saying that I, I, I ever will be, of course. But, but if I was, I would do this and this and that and here are the issues. Yeah, and it's not about tearing them down. It's about showing them a different way that they might have done things and they might have approached it. And it's giving them feedback that will probably stand them in good stead going forward. You know, it, it's like criticism is a vital tool for a creative to get better at what they do. Because if you just tell them that everything that they make is amazing when it's absolute dog shit, they're never going to have any incentive to improve. It's a vital tool for life. Uh, yeah, that's sure. just art. Yeah. You know, it's, we all have to deal with it in our own way. It's not negative. It, that's we, the point. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you're okay. Imagine you're the writer of this movie, and let's say the studio. Oh no! I just no, I won't. <laughs> no, I All refuse. Right. Well, everyone but rags. Everyone but rags. Imagine you're the writer for this movie. Imagine <laughs> you wrote something that was actually pretty good, and the studio made you make it stupid. All right, let's just say Chris Stuckman's theory actually happened. If you get, if you see a critic saying, "Oh, the writing kind of sucked," this is what I would have done instead, and it actually looks a lot more like what you originally wrote. Wouldn't that be kind of affirming in a way yeah. that other people yeah. recognize that that it wasn't good? Mm -hmm. I think so. Well, yeah, this is not taking advantage of his incredible right? platform and opportunity. That affirms to Sam Raimi, like, ah, okay, I don't need to feel so bad because they all think it sucks, like me. Or I don't. Does he think it sucks, or does he just think it's like worse than the other ones? Spider Man Three. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Does Sam Raimi said like he hates that movie, or does he just not think it's as good? Like, has he ever really talked mm -hmm. about it? Uh, yeah, he's he's apologized for it. Uh, ah, and he's okay. and he's yeah, and he's yeah, talked yeah. about the, the actual the the venom being forced in. No, yeah, that yeah, wasn't originally yeah. what he wanted to do, but he decided oh, yeah. to be a team I, player. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying that. Yeah, that could be another instance where you just be like, "Yeah, okay." I mean, it's, it, like if it's not yours, then why would you feel bad about people shitting on it? If it's basically yeah. like not your creation. Uh, uh, you know, David Ayer is out there talking about. I think that's a pretty good case of studio interference with the movie. Whether you know yeah. Suicide Squad was great or not, we'll never know. But he, yeah. he hasn't been quiet about it. No, he hasn't. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd love more of that. It's fun. I like, would too. Fucked my yeah. movie, but obviously you've got to be careful because then you won't. And by the way, this is reasonable. If I pay someone to make a movie, I think they did a bad job, and I re-edit it, and then they say "fuck you," I'd be like, "We're not working together in future, bud." Yeah. <laughs> when, no, yeah. You fucked me first. I'm I'm fucking you back. One of my not favorite examples of a of a filmmaker speaking openly about this sort of thing is uh, David Fincher talking about Alien Three. Yeah. Comparing it to being ritually sodomized. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he straight up disowned that movie, didn't he? Yeah. For a long time. Sure did.
And then imagine the it'd be more like, huh, ritually sodomize the alien. <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. On my film, but on scripts that I've optioned to some studios <gasps> and it went nowhere, is that when people have power over <laughs> you as shocked. a creative, when they're paying your bills and they're paying you well, they can tell you to do anything. No, they tell you, you can, they can tell you to do anything because that's what you signed. The, the, these the are contract. these are very yeah like the contracts to these must be insanely Insane, thorough. Yeah. When when they pay you, they're like Love so. This money is what for what's in this series of papers, and you go oh, what's in these papers, and it says I get final say on basically everything, and you're like, hmm, you want to sign? You get the money, but you also don't get to be 100% free to do whatever you want. Mm. Some people would say that's kind of normal. Yeah, I mean, would you <laughs> like, would you take a job well, getting a whole bunch of money to be able to make a big Hollywood movie that everyone will know about if you know going in that this movie is going to be 80% my vision? When I see it from the, the studio's point as well, it's like, okay, we're going to invest $100 million of our cash into this movie, and we're hiring you, we're paying you a good old whack of money as well, and the stipulation is that we have to have final say over what you make, because, you know... It's our you pay money. Hundred million. It, I yeah. think that's something that needs to be, you know, it's it's like people need to be reminded. It's it is it's their money. Um, they're the ones who are incurring the big financial risk potentially on a film. Now, does that mean that they should be able to, you know, like, what's the point of hiring a director if, you, if you're just going to make every single decision and they don't get to say anything at all? Like, why would you pick any given director unless you thought that their ideas would be? more worthwhile, more interesting, or in a more cynical sense, more likely to make money. But, mm -hmm. I mean, they're probably going to have an opinion on what's happening in the film, given that they're the ones who are financing it. And, and it, again, this is the annoying thing, like, because it puts us in this uncomfortable position of having to defend these giant studios who often fuck things up, but, like, at the same yeah. time, the reality of the, the world that they live in and the, the way that they finance these movies, you can't just ignore it and say, oh, it's so unfair, this is how it's done, and it's done because they're the ones who pay for it, ultimately. It's which very sucks, easy. but that's... If, if, you, if you don't go in with a mindset of realizing that... Um, it's very e I guess it's very easy to be critical of other people's money, but imagine that was your money that you were spending on a movie, and you're mm -hmm. taking out a huge... I mean, again, $100 million is, is not possible to conceive of, really. It's just a number. Yeah, um, we have to come up with... Money. We we have to come up with these like abstract ways to try and understand how much money that actually is because our ape slash dog brains just cannot fathom a number that. Well, I mean, I guess one high. way to put it into perspective: a hundred million dollars that'll buy you what thirty houses in San Francisco. Like thirty houses, that'd be about as how much it is. So you know, you can put it into perspective a little bit. It's a lot of look. It's a lot of houses. It is an insane of amount of money. Yeah, and when somebody else is putting all this money forwards. In a in, in a world where the real the reality is companies can die, companies can go bankrupt, companies can end, and that that is a that's a real thing, especially when you're dealing in these big chunks of change. So and that used to happen in old Hollywood a lot. Like one single flop would destroy a studio. So, yeah. and we just don't know the to the extent at which um, studios save films. There's just no records of it yeah. really. Well, it's because it's not, it's not the story that people like of no. the producer maybe said, mm, don't do that, and then it turns out that that was the right decision. 
And, you know, it could be that the rationale behind the producers, you know, making that decision, it could be a really stupid one. It could be something stupid and cynical, but it, it could have ended up being the right decision anyway, creatively. That's possible. Or it could just be that the direct, the producer actually had a creative thought there that was mm -hmm. more in line with what the film needed to be. That's possible. It's possible. That would be the thing that would have to be conceded. It is at least possible. It is feasible. Not if you're Chris Stockman. No, no. no. Not in his world. To state the obvious, as we cover a, an entire video of a guy just stating the obvious, what it lacks is nuance, right? So, yeah. like, these, these are all nuanced discussions, something that, uh, again, uh, I think we need to give this guy a Voight Kampf test. I'm not sure he understands. <laughs> On that note, I think... Um the nature of the fact that people can move in and out of producer roles or studio roles or start their own studios makes this point from him just useless because if he was to yep. release Shelby Oaks and it makes $10 trillion, it's the best thing ever and everyone loves, everyone buys 10 copies of it. Um, then he's going to start Stuckmanized, the studio, where he's going to supply <laughs> plenty of money to all kinds of creative people and he's just there and he's enjoying it and he grabs up this this plucky new auteur who makes this incredible film on set but at the end they're like and then the hero slips on his own piss and cracks his head on the floor and dies and chris is there in the on set and he's like mm. can we okay can we shoot another scene where that doesn't happen and then we'll have a look in the editing and see which one works better for the story and they just go chris what are you doing man he's like what you're encroaching you on my creative vision <laughs> i want the piss chris let me have the piss <laughs> You said creative should have complete freedom. You said did you watch, I am a creative, did, you are the producer, and I want him to slip on piss and die. Did you see the <laughs> Borderlands trailer? Oh, I because just saw piss. what's in yeah. there. I um I, I saw I didn't see the trailer, there's, I saw the image piss for in it, that. and I yeah. I mistakenly is... called it Suicide Squad multiple times to different people. Yeah, yeah. So that's some bizarre weird. casting if that poster's anything to go by. Damn, I've seen man. the trailer, uh P is uh is prevalent in it so um i i think that the the um i i guess the the theme of this video we're watching is that either you yes. die a youtuber or you live long enough to become a producer yes <laughs> <laughs> and you have to do it no matter what it's like that scene in vampire's kiss where nicholas cage is threatening to fire his secretary and he says you're the lowest on the totem pole oh, he here, plays Albert. the entire scene to. as well I've, I've chopped it don't worry in essence though it's so funny to be like this is so unfair the fact that the people who gave you the money to sign a contract in which you had to perform certain actions in the work that they have offered you can actually make it so that you have to do certain things Imagine you're an if, employee. They're paying for it. You're, I mean, what they're if you your paid boss. Someone like what if you paid someone to put carpet in your house and then they were like, you know what? I'm thinking pink carpet, pink and green, pink and green stripes with purple spots. And that's my creative decision for the carpet in this house. You would go, no, 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 no. I'm 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 paying you to install beige carpet. What are you doing? Like, no, listen, you can't infringe on my creative freedom here, right? I'm the carpenter, right? Well, people, and, people don't act this way to things that aren't movies, it seems. We're verging on what you're supposed to do in that scenario if you don't want your creative vision destroyed. There's an option right there. You can take it if you want. The, you didn't All sign it to begin with. All requires you to put one foot in front of the other foot and then do that over and over again in a specific direction. 
The door it's says exit. Walking. Yeah, you could yeah. lose your job, quit the you project, can cancel out. There's uh, there's so many... What do you even call it when someone says, Woe is me, I've been given millions to not complete the story the way I want it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, man, that sucks. I mean, and if and if your attitude is, but I need other people's money to make my vision a reality. It's like, well, <laughs> tough shit. Welcome to literally, that's us. That's me. I, my, I require millions of other people's dollars to make my creative visions yeah. come true on the big screen. That's everyone, Chris. Welcome to the club. The that's regret, life. Um, funnily enough, is not even, at least the way I understood it this whole time, was not that the studio has present, prevented the creative from making the creative decision. The, the tragedy is usually they ruined what was sounded like a better story. That's not necessary. Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean that that happens every time a studio encroaches on a creative. That's not how that works. That is just when we have all the detail and we know that, oh, wow, that was there. That seemed out of place. And you go, yeah, it turns out the studio pushed that. And you're like, oh, I wish they hadn't. Vice versa. Well, uh, Iron Man getting pushed into uh, Civil War, right? The third Captain America film. In retrospect, that seems like it was a good choice because they managed to bring in like a huge cast to make the film feel much more like it lives in the MCU uh, actively, as opposed to if it was just a Cap film where he's a rogue Avenger and that, what, Tony just doesn't show up? Like, okay. That would have been strange. And so if we are going to say that that was a studio decision, like, oh, I mean, you know, I guess they made it work, right? And that's kind of a symbiosis that doesn't get commented on. When the studios say, I want you to do thing, don't know how you're going to do it, but do it. And then the creative actually manages to make something from it. They're like, damn, I didn't want to have to do this. But if I do have to, I think we could do this, 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 this. And then it's like, oh, wow, look at you both go. There is... Yeah. I mean, that's why I mean, we've talked about it before on EFAP. That's just being able to communicate and compromise with people. They're giving something. You want something. You got to meet in the middle. This is this is it's just, just a part of life. It's just it's, life. Um, that's reality. It's it's a quote that I remember from one of the Bungie vidocs for Halo 3 where they were talking about the, the fight, the battle between art and design. Um, and to, to paraphrase, the concluding statement was along the lines of, if either art is really happy or design is really happy, then something's wrong. But if we're both kind of unhappy, then it means that we've probably got the right balance. That, that there's that push and pull, that tug between what the artists want and what the designers want. And that the push and pull and the fighting and occasionally giving up and occasionally fighting for the thing that you want kind of synthesizes into the right balance. Yeah. Um, that... that the idea that you're not going to ever compromise ever, it's like, well, that's, I mean, that is just not conducive to working in a team. If you're yeah. working in a team, there's going to be compromises. Also, a big part of being a director, being a good director means being able to convince people of your ideas. Like, if you can't yep. convince the, the studio exec who has a stupid idea, let's say, let's just agree his idea is stupid. And you're like, no, I really think it ought to be this way. If you can't convince him, then, then you failed a little bit, too. I mean, maybe they're just the worst. Maybe they're a little tyrant who just wants whatever they want and they don't care about you at all. But a big part of being a director is being like, no, this is why I want it to be this way. It's important. All these pieces fit together. This is why. Like, that's well, what your why, job is. Why have we made the director the person who's at the very top of the totem pole in terms of who has their creative vision, you know, sacrosanct over everyone else? You have costume designers, you have visual effects artists, you have the 
the you know the script writers you have all of these oh, people well the reason why would be do... i guess the conclusion is that the director is the head of creative basically yeah but but in terms of like why like for if you were to ask chris stuckman would chris stuckman say no 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 it's okay if the director tells the person who does the costumes that it needs to be done this way not oh, the I way see. that you yeah. want it to be done or no, no no this set needs to be this way this props need to be this way not the way you want it done and that's okay for me to do um yeah because when it, ultimately what you're doing is you're telling them to do something when they're not being paid by you well right they're being the formula, paid by the producers just like the director is formula is so clear because of the scott derrickson versus sam raimi thing it's when two creatives clash everyone sides with the one we think is better so when a director like a peter jackson has conflict with you know, Jimbo Bajuba, who's sorting out the chain mail, and Peter says, nah, that's not good enough, you need to make it like this. We're not going to be like, trust Jimbo Bajumba, he knows what he's doing. We're going to be like, uh, yeah, go go with Peter. Peter's got like the, you know, he's he's, he's got, he's, he knows what he's doing. And we got that sort of thing. It's like, yeah. And to an extent, that is probably the way you would need to do it, because we can't settle every single disagreement at every level of filmmaking with the budget and time we have. We just can't. We, we opt to go with, well, the director's going to get the final say, probably. But ultimately, the final, final, final say is follow the money. Like, who, who's, who's fucking spending on this shit? And, uh, yeah, you'll get different people saying, go nuts or not. That is a simple reality. But the thing is, with how much money is bleeding out these days, I'm surprised studios aren't taking even more control. Because, like, do you think Phase 4 and 5 in the MCU is, is a result of the studios getting the films they wanted? I guess a result um, of Kevin Feige getting the video, the films that he wanted. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, like I would say he's he's gotta be on the hook for that. Like he has he's to be, gotta yeah. be mm -hmm. responsible and if the man's and, gonna or, soak and, up and, the like, fame. But, of, uh, I think if know, he gets to call him a Kevin Feige production. Promoter was out, that was him basically. Oh also, by the way, I've just yeah, been made aware. Like, I, I had no idea this was happening. Um he's lost ten thousand subs. Stuckman from this because of this video, wow, really, yeah, what really, what? Why? and that's that's an Why? at least because it's uh, social blade, which is all rounded now, but yeah, oh, no. I guess uh, because we will get there, but his comment section is angry. Has he has he responded to any of this? Not yet, no, I don't think so, anyway. I wait, were you gonna, were you gonna say something? No, I'm just surprised that there'd been a there would be any pushback to this. I would assume that is a little surprising. Yeah, I yeah. would agree. I agree as well. I wouldn't have thought that people would be that mad, but they were. Also, my watch together is. Hang on, I need to reload it. Let me fix this as well. Ooh. Gosh, all our faces are cut off right now. I'm sure people at home are terrified. No. Pretty I'm scary. terrified. Uh, My beautiful the, face! The internet cutting out problem has been solved, chat. Also, I saw some people still complaining about the ad placement. It is on the lowest setting now. But I don't know what the fuck's going on with uh, YouTube's backend if it's still not um, like fixed or whatever. Uh-oh. My watch together is uh, just, just dead. Nothing's happening for me. What do you mean? I can't do anything. It's just like it's black screen with zeros. Oh, uh, oh. maybe. Did mm. that do anything? <laughs> no. It, it, funny enough, right. I can see right. that you're doing something, but it's just. Uh, well, it's at ten thirty. 
Do you want to refresh? And it's at 1030. Well, that's the thing. I, uh, I fully reloaded it, which you'd think would do something. Uh, maybe try, like, in a different browser. Yeah. Chrome sucks. It really does. Not that yeah, you're using my, Chrome. My Chrome is edge. garbage. Yeah. Oh, I am using Chrome, but I still agree. Yeah. yeah. I've been using Firefox. <laughs> it's not much better, but it's better than Chrome. I wonder if, I wonder if Incognito will fix it. That's what I think I did last time, actually. Oh, I think it might be fixed. Exactly what it feels like when you're beautiful. I'm yep, working. Working. Awesome. yay! There you go. That makes that makes complete sense. Yay! <laughs> For a second there, we were we were cut off from yes. Chris. We're creative, Chris. dealing with a larger entity that has control over your creation, or at least your script, or your story, or your characters. When they can tell you what to do, and you got to do it. It doesn't matter if you think it's you insane. Have you have to, to find it. a way to make it work. You don't you can have always, to. Always, there's always a choice. You can always You don't leave. have to. Well, yep. it's this is not what happened with the, um, the Jurassic World movie that just came out. Like, they lost a director because of creative differences. He, he left. Yeah. He, he left. left. He walked. He turned well, around I mean, and left. Even, even beyond the scope of you can leave, which is obviously the, the like, that's the, the, the big, the big old choice. You can just like, you can fight with producers. You can get into arguments with them about what you think is right. And sometimes you might win and convince them and sometimes you might lose. That's also part of the equation of making anything when there's like a yeah. producer involved. It's not yeah, like they can't be money. convinced yeah. out of a perspective that they have. You can yeah. fight for your film. It's this crazy world where you have to collaborate with lots of different people in order to get a big project like this done. Yeah, and everyone's beholden to everybody all over the place. There's there's a huge chain of command, essentially, right? Like, he's saying, you just have to do what the studio says. And it's like, yeah, and the director gets to decide what the actors do, and the actors have to get to decide what their mm -hmm. personal assistants do. Oh, and also, and, like, you know, entities decide whether or not your film is rated PG-13 or if it's R-rated, depending on what parameters your film, like, whatever criteria your film satisfies. Yeah. And, and you that'll gotta change work with how them. many people can watch it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go to them and say, what do we need to change? There's a reason that mm -hmm. blood doesn't squirt out alerts uh, once his arm and head get plopped off. I mean, there, you got to make some, uh, you got to make some changes. You got to play in the system. Do some sacrifice. Yep. And, you know, we hear about the, uh, I think some of the famous examples would be Chevy Chase and Dan Harmon on Community. Huge breakdown yeah. of communication between an actor and a director because of creative differences. Uh, Sean Connery, and I forget the name of the director of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but the, that was a famous one as well. Like, um, Wesley Snipes on Blade 3, he refused to fucking come out of his trailer. He wouldn't even talk yep. to the director. He had to do it via written notes. Oh, and that was the rumors for World War Z as well, that Brad Pitt stopped talking to the director because he was so mad about all the reshoots. Yeah. So, this happens all the time, and you can you can push and pull with the power that you have. You can quit. You can try to compromise. You can try to explain. What he's talking about is one tiny aspect of a very narrow operation that happens throughout all of filmmaking and all of industry, basically. But he's it's making it so sound like... It's so bizarre that he would say this well, as this though he's got he's, any position of authority. If anything, he's, uh, he's damaging the conversation because he's making it seem like studios and producers are just fucking people that ruin everything. Yeah, like, and, and he hasn't so even mentioned the, the fact that they're the ones paying for the movie. Well, it, again, it, it's it's like if you want to make a film that's like a two hundred million dollar blockbuster, unless you have two hundred million dollars just laying around that you can invest into that project, 
Like, what do you do? You believe that because you have the idea, you have an idea in your head for a two hundred million dollar blockbuster, that you're like entitled to have the means to create that, and that once That's you true, get it, yeah. nobody can say anything to you. Never mind just producers. But what about the actors? What if they disagree with you on your creative I am vision? The king. And I then it's like, it well, I, yeah, I'm in charge. I mean, I'm if the captain you now. If you're paying all the bills, maybe you will be the one in charge, but well, yeah, not. Okay, so like, he's highlighted the nature of the money and the creative, like, power. When they were making notes for Melanie, don't you think you had insane money and power levels over your actors? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they knew they couldn't push back too much. They want to have the job. Because that's how it works at all levels. I don't know why we're highlighting this. Unless, you're, unless, again, you're like a Martin Scorsese who's built up enough of a, a reputation that you get to basically say, I want to do whatever I want, and you're allowed to and in the same, you have the reputation. In the same vein, the rapport that he has with someone like Robert De Niro, there's probably nothing they don't understand from each other at this point in terms of like... Yep, exactly. You know, I think the character should do this. Why? This reason. Yeah, that could work. Okay. Yep. You know, like, or whatever. Him like or the... Leonardo DiCaprio, or, you know, yeah. but if it was someone new, he might not give as much of a fuck about what they have to say. Or if, for example, a Gal Gadot says, I think Wonder Woman should do this, you might just say, shut the fuck up, I'm the writer. <laughs> 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 now, I'm not saying that's what happened on Madam Web and Morbius and all these movies, but I would not be saying that because no you have no idea, because you didn't look into it at all. He did assume it earlier, though, so he is saying that. He did assume it earlier, that's correct. Prize. Because when I look at Sony's involvement with the Spider-Verse films, I see Lord and Miller Completely that have had film. massive success on the big screen in the past that have made... Have you looked into what they've said? What if they said, uh, it's a bit grueling because a lot of your choices get slapped down by the studio, but ultimately you still get to make something that people are inspired by? Like, what if they said something like that? Mm. Uh-oh. I wonder, what, I wonder what his opinion is on the uh, reported crunch on Across the Spider-Verse, good old Chris Stockman. I wonder if he has an opinion on it. Hmm. And it whether or not they uh, have any amount of responsibility for uh, anything that would have been brought up uh, relating to that. A lot of money for a lot of people and have proven themselves to be very smart at what they do. And I can totally see a company like Sony saying, why don't you guys give us your best shot and then we'll give you some notes. Now, for a filmmaker like S.J. Clarkson, who made Madam Web, she's had a long and respectable career directing television, but she's directing her first movie and it's a Sony superhero movie. When I saw Madam Web earlier today, there wasn't a single part of me that thought, wow, this is just a terrible filmmaker. I could not really? help. They're really, <laughs> really, really. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, you got to see how he finishes yeah. the sentence for that to make sense. Okay. Okay. The terrible filmmaker. I could not help but see the myriad of evidence that has been laid at all of our feet that this is a studio that is yeah. simply retaining the rights to their characters that cool. does not care about the quality of this experience they're giving us. Sure, okay. So, so nothing she could have done. Pre- present nothing she could have done. Pre- present us with this myriad of evidence that's been laid out. Also, yes, help us to see what you see, Chris. Yes. Help us. Because also, they didn't set out to make a shit movie. Nope. Sony obviously wanted this movie to make a billion dollars. They wanted obviously. it to be good. So they clearly did care about providing a good experience for the, the end's user, the audience, they just weren't able to deliver it. Whose fault is, is um, that? Is it theirs? Uh, or is it the, the creatives? Or is it both? Or is Why it would they have meddled so much if they didn't care? 
They promoted the hell out of it. Yeah, as we learned. Well, I see, I see something fading in. I see something fading in here. What is that? Uh, no context for that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk more about what he said. So this yeah. this assertion that he saw the film, and by the way, this is another bashing the film. He said, like, I'm not going to call them terrible yeah. filmmakers. You're like, wait, wait so, why would you say that in the first place? It's like, oh, because it's bad. Right, okay. Um, but he's saying, no, there's not evidence of that. There's evidence that the studio didn't care. What if he was faced with a studio member right now, a producer who said, I worked my fucking ass off for this. I care about Madam Web. I tried to make it work. The fucking director was an inept idiot. And, like, she fucked everything up. But no, I don't care, according to you, because I'm not creative, but she is, right? Because she's got a history in TV, which automatically means I should just let her do anything she wants. Which I did, by the way. Like, if he said all this to him, I wonder if Chris would be like, oh, fuck. Like, uh, well, yeah, I, uh, like not, to, not to mention her priors. You know, she did the Blood Moon prequel for Game of Thrones. They spent $30 million on that, and it, it will so never bad, see the light of the right. Yeah. Yep. Never going to see it. Oh, someone, but someone um, leak it, do it, find a way. He's trying. He's, he's like his whole oh, thing is trying to protect to directors and writers from the torrent of hate that they can often get from people who don't understand that studios ruin things by expelling a torrent of hate at all the people in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Like, how does this? How does this? How make sense? Have I didn't, I didn't I love the idea of like a studio executives watching Chris Stockman's video and being like, oh, but also in the process as well. Why is he so mean to me? Stripping the director <laughs> of any of her autonomy or capacity yep. to make any choices whatsoever. Yeah, you're saying there's nothing she could have done. Nothing that she no, she was just a, she a slave to the producer. She was well, rags. She wasn't they hire her. He said there was a myriad Remember, of evidence that that's the, the case. Yeah, this is okay. a golden tablet situation. He's not going to share this divine knowledge with the rest of us. We're just going to have to. No, he's not. Take it on. He's just. We're just going to have to take it on faith from Chris. Of all of these things, that would be a neat thing to point out, but I guess you don't want to be mean. Um, uh, two things so much really for being quick. a reviewer. Uh, worth remembering that she is also an executive producer. The other thing <gasps> is that didn't he, yes. he, just, he just got finished saying, no, I don't know that this happened. And now he's like, there's a myriad of evidence that this definitely yeah. happened. What's well, the evidence? He, he's come away with a really... He's done something really stupid. He's he's like made the apt observation that Sony is making these films so that they can retain the rights to Spider-Man, which is true. But then he's like run away with it to this weird world where it's like, oh, well, they don't, you know, if they make a piece of shit that doesn't make any money, eh, who cares? You know, they don't care. It's like, are you, you think they don't care? You think yeah. Sony doesn't care that this film is not going to make its money back and that everybody thinks it sucks? You don't think they, that they only have, a have to gain. That? They have more than anyone else to gain. They not only literally get to make more money, they have now created a character and an IP that they can use to hopefully make money into the future. Now is the time. Like, if you're Sony, if you're not Disney, and you're interested in superhero stuff, now is the time to fucking strike as hard as you can and make the best shit that you can because Disney's dominance over superhero stuff, it's basically done. Mm -hmm. Now is when you need to be cashing in all of the chips that you can on making a great movie to pry away that you know that 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 Disney clout, that Disney dominance. They're fading. The king is weak. It's time to strike. When he says he has a there's a myriad of evidence, what he is referring to is when you watch the film, it's evident that the <laughs> studios destroyed it, which is as was just mentioned incredibly condescending because if he, he had the uh, clarkson in the call with him and she said um <laughs> bro that that's my movie that it is the way that i want it to be what the hell 
I, I, I yeah, honestly I mean, imagine he would fucking no, no, crumble. No, 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 wait, 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 no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying. Look, okay, I'm just saying. I, I love, I love movies. I love movies. Okay, I, I love filmmaking. You know, it'd just be like it, it would just completely crumble. I imagine that this position isn't held with that much conviction at all. Yeah, and uh, uh, I guess on no, top of that, no, he's caught himself in a terrible position where he can't admit that. Yeah, creatives, uh, creatives, and like people who make movies and writers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they could be shit. They can be bad. It was, they can do bad jobs. It was revealed to be in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way he talks about it. Yeah. Well, so this this is all under the context of him saying uh, he's on his filmmaker's journey and he's done several videos on that, and a lot of people are defending him, saying he knows better than all of us because he's a filmmaker now. And I wonder if maybe in 10 years, kind of like we were talking about earlier, if he goes on his producer journey and then gives us the producer's point of view and then a studio journey uh -huh. where he's just got his own studio yeah. and gives us that. And he's like, you know what? I've done some growing. I've done some growing and it's just, uh, yeah, producers actually have it a lot harder than you'd realize. Because who the fuck has ever advocated for the producer for the studio? Nobody. Because it's just not a thing you do. Yeah. It, doesn't, no, it doesn't match anyone's fun narratives to say there is that producer who cares about the art and is trying to make things work but also doesn't want to go mm. bankrupt. They just catch all the flack and never get any of the credit. Yeah. Madam Web, which lands in theaters on Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, <laughs> is set in 2003. It's a time Clarkson felt she knew well and embraces with period props and a soundtrack that includes tracks from the time, including Britney Spears' Toxic, very apt for a spider bite oh, movie. God. I remember the noughties, and I remember the nineties. That was my time. So in some ways, it was pure nostalgia, a joy to go back there and a little hilarious, she explained. The young spiders were on set and saying things like, look at that phone, oh my god, we remember that. 2003 doesn't feel like that long ago, but it was 20 years ago. That's considered a period drama now. You don't realize that- By the way, the fact that all of the young actresses on the film were being amazed by the technology of the period accurate props is probably the most interesting thing about Madam Web that exists. <laughs> well, you may or may not have detected why I've put this in here, but uh, obviously I'll explain it by the time uh, I mean, get to the end. If not. Yeah. That when you're thinking the visual effects budget is going on changing cars and LED screens that are flashing, but it was a time that was fun and exciting. It is certainly how I remember it, which was my youth. There was a vibrancy and fun, and the music in Madam Web did so much of that for us as well. There also wasn't the surveillance capitalism that there is today. That was a conscious effort on our part to make sure that it was only the villain that had any of this technology and that for everyone else. It was like, well, we know you can track things, and there are cameras around, but not to the extent that it is today. You couldn't tap into it as that option didn't exist. It was quite liberating, because it meant you could tell the story without everybody getting on their smartphones. Getting Madam Web. I don't know, man. Like, the newspapers, the, the newspapers back then were pretty fucking on the ball. That's it's like, true. She, she goes on the run with these <laughs> girls, and like, within a matter of hours, there's like, front page news about it. <laughs> That people are reading about. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that's how it was back then. Newspapers yeah. were they were amazing things. We lost a, uh, we we, we lost something valuable. Sure. And right after nine eleven, she was able to just get on a plane, go to Peru, like that, in like an back. afternoon. In like an yeah. afternoon. It was weird. It was. It was. I love uh, It was. Surreal. It was kind of like what what like a whiplash moment in the movie where he's like oh oh shit is she going to, is she going to peru to the amazon right now oh oh this is happening in the movie yep. she's in she's in the amazon okay fin the fucking surveillance capitalism capitalizing on surveillance, surveillance. <laughs>
I don't I think, know. I think she just had to throw the word capitalism she in there. Just, just yeah, she that did. The, the, the fucking Soviets. Hollywood people will be like, oh, yeah, get that fucking dig in against hey, capitalism. Look, it's better than yeah. surveillance communism, okay? Yeah, yeah the, right. the communists and Soviets, they would never just, like, spy on you all the time and mm -hmm. encourage you to, you know, you know, rat on your neighbors. No, Yeah, no. they were famous for being so laid back yeah, about their freedom of society. Yeah. Yeah. It's very libertarian society, mm -hmm. the uh, communists, yeah. yeah was a race against time with the picture only being locked days before the film's theatrical release. Let me be clear, I could have worked on this for longer, but every director will say that the clock was ticking. I'm never ready, but we had exhibitors scrambling for it. It was all to do with visual effects as those were the last things to come in. It's a very grounded film. Most of the visual effects, in terms of the clairvoyance, were done in camera with me and a diopter making a lot of noise and smashing glass against glass and a flashlight. However, we did have a big finale sequence with many visual effects, and that took a bit of time to do. When it comes to the army of people that make me and everybody in the movie look good by bringing the visual effects to life, <laughs> you want to give them as much time as possible. We also had some late additional photography, which was always needed because of the strikes. We had to wait, so we were turning those things around at the last minute. The very last shot was a computer screenshot that I did in a with nine screens, so that took a long time to complete. That was the shot that I was biting my nails, waiting for to make sure that we could drop it in before midnight to deliver it. It was right up to the wire. There's been too many Man, examples of movies that all feel kind of the same. Like that... a... Well, oh, so yeah, interesting. Thoughts, it sounds thoughts. like that's a director explaining her rationale for the creative decisions that she was making in the film. No, I Sounds yeah, like we, it was we, her movie. We don't really agree that what she described had the effect she clearly hoped it and felt it did. Nope. But I mean, that's her film. That just sounds it, like a director talking about their film that was bad, but they were talking about it like that sounds like a thought process was going into some of these decisions. A thought I mean, process that seems divorced from a producer just saying, do it because we own you. Like, it sounds more like, oh, well, I made these choices because they afforded me these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Were theaters clamoring for this film, though? I, I yeah, question that one a lot. Yeah, I was. I was. I mean, uh, in February, I, <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on. Yep. Especially just, on I, Valentine's Day. Oh. Tell me about it. It's just funny that, that Stockman has assumed... That she had, that it's like, oh, well, this isn't her film. And then you just have her saying that it is. So is she lying, Chris? Is she, Do I believe is she her fibbing? or you? Is she making stuff up? Is she covering for the producers? And for the reference, Chris, first Chris article, will never have read this. He will not have bothered no. doing any of that research. That was the first article I found with her talking oh. about the movie. That <laughs> probably a lot of work, though. Yeah, it took like... 20, no, 13 seconds, I would say, maybe, to find well, it. Well, Chris, Chris doesn't have that kind of time to waste. He's a it's busy um, man. It's unbelievable to me because of how confidently he believes he knows what's going on because of his insight as a filmmaker when he's admitted he has no idea what it feels like to work under a studio, and then we's just he's just so provably wrong. He doesn't mm -hmm. respect this very strong independent female filmmaker who is now being crushed under his low yeah. expectations of how she could deal with a studio as if he has any fucking clue right he already established it but it's true she's been working in tv for ages she knows how this works yeah, she should know the landscape exactly she knows how the game's played like yeah sure it's her first feature but hasn't she directed dozens and dozens of television episodes yes yes 
It's just, it's just it's like pretty, I actually feel annoyed on behalf movie. of her, even though I thought her movie was fucking piss. That is like, yeah, let her own it. Let her be like, this is my movie. Fuck you. But no, it's like, like no, 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 no. Let all of the crazy stuff say, yeah, that was our script. <laughs> well, it's just funny, right? Because if if Chris was to point out things that are dumb as fuck, and then he's he's like, God, look at the studios mess with that. And the studio guys sitting there like, you know that meme with like the the puppet with the eyes. It's like, uh, that, that yeah, that was us. Yeah, sure. But then <laughs> the fucking director is like, what didn't you like about that decision? He's like, well, obviously that it wasn't yours. And she's like, right. Okay. A mishmashed early 2000s superhero movie. They can't seem to get out of that. No Interesting comment, because I completely disagree. I feel like it's been forever since we've been in the early 2000s mishmash of bad superhero movies. I kind of miss that era. I mean, it's been 20 years well, now. Yeah. We've had a brand new yeah, era of abysmal <laughs> films. Yeah, the reality you. is that there are, there are people listening to us right now in the audience who did not exist when those things happened. Well, and they're a different breed, man. You go watch... Uh, like what? Are, what are considered really bad superhero movies of the two thousand era? It's like Spider-Man, Daredevil, Three, Daredevil, Catwoman, Elektra. Like uh, this is an interesting thing. It's like how many people in chat? I wonder is this news to Ben Affleck played Daredevil in a movie with a pretty high budget, and he had to fight Colin <laughs> Farrell's bullseye. <laughs> Do you, do you know about this? <laughs> That's it, was that time. it was a wild time. Oh, hey, hey. And it's got a director's cut that makes the movie actually a little better. Well, that's kind of what my point is. And I'd watch that, that movie. I remember that film being way show. more entertaining than the slob we get these yes. days. Yeah, that so, very going bad. meow is way more entertaining. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. It is. It's funny. And then, and then if you were to actually get a little bit more serious. There were, some of these films are better than these new Marvel films that are coming out in terms of the integrity of their scripts. Like, genuinely, some of these films are better than, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I freaking love the Ghost Rider movies. Unapologetically. Yeah, probably better than, uh, than Quantumania. It's probably better than Multiverse of Madness yep. in terms of its script for, its, yeah, and, for as bad as it is. This is what I mean, I mean about his lack of insight. Was... He's arguing to us that we're still in that era. It's like, no, we're not. Well, we're, you not. Have some we're in a worse era. The reason why I'm saying that is because that's an observation people have been making about Madam Web. Um, and for some reason, he's broadly applied <laughs> it to all the films when I don't know that anybody was saying this about Venom. That Venom yeah. feels like no one. Yeah. But people were saying that about Madam Web, at least I was, in a more positive sense. I was saying, oh, like, oh, yeah. refreshing. It's a, a fun, bad movie. In a negative sense. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of people saying it in a negative sense. Because these are people who still think that the new Marvel films coming out now, for as bad as they were, aren't as bad as like X Men: The Last Stand or uh, or uh. Daredevil or Catwoman. When just let's be real, again, X Men Three. If you were to look at this, the writing for as bad as it is, it's probably better than Quantumania. It's oh yeah, probably say, yeah. I just oh just, yes, yeah. I just accept that it was. I mean, like mov movies is a process. The way that they're made, the styles that develop over time, it takes decades for these things to. Night uh, when we landed on the moon in 1969, allegedly, it was Apollo 11. 11. Apollo 11. Right. It took a lot of tries. A lot of different things had to get done. Gemini and Mercury and all this stuff for us to land mm -hmm. on the moon and actually get there. So if you want to compare that to like the heart or the, the, the peak of Disney or uh, of superhero cinema, which is like the MCU at its peak, a lot of stuff had to crawl out of the mud and evolve and die and try 
to get to what most people sort of identify with now as the as the apex superhero movie. So to be able to look at Madame Web and be like, oh, this feels like something that's out of time. This feels like something that's just just different. It it's legitimately a neat feeling to have. And oddly enough, something I kind of wish that we'd go back to in a way. More experimental for sure. Because uh, what's funny is like that one line from Magneto where he says uh, Charles Xavier did more for mutants than you'll ever know. My only regret is that he had to die for our dream to live. That's better than anything in Quantumania. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just Pretty the smart look ants. that he gives him uh, right before he dies. And 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 then you, it's 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 funny. It feels like back then, for his, for all of the problems that they had, they still had some general understanding of, oh yeah, the character should probably go on an arc, or there should be yeah. dramatic moments of consequence. Even the most, even these most basic sort of building blocks of storytelling that are gone now. No matter how many times we've said to this studio. We would prefer it if you went a different way. Well, that's not true. Even Venom made $800 million, so you told them more Venom. Uh, that's what they were told. <laughs> the I'm still baffled then, by that, if I'm honest. I'm not Jesus, baffled. How did that make it's, $800 it's, million? I know. It's Venom. It's Venom. People like Venom. That's it. It's, it's that true. You know, you know, like, uh, the principal photography for Venom was just over a month. So they, no, did, they did the principal. Yes, wait, they really? did the principal in Jesus. San Francisco. Um, and, uh, they shot it right near my wife's salon at the time, uh, when they did that big jump, you know, that jump is right near her, uh, old salon. Yeah. The oh, principal photography was just over a month. They oh, turned that thing around so effing fast, man. It was crazy. I, I think uh, it's, it's genuinely one of the most forgettable movies I think I've yes. ever seen. Uh, same with like Venom 2 as well. Like they, they just, I would struggle to tell you a single thing that happened in either of those films. That's kind of funny. I, I actually remember Venom alright. I, I kind of like that movie. It's not good at all, but I, like, I kind of like it. I remember Stupid Sexy Venom, the girl Venom. I remember... She Venom. Yeah. Um, but that is Venom. Venom I don't remember much else. <laughs> That's about it. Look at that so. time. I, I, I remember Venom telling Eddie that he was a loser. <laughs> just calling yes. him a loser to his face. And it's one of I Tom Hardy's like worst performances of his career. Like, bar none. Like... He's a great yeah. actor. He's terrible in that movie. I like him. <laughs> I like him in it. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it's the accent. It's just so shit. It's so shit. He's we allow all opinions. <laughs> yes. And with the excellent examples of their two Spider-Verse films. And I can't help but think, who is this for? Who wins here? Uh, the director. She won. He's very happy with it. And also, film. remember, Chris doesn't know, right. as far as we know, Chris doesn't know if those two Spider-Verse films had incredible studio interference. No. And Lord Miller didn't actually have a lot of what they originally wanted to be in the movie. He doesn't know that. Or at least I've been given no reason to think that. Well, alternatively, he doesn't seem to know anything hey, Sony gets no props for letting them have a lot of freedom. That doesn't, like, go on the scorecard for good no. decisions that they've made. Yeah. It's All just neutral. Yeah. They just can't get a break. They get all the flack and none of the praise, regardless. And um, as for who won, like, I do take some level of gratitude that we had this in the sense that I absolutely love seeing someone genuinely try to do something and do it so horribly wrong. Like, it's it's just the room would be the go-to example where you're just like, look at that. Yeah. Isn't that fucking yeah, hilarious? Neil Breen. And is, so much... Uh, Neil Breen. Yeah. So much entertainment yeah. comes from it. The reason we all know it. that name. 
Yeah, and and so like be like, who won? It's like, well, we got to have some fun. She got to make the movie she wanted to make. Uh, the studio lost, obviously. You know, they're the biggest yeah. losers in all of this. <laughs> True. They should have had better instincts. Kinda, yeah. Like, if only the studio had involved themselves further, or gotten the right people to make this movie, or cancelled mm, it before it ever we... fucking got going. Who should we hire to write our movie? Is it the, the audience writers? They did a get the guy gods of Egypt. Guy. Yes. Yeah. It seems like it isn't, guys. Is it the creatives? Definitely not. Definitely not. Now, creatives involves directors, writers, and actors. Actors are creatives, too. Is that, si is that Sydney Sweeney? I will not blame wearing... her tits. Reporter she... asks Sydney Sweeney what's the most exciting thing about joining the hashtag MCU with Madam Webb that I can't talk about it. It's so hard because I talk so much. It was amazing. It was incredible. I'm so excited. I'm just really honored to be a part of this. Well, shut up, you lost. Chris Tuckman told I, I me. I love it. Gary, wasn't it you that told me that, uh, like, her and, uh, and Dakota were, like, <laughs> fucking tagging, like, Marvel and we're stuff? The MCU, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I hope that as well, but yeah, that they were tagging... Made the movie. They, they were, like, hashtagging, like, MCU and stuff uh, when they no, were no, they, talking about I, this. Yeah, so on their Instagram, they tagged Marvel Studios because they yeah, thought this they was thought a this Marvel was Studios <laughs> production. <laughs> well, I mean, well, look at the picture. Even the Marvel Studios yeah. is in the tweet. Well, yeah. the the thing I'm obviously looking to highlight here is that he's, he's just going to have to call her a liar. And I don't even mean that in a... We've done that before. We say, like, they're lying for the sake of whatever. But just, like, I just want to hear Chris say it. Tell me that Sydney Sweeney's lying. She did not enjoy her time with it. She did not have an incredible, exciting time or anything. It wasn't amazing. Bullshit. I love that. Not he, incredible. She was not excited. And she was not really honored to be a part of this. He definitely knows that it was not the creative's fault at all. At nowhere in the process of the, making this movie did a creative ever make a bad decision. No. Ever. No. He knows Adam that. Webster, Sydney Sweeney is Inconceivable. Catwoman, Halle Berry's Catwoman. I, uh, we got some extra uh, director quotes now. People look at your filmography. Oh, the, the, the black is the interviewer and then she's the... Well, bold is interviewer, she's the not. They might yeah. think that it's a big leap to go straight from television to a big budget film like this, but you did direct a massive pilot, Game of Thrones prequel, Blood Moon, a few years ago. Even though it didn't work out, are you glad that you shot something on a large scale before jumping into Madam Web? Every experience I've had to date has led me to this moment. I've done <gasps> over a hundred <laughs> episodes of television. Seriously, Chris, like, just read up what she has to say. Like, seriously. Like, this is public knowledge. It's in for the, the, the point of these interviews is to be read by people. Yeah. That's why they're there. And My I've previous helped. massive failure led to this massive failure. I'm so proud of <laughs> it's it. It's all, all leads in, you know? Well, out of, out of curiosity, why did the Blood Moon prequel not work out? Was it... Studio decided not... it was not worthwhile, like it wouldn't make it, you know? Just as... Okay. As, the kind of thing I that probably happens a hell of a lot more than we'd ever realized, but that it was crazy, because it was... It, how much did it cost, Gary? Is it 30 million? 30 million dollars. Insane. I guess you gotta measure a lot. Well, imagine yeah, thinking like, you spend a 30... Really bad. And then you're like, we ain't wasting more than 30, okay, we're cutting it off there. <laughs> like, you guys have fucked up too much already. ...as well, doing all four, five, and six parts, which in themselves feel like you're making two or three massive features. That's as many as six hours of filmmaking that I was helming, 
and I would say that everything I've done has led to this moment, really. It has all given me the foundation from which to leap. So how complicated was it to shoot all these different variations of scenes in order to account for Cassie's visions and then the reality that actually plays out? Yeah, it was a challenge. I was like, we're going to have to shoot these scenes three times, right? We're going to need three times the amount of time, to which I got a no. Laugh. So I had to be quite meticulous in the planning. Most of the clairvoyance was done in camera, in terms of me creating that effect with the diopter. It was often shooting with Dakota and explaining what was happening. She, at times, wasn't seeing what was happening in the direction, so we'd have to do that separately, especially when there was stunt. So it was quite challenging. I've never had call sheets and sides with more notes on them in my entire career. I want to thank you for not including a mid-credit scene. In general, I've grown so weary of post-credit scenes that often lead to nowhere, at least in recent memory. Was it important to you to just tell a satisfying close-ended story on its own term? Yeah, it was about telling a great story. My father always used to say, if you have to say something, stand up, speak up, and then shut up. So when I got to the end credits, I felt that we'd said everything we needed to say in the film. It's up to whatever is next to take on the baton. It was about telling a great story, and uh, we'd said everything yeah. we needed to say. Yep. But Chris, if she only failed. She, knew. she lost. She if lying? only she knew. If only she knew that she was actually a slave, that she had no input. She had no... She was in lying. Does oh, How did the producers pull the wool lying? over her eyes? Does he believe that she is a liar? He must do. Because this all sounds like she not only loved making it, but that she had loads of control. And she yep. described in detail that... She did everything she wanted to do, and she wanted to tell a great story, and by gum, she got to say what she wanted to say. It sounds like, like the only like... interference she really had from the studio was that she wanted a longer shooting schedule, and they say, now nah, you only yeah. have this much time. Not yeah, what, what you uh... have to shoot, what you have to write. Uh, according yeah, I've to, already noticed in that. According to somebody, Drinker and I know, when it comes to making a movie at Sony, the only time the studio will really interfere, it's not creatively at all. It's just budget. Yep. just budget that's it so you maybe can try the thing here more in the story maybe maybe but the, the maybe. approach is Don't say you're, that. you're free to do creatively what you want but it better be within this amount of money that's all oh and, and money is for the notion that if he did say she was actually lying like he had the bulls to actually say that which i don't think he ever would I would be like no. don't you think it's a bit of a strange lie like the amount of detail she's putting into these lies like all this stuff mm. about everything Ultimately she did. Ultimately, for what to, to Whoa, ingratiate cause... herself to Sony again, or to say that she's willing to fall on the proverbial sword for a failure of a movie? Like what? What? What's the goal here? Instead of coming out and saying, "Yeah, I had all of these ideas, and all they were all cut down by Sony. I wasn't given what I was needed. They wouldn't work with me, and that's why Madam Web failed. It's not my movie. I don't take credit for it. Uh, it was all on them to do this, and I, I was stifled." And yeah, he could have found all this out she himself. She could have said that. Because I she feel like this, uh, this would change his whole perspective if he read all this. If he... What was it? 12 seconds? 13 seconds. 13, yeah. I was going to say, don't don't under-exaggerate by saying 12, Gary. Jesus. I'm sorry. 13-second Google search. Yeah, which you know, takes a lot. That's, that's like that's like 1-16th of a Hill House review. So. I think you might have uh, invented a new word as well, more. Don't under-exaggerate. Don't under-exaggerate. <laughs> Double plus good. <laughs> I could not help but see the myriad of evidence that has been laid at all of our feet that this is a studio that is simply retaining the rights to their characters that does not care 
about uh, the quality. Only... Yeah, they had they had plans to launch an entire like franchise out of this. This was they were setting up three dinner. superheroes with this movie. But three, they were though, setting up a trio. This, this was, like big plans. Everyone's claiming that we're doing here. He's a big grown-up boy for not being mean to the film because ultimately people are trying hard to work on them. He had no idea that she worked hard on it. He thinks that she barely got to work on it at all and the studio ruined it. Even though the evidence is as clear as fucking day that you can find it. And the fact is, you could make the video on Madam Web saying, look at the diopter that they used to create the special effects with the clairvoyance. This is all done in camera. This is really fucking cool. You could have said that. But oh well. All you're gonna say is that oh she hadn't- well. there was evidence there was no way that it was her film. No way! This definitely has the, well, God told me kind of, you know, vibe to it, where it's just this, just, I'm asserting that this is the case with this movie. No, I've not well, signed right, on he's a filmmaker. Then look for the interviews. Are That's true, he's a filmmaker. I don't think so. Filmmaker. I, I, you know what? I have not made any shitty films, Mahler. It's true. I have not made a single terrible film. Let me guess. You're an article reader. You read articles and then you think you have insight. Fucking idiot. You know, on, a, on occasion, I've been known to peruse interviews and articles to... To, that tells to you nothing. What's going on. What tells you stuff is making a short film and then just assuming everything. By the way, this is the man who's celebrated for his insight. I hate it. <laughs> like, what the hell? It's not fair. Yeah, he doesn't this research is... shit. Yeah, this is, it isn't fair. This is actually not fair. There is no God. ...of this experience they're giving us. And I can't help but think, who is this for? Who wins here? Is it the creatives? That was a weird... Definitely story. not. I love that he says definitely not when she would have described this. You, you saw how she described it. I don't even fucking repeat those clips. Well, yeah. Wait, so are we, did we, like, are you repeating certain clips of his? Yeah, or some of his. Is, like, okay, I understand. Yeah. I, is it she's, the, the director seemed more eager to talk about the movie than both of the writers were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I just had nothing to say compared to her. <laughs> I just thought that you seem to think you have insight. You all act like your knowledge is somehow superior. It is. He's got none. It We've is. got some. Yes. We are better than Chris Stuckman. Um, in better than in this it. case, on the it. topic of how much control did the director have of the movie, I have more insight than he does because I read a quote from her. That's more than he's done. Ah, uh, there you go. You have more of a myriad of evidence <laughs> than he <laughs> And does. I also saw the movie. Whoa. Oh. Um, uh, oh, well, uh, the, so did it, I. Well, the thing is, he's he said that's where he's got most of his myriad of evidence from. I still love him to contextualize that. Yeah, are you, suggest are you suggesting that he didn't see the movie? <gasps> I yeah. I think he, I think he did. did. No, he definitely okay. did. It's just okay. that he has nothing to say about it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. one of his reviews, okay? Hey I mean, making a lot of money because they keep doing this over and over again. Sometimes it makes sense to make a Venom movie. It makes sense to make a Spider-Man movie. Those are characters that are going to generate money no matter what. Morbius and Madam Web, Craven the Hunter remains to be seen. That is not the same level of reward that a studio this might is receive. So Guardians this is so of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was literally... The year that Guardians of the Galaxy came out is the year that The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. Guardians made more money than The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Made about $100 million more money. And it's a so, damn good movie. This is mm -hmm. just a stupid point. If you make a film that's really, really, really good, even if it's based on obscure characters, you can end up making more money than the shit film based on the much more popular character. Absolutely. This is just, like, not true. I mean, no, yeah, not, not even case, to say that... Not to say that he was a fictional character, but, like, Oppenheimer. We have a recent a biopic movie that's like 17 hours long, and it's really good about a guy that people just never really think about in common parlance. 
That's basically dredging up a superhero no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. And then make a billion dollars. Like, I, I understand where the thinking comes from, but if it was a really, really, really good movie, Madam Web, it probably would be making more money than it is right now. I probably. would guess that it would be made. Not to say that because a film is good that it necessarily will make money. Good films have failed, bad films have succeeded. But it, it can't hurt to make a good film, you know? Surely it can't hurt. Or that it looked good, at least, you know? Well, yeah, how, did the, how did the creative decision come about for a studio to say, you know what, we need to make a sequel to that Puss in Boots movie um, mm. that was really that mid no and no one thought. ever talks about or really probably even really remembers, but we're, we're going to make a sequel to that. How do we make it stick and have cultural impact and get, you know, make a lot of money? And how, how can we do this? from producing a Spider-Man or a Venom movie. So why are they making them? Is it to retain the rights? Is it to get some kind of financial break? Potentially. And in that case, they probably don't care that much about each and every one of us. You just made an assumption on an assumption on an assumption. You have no idea. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, they probably don't care. Why? Because they're probably doing this just to retain rights. Why? It's like because mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't do it with Madden Web like a Spider Man because she doesn't have as much pull. That's great, man. Well, she does have a lot of pull. Her web connects all. That's right. That's true. <laughs> connects the whole world. Who forks over our hard earned money to sit in a theater on Valentine's Day when they could have been doing anything else? He's I so mad. Stop taking her agency away. The director. Made her movie. It's very misogynist right? of him to. Yes, it is. You should be stopped. Chris misogynist. <laughs> Cancel Chris. <laughs> Let the misogyny. woman film the pee scene if they want to, Chris. You're stifling creativity. Give me the pit. Get it doing. So face. much about the filmmaker experience. Wait a minute. Wait, sorry. Wait, rewind that. Rewind what, wait, that. What? what was that? Cares. <laughs> what? Oh, it'll make sense. Is it to retain the rights? Is it to get some kind of financial break? Potentially. And in that case, they probably don't care that much about each and every one of us who forks over our hard-earned money to sit in a theater on Valentine's Day when they could have been doing anything else. I care so much about the filmmaker experience. Any man who must say I <laughs> am the filmmaker is no true. Filmmaker. <laughs> I, <laughs> no. I like it. I like it. The reason that this is here specifically is because I'm fucking annoyed at this point that he's said so. Like, I care so much about the film experience, the filmmaker experience. He hasn't looked into what she said about her own film at all. He's made so many claims about her position in the film. Doesn't care about her. He's a liar. He's a phony. And no. yet, he will say this line over and over and over again. I care about films. I care so much about filmmaking. I care. He just keeps saying it over and it's over like and over again. It's like he's insecure about it. Be, he has to constantly should, remind us. It should be apparent in the way that you talk about these things that you care. You don't need yeah. to keep telling everybody that you care. I believe Jeremy Johns cares a shit ton about it. And I've never heard him say, boy, I sure do love movies. <laughs> It's, yeah. Again, it's like Tywin said. <laughs> it's like yeah. you said. Anything else? I care so much about the filmmaker experience. Any man who must say I am the filmmaker is no true filmmaker. I care <laughs> so much about the filmmaker experience, and I am so aware of how crushingly difficult it can be uh -huh. to make a film. Yeah, it was about telling a great story. <laughs> I felt that we'd said everything we needed to say in the film. I care 
so much about the filmmaker experience. Hey, you know who lives in this house? A great big phony! That's right. A phony lives here! A big fat phony! But I also care a lot about I'm real, I'm real happy with that one. Classic, yeah. classic family guy. I'm real happy yeah. with that one. <laughs> That's taking it back before the show was not just... I want to know, this This is a very scuffed set of editing that I did over two days, and the, I wasn't a call with Friggy where he was like, you know... <laughs> some, some the funny one. You put should put in the, put in the funny. <laughs> Audience, and I want people like myself who go to these movies to have a good time and to feel like they invested some of their. Dude, I had a good time watching Madam Web. I said this. I, I yeah. did. It was funny as fuck. Yes, absolutely worth the price of admission. Oh God, yes. <laughs> something that gave something back to them, that inspired them in some way, or or made them just happy. What were the people that were inspired by Madam Web? There's probably like one guy out there. Who's like, oh yeah, that, no, like for some that guy, like Madam Web, will be the defining film of his life. Mm -hmm. And hey, what about I'm the very negative happy inspiration? Him. What about where someone says, "Fucking hell, that was so bad, I could do better," and then they do it. You know what this feels like, though. I feel like he's trying to work himself into a rage about this. <laughs> like it, it's like he's yeah. trying to get himself psyched up to have a really passionate rant. But I'm not quite feeling it. And he also I he just hurt doesn't want myself to feel. He doesn't have the information <laughs> to be as pointed as he wants to be because well, he, there's so it, many assumptions. Well, it reminded me of that that review of the year video that you showed me of his, where it was like, "Wow, what a crazy year it's been, everyone." <laughs> and it's just like I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> a crazy I don't really feel the craziness coming from you, Chris. Like, yeah. oh god, you know, gee whiz, guys. Do you remember when uh, in Whiplash where he's like Fletcher is getting more and more on board in the finale with uh, like because yeah. he's trying to sabotage him and then he's sort of getting into it. Do you remember that part where he he has his hand and he like lifts it up and he looks so fucking into it, like the passion of like, yeah, let's get this yeah, fucking yeah. drumming going. That is something Chris Tuckman I don't think has ever experienced. That sense of passion, that like mm, yeah, let's fucking talk about this. Like eh, maybe, yeah. maybe before I, this. Because I think people would have less of an issue with him if, okay, if your premise is I'm not going to criticize movies that I hate, I'm just going to praise the films that I really enjoy. I mean, okay, fine, it's your choice. But like, okay, do that in a way that actually shows us why you're passionate about these films. If there's films that really moved you and you think are fantastic, really dig down into why they work. And, and show us, right? And the story, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Right. Show us how much you care and, and why, why you like them. You claim to be like such a, a fan of the art of cinema. Demonstrate that, because if all you're producing is like five minute videos of you in front of a webcam, just reeling off production information, and then given the most milk toast surface level analysis of the film, what are you demonstrating there? You don't seem like a person who's passionate about filmmaking. Yeah. He does think this is it's just the low. Well, look at the effort that goes into the videos. This is more effort goes yes. into him getting in his car and driving to the theater and back than goes into making the video because he just sits well, I there. It was in that his quote, blue Ray. He, he, what was it? He said it was something along the lines of, you know, our task as critics isn't as hard. We just have to, you know, turn on the camera for like 30 minutes or, you know, like it only takes uh, us 30 minutes. It's like, it yeah, only takes very revealing about your process. It takes yeah. you 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Gives me 30 minutes to just get started. Well, the, the funny thing is nobody knows if he meant 30 minutes spent recording or 30, or 30 minutes. minutes spent on the entire thing, as in 
10 minutes recording, 10 minutes editing, 10 minutes uploading. It's I mean, like, I'd, at damn, this point, dude. I'd guess that he doesn't even, he doesn't edit his videos. That'd be my guess at this point. You can see cuts. Oh, but you mean like edits as in someone else? I mean, that someone yeah. else does it, yeah. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe that's maybe. not the case. Maybe he still does it, but... Who knows? A couple hours. And Sony and their treatment of these characters seems to be doing the exact opposite. Currently in the industry, it's the Wild West when it comes to spec scripts especially. From what I understand, a lot of spec scripts are not even being read, very rarely in fact, unless you're a very specific kind of movie or a studio is looking for something so particular that you just so happen to be that perfect thing. From what I understand, lower budget horror is still being looked at, especially haunted house things or things that are very marketable, but in you know That's what, the you, opposite of Wild West. You, yeah, you know what things are being looked at? <laughs> things that are very marketable. Mm. Oh, right. That's, a, damn, that's a new phenomenon right blowing. there. Oh, boy. I just, I just want to make sure everyone understands the, the incredible insight of this man who's been inside the industry. The, what stuff they're interested in is in stuff that's marketable. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it like, was more of... Yeah, he just said, it's the Wild West, but nobody's reading spec scripts. What? Haunted houses. Uh, they're in. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure the Wild West metaphor really works. No. Yeah, that, that, I'm a little confused on that one. Because uh, there was a time, like in Artist Alley at Comic-Con around 2011, 2012, where Hollywood producers were optioning just comic books and throwing out, you know, five or $10,000, which is a lot to a you know, up-and-coming artist, and, and buying properties left and right. <clears throat> that was the Wild West. That was the one. Yeah, it's slowing yeah, down like a scramble for, for mm -hmm. stuff because yeah. everyone's just excited and they're taking every opportunity that comes their way. Like that uh, South Park joke where it's like, hello, the, the, Netflix yeah, the, greenlit. Yeah, what he's describing feels more like a, a depression or a slowdown where everyone's yeah. waiting to see yeah, what the like next thing is. Yeah, like the gold rush is over. It's mm -hmm. over. All of the it's, pioneers oh, it's are long going over. Back. They're yeah. going back to the cities. They're leaving the frontier because they were looking for gold and now they've, they're leaving. In general, the industry has no idea what it's doing right now post-strikes. They have no clue. Movies are selling for almost $20 million at festivals from first-time filmmakers. And other movies that seem like they should be selling really big because of the names that are attached aren't. Nobody knows exactly what's happening right now because every... I could tell that nobody knows exactly what's happening, Chris. I feel mm. like we've gotten a lot of that from you today. But that's... Mm -hmm. You know what? There are things you can still find out pretty easily. Just saying. You want to Yep beholden to this algorithm or whatever netflix is telling them oh people okay want to see. Stop, stop, this is stop, what stop, stop uh people do know what's going on it's called contraction uh old hollywood is dying there's talks of warner brothers possibly being sold off again it's merged what a couple three times in the last four years paramount's going under so those are two of the oldest studios yeah, in hollywood yeah, yeah, and they're and they're all gonna fall apart and, and Silicon Valley runs Hollywood now. Yes, that algorithm, that Netflix algorithm rules you now. That that is your boss, that is your daddy. And uh that people saw this coming a long time ago and they just couldn't fight it. So they have less money. You have a lot less money. You had an opportunity over the last three years when there was some creative freedom when people were just throwing shit at the wall. And uh, you know what the, the writers did? They sucked. Everything sucked. It's been the worst era of Hollywood ever. Worse than the 50s, worse than arguably the early 80s. I like the early 80s, but uh, Quentin Tarantino might argue with me on that.
Uh, it's been the worst era of Hollywood ever. Plus, they have competition now. They have real competition, which is you and I, uh, and and themselves. A lot of people can now just have this endless library to go back and watch good shit. Yeah. So they're kind of fucking done. And, and you know, this is an feels... old model that needs to change and didn't. The amount of uh, sort of like you know old legend directors and industry people that are commenting on how bad things are right now too. Yeah. The, I mean, it'll, yeah. It, it'll change and it'll be around, but there's going to be just new, yeah. <laughs> new new bosses. That's all, and and fewer studios, fewer studios, and and keep in mind that the the three entities that'll probably rule Hollywood, two of them don't even care. They're vanity projects. Amazon's a mail-in service. Apple makes phones. And if they get tired of that, they're out. Is so beholden to this algorithm or whatever Netflix is telling them people want to see. This is creating an almost robotic-like dystopian conveyor belt of movies that we are essentially supposed to kneel at the very end of, open our mouth really wide, and just consume. Where have you been? I mean, where have yeah, you been? Yeah, uh, this is fascinating. Uh... uh... You know, guys, I just realized there's been a lot of bad movies lately, and the studios just kind of expect <laughs> us to accept it. I've just noticed this. But I won't make fun of Madam Webb. <laughs> I want to celebrate. Uh, it's ironic because guys like him are partially responsible for this conveyor yep. belt of absolute garbage because yep. they sit there and blandly praise it. Like, yep. you, sir, are one of the biggest and most, well, maybe not the most influential, but one of the biggest movie critics on YouTube, and you praise movies that are garbage and you refuse to criticize them and you contribute to their success and you contribute to that conveyor belt that you claim to hate so much and how does the conveyor belt get uh stopped if you're never going to criticize films which even in the case of madam webb a film which you obviously believe is part of this conveyor belt but you won't dare say anything about why it's bad well you see that'll make things worse hmm not sure how that works. Nope. And then ask, when do we get the next conveyor belt thing that you have generated for us from your algorithm robotic AI thing? Whatever that is. Because that was really funny. Because when why I watch Matt... Watch the really, why not just watch the really good stuff and then praise that? And then if something's bad in the first episode or so, or you hear bad things, you don't have to watch the bad stuff. There's still good stuff being made by creatives. I mean, we watched, what, Silo recently, the first season of that. That's really neat. I'm excited to see the second season. We got yeah. stuff like House of the Dragon coming out. There's yeah. all sorts of things out there that are okay. full of, you know, creative, you know, decisions that are interesting and cool. And if you just want to focus on the bad, yes, yeah, I, I guess if you want to focus on the bad, you can. But there's more good stuff that I could ever possibly watch, even today. And Chris, you could be helping that if you tried a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you celebrated harder. There wasn't a single part of me that thought, and, uh, yeah, and also like by not by uh, by making decisions to say I am not going to criticize Madam Web. You're not doing your part to steer people away from the bad content and towards the good stuff on the conveyor belts. So like you literally are part of the problem, and this video is part of the ex uh, the reason why. Your algorithm, robotic AI thing whatever that is. Because when I watched Madam Web, there wasn't a single part of me that thought a writer sat down and came up with the idea of the final fight happening underneath a giant neon Pepsi Cola sign. I just don't- That's not why it's bad, just to yeah. be clear. Yeah, that it could have been really good. That isn't the reason why it's bad. 
It could have been well, cool. It could have been. Before we make the point anyway, he's about to uh, undermine his own point. I don't think a writer uh, oh. sat in their apartment in L.A. and thought, that's a good idea. I'm pretty Sony. sure Sony said, we have to incorporate Pepsi in some way and deal with it. And that's it? That's the only limitation they had? That not is that they had to incorporate <laughs> Pepsi in some doesn't that's that like completely undermine ideas. The, at this point the fault lies with the writer if they said incorporate pepsi <laughs> and that's what you came up with that was your fault oh yeah <laughs> i make the bad guy drink pepsi and he has diabetes and explodes <laughs> yes do it yes inject it into his veins madam webb do it make him explode it's just that, had he not said the second bit, we would have said, like, well, I mean, if the studio had said something, like, involve Pepsi, you didn't have to crush the bad guy with the Pepsi sign. That's... And why the P? Well, I did say that a lot of creatives are interested oh, in getting so their P. Oh, you can see his head through the little loop. Oh. I guess you could do that. No, oh, you know what? I thought That's it was why. just P for Peter Parker. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I thought but... it was P for I... Piss. <laughs> That, no, that's it. No, so you can see his head through the, the little hole is probably it, dude. Oh my god, really I didn't is. think about that. Oh no. So the little loop of <laughs> see, so that was a creative decision to have the pee fall on him oh. so that you could see his little head in the he loop. Of he'd have killed by the pee pee. Oh dude, could you it's imagine if he said that in the he's... script? If it said the pee falls on him in the script, but that you can see his head through the little hole in the pee. <laughs> so the little pee hole. <laughs> it's a strange thing for him to fix to fixate on, like because the product placement is like the least of this movie's concerns. At mm -hmm. this point, I don't like if it happens every once in a while. Like, yeah, sometimes people will drink things, and sometimes would... the logos of those drinks will face me. That just happens when it's conspicuous. Is like, eh. I think it, more conspicuous would have been funnier at this point with how bad the movie is. Like, if she had said, "I know, we can't defeat him, but by God, we can have the great taste of Pepsi," like along the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Damn choice too. of a new generation. Yeah, you, well, because Madame Webb's blind as well, she can take the Pepsi challenge at the end. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Madame Webb, and even I can see why kids prefer the taste of cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you guys remember the Skittles from Shazam 2? Oh, oh God, God, yes. With the unicorns. Oh, yeah. no. Oof. I do well, remember, remember, the, remember the Pringles from Ghostbusters 2016. Yep. She literally <laughs> says, taste the rainbow. She literally she says, says that, yes. Skittles she says, taste are, the rainbow. The power of Skittles is incredibly plot relevant in Shazam 2. It saves the day. <laughs> it saves the world. Yeah. Dude. There was so much shit last year. That would have been memorable, oh right? God. That kind of bad would be memorable, and it gets lost in, in yep. last year. God. Oh, man. That's one, that's one for the record books. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's like for a lot of these creatives. I just heard a story today about someone who's working with a massive entity studio. I won't say what it is who has hired that okay. person mm -hmm. to write a story based off of a very interesting hook. He wrote the whole script came back to them and they said, you know what? We don't really like that hook anymore, but we still like your story. Can you make it work without the hook? And this poor writer is trying to- This poor writer, he could say no. Poor he writer. He'd be like, nope. He could say no, yeah. or he could say, you know what? That's an interesting challenge. You know, I'll see what I can do. That writer has a studio on the hook who wants to, you know, turn his idea into a movie. That's a lot more than most writers get. Yep. Yeah, and poor, a poor writer who was chained to a table being paid two shekels <laughs> a day. 
Well, like, what if you said, uh, so my movie is a buddy cop, but with an alien and a demon, and the the alien crashes lands on, like, a world filled with demons, and the, the, they're going to be going on a buddy cop adventure. You write the full script, it's really funny, really engaging, full of great action, and then they go, can we, can we drop the, the alien and the demon thing? Can you, is there a way you can make this work with, like, because the budget for this is going to fucking skyrocket if we go to do the CG and the makeup and the world changes and stuff. And then just go, fuck you, you've ruined my whole thing. It's yeah, like, just make it, a, make it a social commentary about, like, maybe upper-class white people and the way that the police engage with minorities in the inner city and da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> you know? It's about bright? Really <laughs> no! <laughs> well, in any no, case, I'm my not. point is, if their request <laughs> destroys your whole movie, then, yeah, okay, back it out then, I guess. Or, yeah. can you actually maintain the spirit and the heart of the whole thing you were making by altering the thing they want you to alter? You don't have to make it so the villain was crushed by the Pepsi sign. You don't have to do that. The writers are wondering why their office, why their cubicle is underneath a big Pepsi sign. <laughs> why, why, why is my office here? It's very distracting. You're like, don't, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. The pee's looking a little loose up there. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't also, be I believe that in competent hands, the villain getting crushed by a Pepsi sign could actually be good. Mm -hmm. you could yeah, that. he could be yes. the greedy, uh, the greedy CEO of Pepsi Cola, well, who is ultimately uh, crushed by his greed. The implementation, no, no, finds no. any idea. So, like, you can have the worst idea ever, but you can implement it with incredible skill and still turn it into something fantastic. It just comes down to the skill of the writer. A lot of people have talked about, like, if they, you know, the they've written a better movie if they made this like Final Destination, where she can see a bunch of deaths. She can't do much about it, and you can make it about free will and put some fun, you know, make it rated R and a bunch of crazy murders and tie it in. Make it a capitalism is bad analogy that Hollywood loves to do with Pepsi falling on. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> but also drink Pepsi. Um, and also drink Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a million different ways you could have probably made it good, like like a fun horror movie, but they just made it a porno movie without all the porn. Maybe the villain could be Doctor Pepper. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Coke. Whoa. Coke would have been the villain. Make for Dr. Sure. Pepper German. I have to take over the world, Mr. Pepper. To <laughs> figure out how in the world they got hired to write a story based off of an idea and are now told to write the exact same story, but without the idea. Um, that's, I well, write whatever this... story you want, just know it's going to pay you for oh, it. They want it's... they want something specific, so it... either do it or don't. With how you described it, there's so many reasonable ways it could have happened. If your hook was actually, I... like, kind of sounded interesting, but your story was way better than the hook? I, I could I mean? say, yeah, as someone who's written novels and screenplays, yeah, ideas go through all kinds of evolutions over time. Stories change, things get added, things get taken away. This is just the nature of the business. This is yep. how it works. You know what's funny? If someone said, here's my hook, alien crash lands into like a big old jungle yeah, where okay. an operation is happening with a bunch of like army dudes who are going to be uh, saving a <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then someone says like, that does sound interesting. And then you see the completed film and you're like, maybe we should lose the spaceship landing part, even though that was kind of the hook. I, I, I feel like now, because I'm of course describing Predator, a lot of people seem to agree, and I do, that we don't need that part of the beginning. Even though it's yeah, obviously there to make people that, go, ooh. Yeah. I mean, I would say that in The Thing, the one thing that I would change about the movie is to not have the opening scene be an alien ship going to Earth. Agreed. Even the, And like I said, you could it. describe both of those scenes as hooks to keep people like, oh man, I remember that alien scene, so when's that going to happen? That's going to come up at some point, right? Even though this movie's been much more normal for the next half an hour. 
Point being, there are many reasonable ways this could happen. He's described it as, like, insane. He's like, wow, how could this possibly have happened? So like, I don't know. All kinds Except of the fact that the writers said that they had this idea before Madam Web. So, so much for your hook. And that's exactly the type of situation that so many writers find themselves in. And I would not be surprised if a lot of these Sony Spider-Man universe movies have had very similar conversations bouncing around their meetings. You mean just different people who are deciding different things at different times? Yeah, that'd be crazy if those things happened. Imagine Weird. paying hundreds of millions and then wanting to have some input in the movie. That's just so nuts, man. Fucking hell. It's maddening. And it does maddening. good for no one. So what are my solutions for this? It's the same solution I've said for a couple of years now. Just let creatives do whatever they want. That'll always work. That's the best the industry can be. Sure. Because I've started to make more discussion-based videos about the industry and how we can communicate with them and get better films and start to enjoy the theater By criticizing them, more. Chris. And not yeah, just hope that like, a great film I, I like thought Godzilla according to you, Chris, one. like pretty much every film is great. You're just yeah. celebrating films. No, there is a point now where just if you're creative, you're fine. There is no like good creators and bad creators, even though he's already said, certainly implied that there are in this video alone. But obviously we know that he thinks that because he's had a whole career talking about that, but only recently has decided he's not allowed to say that anymore. One comes out also, of Japan. Uh, since, uh, since you mentioned it, I just want to give a big rest in peace to Carl Weathers here, talking about Predator and everything. So yeah, yeah, that's really to you, my good bad man. news. Rest in peace, RIP. So that we can enjoy that here. And it's the same thing I've always said. They hear us through our wallets. If a movie comes out that is genuinely great. They also hear us through our speech where we shout about how bad they are. Yeah. I don't find it yes. funny. Part of they hear us through our wallet, a much clunkier version of vote with your wallet. But yeah. 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 Hear us through our wallet. You know how you can influence the bottom line on movies is by telling people not to go see them because they're bad. That's right. Avoiding the bad ones is using your exactly, influence. Exactly. Yeah. If, if I do not go to see a movie because it's bad, that is similar to going to a good movie and spending money because it is good. Ooh. Right? But how will I know what movies to avoid, Chris Tuckman, popular-ish internet film reviewer man, if you do not tell me which ones to avoid? You should tell me where the mines are in this field so that I do not step upon them. Great. And we happen to see it in a the theater. That's fantastic. But then buy it to own on digital or buy the Blu-ray of it. Let them know. Don't like, own this it on digital. Is yeah, don't do it. Yeah, and what if not everyone can afford to buy every movie they think is good on physical? Sorry, that's just a reality. And then a lot of people, yep. the, like Chris, you got to ad address why people buy Netflix. Why do they do it? And is it offering something that they can't get other places? Maybe it, you know it feels like that's a much more complicated discussion than we can Value. save the industry by buying the films that Value. we like. And what if we like films that are shitty, Chris? What if I like Madam Web? What if I buy it to show my family because I think it's so fucking funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more what if like I want to break up with my girlfriend and getting her uh, <laughs> uh, a sealed <laughs> copy of Madam Web is exactly how I plan on doing that. Well, The Room became hyper successful from... I, I, I guarantee you you wouldn't push back on that. It's like, am I allowed to support that? It's like, yeah, but that wasn't studio interfered. It's like, wait! So can creatives be criticized? Can they be bad, Chris? Tell me. And that's what we're getting with Oppenheimer. It's what we're getting with Barbie. When you see a movie where it's like, okay, that creator, Greta Gerwig, took an IP, Barbie, and made a completely original movie out of it. and it became Yeah, the studio didn't mess with Barbie at all, definitely. You know that oh, because... It's oh. all Greta Gerwig. The studio was present in the film as characters, no, just to be uh, clear. I, they were in the movie. I, they, it, 
it, you can you can find it online. She's talked about it in interviews. The studio basically made her like justify every aspect of the movie to them. You know, they're like, uh, do we need Ken singing a song? And she had to like explain why she thought it was necessary. So like they're there putting the pressure on, like explain to us why all this is necessary. Why all that, why, why we have to spend this extra money on these giant sets for the dance sequence, stuff like that. So they interfered, if you want to call it that, you know, they were there the whole time going like, oh, we need to make sure all of this is necessary and important. Whether they did a good job is another thing, but they were involved. They didn't just say, do whatever you want. Here's a blank well, wait, check. Counterpoint. He watched the movie and liked it, so the studio didn't ruin it. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Well, okay. Enough. Nailed it. Yeah. Came the highest grossing film served. of the year, and it's nominated for Oh, and also it made a lot of money, which is also evidence of, of something. I'm not sure. Multiple Oscars, even and though she totally should. it was nominated totally for Oscars. Yeah, that means also that the studio didn't <laughs> touch it. Nominated for director. <laughs> they hear that. They understand. All right, so... IP it. They hear that her justifying all those decisions to them is something that's important when filmmaking, and therefore in future they will make sure to do that with other creatives. All right. I mean, he doesn't even know what we're supporting. He has no idea. He's just like, I like Bobby. Get that movie money. Go on. Okay, Chris. Ish, but original. Got it. And that's okay. Like, there's so many openings for filmmakers to take very original ideas into things in an ideal, perfect industry. The filmmaker-studio relationship would be more of an understanding, loving relationship. But the problem right this now is... This is a business, that's... man. This is a business where millions, ten, well, hundreds I, I of millions be... of dollars are at stake. His view is that the loving, understanding one is I get to do whatever I want with your money. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> here, here it's, it's the trade meme. Like, you offer me $80 million. You receive... Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> So many studio executives, people who are making the decisions, did not come from a place of creativity. Look, we saw what the Madam Web writer said, okay? That was, <laughs> it, that was crazy, all right? That was just nonsense. Does he think that Lord of the Rings had no studio interference at all? Do you think? It's like, no, that was just mm. Peter Jackson. That's, that's all he did. He didn't well, to... New Line Cinema, like what, a, a couple years before that? was responsible for making Dungeons and Dragons, right? So they probably were like, holy shit, we gotta be careful. Well, and you know, how much does studio interference come down to it has to come out at this date? And then the director says, I want more time. And they say, nah, mm. comes out at this date. And of, of course, that can vary as the answer to that question of whether that's reasonable or not. I mean, you wasn't know, it Zenimax that said time. that uh, wasn't it Zenimax who was like, uh, you see this with games, they said, you know, Skyrim needs to be out November 11th, 2011. You know, 11, 11, 11. So, you know, and then that game had some... Uh, well, yeah, things, that's the thing. Things things were, you know, it's, not unreasonable, it's not unreasonable for a company to say, we would like it done, you know, around about this time, but when it gets to the level of unreasonableness is something like with Modern Warfare 3, where we need a new Call of Duty. Yeah, but this is like DLC. Uh, it's not... We can't, like, and if you want us to turn it into something that's even close to, like, a full game, uh, well, that's that's all well and good, but it's coming out this year. Fucking figure it out. Like, at that point, you could start going, hmm, that's probably not great. But I imagine that he wouldn't disagree with the idea that a studio can have a reasonable expectation of when a film is going to come out, or a TV show, or a game. Like, is it studio interference if the studio says, we want to have the new season of television out by September, because that's, you know, when the new season starts? 
is that again i i think chris is extrapolating his experiences as an independent filmmaker and thinking that's how it should just be for everyone because he essentially provided the finance for that movie himself through crowdfunding and he didn't have a studio on top of him he was able to take as long as he wanted over it and he had com complete creative freedom presumably and, I and wonder... so he just sees like he'll see that and think well this is a great way of making movies because i get to do whatever i want i can take as long as i want and nobody's really here to question me because i'm the one that holds the purse strings for it so every movie should be like this it's like well, in the no, because of... what you're doing isn't a business it's just it's not a vanity project but it is just something that you were able to make happen yourself that well, might different. be a vanity project, uh, especially if it is like if you're if you're using like, Chris Stuckman as an example, he sort of is in a way kind of in an unfair handicap where he already has this following of people who are going to like whenever a YouTuber releases something, there needs to be part of that person who understands I'm going to have a lot of people who already are very predisposed to liking the things I do and say and create. So I have to take that into account and I can't make that experience that I have as a result of that, you know, I can't project that into other people's experiences like I do with Madam Web or something like that, who don't have that advantage. They were potentially managers or agents or people outside of the creative space in Hollywood who worked their way into a place where they're now telling creatives what to do. Yeah, they're That's not the creatives themselves, you see. They are mm. distinctly different and outside of that wonderful circle. And, be and besides, he even if they were in the circle, they would still be like shitty creatives, probably. He seems to think that a loving, understanding relationship means the producers understand that they know absolutely nothing about storytelling and they should just let the, the filmmakers yep. do whatever they want. Mm. That's how that works, especially, you know, if Spielberg mm -hmm. is producing and he's a part of a studio, he automatically now has become the person who doesn't know anything and should leave the creative alone. There's so many producers <clears throat> that were filmmakers. There's yeah. so many of them. Yeah, and this produces that became filmmakers, right? <laughs> actors yeah. who became directors. And I mean, you guys, covered, uh, and Star Trek, you guys covered Star Trek 4, you know? Yes. Leonard Nimoy directed mm -hmm. that. So, case for all of them. The case yeah, for William Shatner directed five. <laughs> well, we won't talk about that right now. We won't talk about that. Next month, drinker, next month. Yeah. And they don't have ideas. They just have. They don't have ideas. They don't have ideas. They, they don't have, have ideas. ideas. What? Even though what? somehow they have access to these hundreds of millions of dollars, yet they have no ideas. It's... How did this occur? <laughs> how is this Even that like, one how is infamous, this insight? That one... <laughs> I was just going to say that one infamous producer who kept trying to insert like a giant mechanical spider into every movie and then John finally Peters. Yeah. do it <laughs> Wild Wild West. He had ideas. That man had that, ideas. Very That's what idea. killed Superman lives. <laughs> he, was, he was Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. And then became a film producer. Even he no, had Peter's. ideas, Chris. Even he had ideas. Yeah, you mean a non-creative? Everyone's, everyone's got ideas. Hey, being a hairdresser is creative. No, okay. non-creative. I heard the, the only creatives that exist are the ones that make films, all right? What to Barbara? Do? That's not the Stry case thing. for all of them, but it is the case for many of them. And they don't have oh, ideas. They just have like... I just, I don't get the angle. Does he seriously think that he can get any job from like any major studio when he says things like this? Lol, he yes. says it in a nice way, and he's insightful, according to everyone else. I mean, he's, he's like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I he, he, is funny, a, he is a he is a tomato meter approved critic on Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. Yeah, he is. Tomato? Tomato. 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 Tomato.
he's burning a lot potatoes. of bridges. A lot of bridges with producers being burned here in Him studio. setting anything on fire will be the most exciting thing he's ever done. Well, I guess that's what makes this video stand out, is that it is exciting in the sense of, what are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah. why do you think... What, how is this the winning strategy? This is this is very much biting the hand that feeds. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know it's what a big he's fuck thinking, up. but okay. His fans are annoyed. Yeah. The fucking people who he's trying to defend being the creatives feel absolutely condescended to if they have even a remote mm -hmm. sense of dignity. And yeah. the producers. It's just you're sitting yeah. on them completely and, in their and, entirety, their chosen profession. And and he thought he I'm sure he of course he thought he had the creatives back on this one. I got you yes, back all the way on this did. one. Yeah. I'm, I'm on your side. You. I'm a creative myself. He says, <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your white <laughs> Tuckman skateboard. How do you do, my fellow creatives? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of Shelby? Oaks? Inklings of what the market might want. What's selling big? What's not selling big? Well, we need to go towards this path because that movie sold really big. People are looking for this. Our Netflix algorithm is suggesting that we need to make a movie about kung fu pirates who also cook. Yes. Like, that sounds awesome. You mean One yeah. Piece yeah. that was so successful? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is Pirate, he doing? What was it? We He's watched scared. Pirates and I, an what, Adventure with Scientists. I, I loved it. That. Yeah, that's right. And they wanted yeah. to do more. They wanted to do more adventures of pirates in an adventure with crazy, bizarre, like you would never think it. I love how he says this like it's an inherently stupid idea. I love it. It's so. If you, it's so it's, like business, it's just like these, businesses providing their customers with things that they want. Yeah. yeah, isn't this one of the most old? It's one of the oldest meme templates that we have. Is taking a film, not telling you what the name is, and describing it in an accurate yet amusing way to where it sounds ridiculous, and then everyone's like, "Oh shit, he just described Jurassic Park or Lord of the Rings or something like mm -hmm. that." It's one of the oldest yeah, that, memes that we've got. It's mm -hmm. an excellent that. And then there's just the flip side of um, this. Were, you remember in, his, in that, that notes from Melanie that one of the things that was kind of bizarre <laughs> about it was that like part of the story premise was the idea that this Melanie character was very correct for just dismissing ideas on the basis of the idea itself rather than the execution of the idea. It's a really weird attitude to have when it comes to writing because... Yeah, like if you you could just do it's funny, right? The the Family Guy joke in South Park of just get the manatees to get a bunch of different ideas yeah. and put it in there, and it's like there's a joke there, but there's also like what happens if you just throw it to a guy? Here's one thing, here's one thing, here's another thing, and we're gonna put them together and figure out if you can turn that into something. That's how a lot of ideas come up. Is like, well, here's something I like. Uh, but then I can just combine it with this other thing that I also like to create something new. Or, I don't know what the book series is called, someone on chat will definitely know, but it's a book series that is predicated on the premise being a silly idea. Like, that it was a bad idea for a, a book, and that the author took it on as a challenge to write a good book on the basis of an apparently bad idea. Um... Codex Alira is what people are saying. It's just, yeah, like, to, well, I don't know. It's funny that this is One Piece. Like, that this is that character from One Piece. Yeah, it's like, what right, a, but... It would be like a bunch of people fucking go traveling across the world to drop a rig into a volcano. It was like, it was insane. Stupid. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> really weird that he chose something that recently did exceptionally well. I just don't really know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm afraid Drink is going to have to uh, leave us. For Boo! The... Okay. Sorry, uh, I was hoping to get through the whole video, but I just can't go that extra six hours. So well, what's funny is uh, <laughs> you're you almost... abandoned our combination of Stuckman and Madam Web. I know, you're, you're it's at a critical it. Stuckman moment. We've oh. almost gotten through the Stuckman part. We're almost to the drama part where uh, Ooh. 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 Well, I'll, I'll 
be sure to watch the rest of this tomorrow. Yeah. The drama mongress herself is here. So she is. We have to check out. Yeah. Fucking ruined everything. It's all her fault. She ruined <laughs> film criticism with one exactly. tweet. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> but yes. Uh, appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. And I, I, I was about to say, like, you could talk about your channel, but I mean, who in the EFAP audience doesn't know who you are right now? I don't know. Maybe one guy. Talk to that guy. Yeah, I do criticism of movies and stuff. It's on my channel, Critical Drinker. There you go. He mainly anyway, uh, targets the good video today because Thank creatives you. are immune cool. to criticism, okay? Yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on for this. It's been a true pleasure, and I will catch up with some of you on Open Bar tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Catch you later, dude. Bye-bye. We will see you later. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. Ah. That he doesn't even know that her web connects. God, thank God he's gone. I know, right? Oh, geez. <laughs> Happening, and it sounds like a joke, but I'm, I'm swear to you, it's not. It's not a joke. We know it's not so a joke. Let's watch that show. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and also, it's funny he says, like, that sounds like a joke. It's like, yeah, it sounds like a pretty old joke. It sounds like Awesomeo from the episode of South Park that came out <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 20 years ago. Of just, hmm, what about Adam Sandler? <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, with the success of One Piece, you there would be conversations like, do people like pirates? Do people like kung fu shit? Do people yeah. like extravagant, over the top stuff? Like, what was it? Was it the sets, the acting? Was it the writing? Was it the source material? And they're going to have all these conversations because, yeah, they want to make money. They're in the yeah, they want to make money. And like, what is chasing trends really? It's like trying to find what people want so they can give it to them. Like, what's wrong with that exactly? He's like, wow, how ridiculous. Like, mm, okay put in positions of power who want to be creative but aren't creative but they're stop saying that just just, who want just to be creative, creative, yeah. we, we, creative we we should on studios that, more than most but we don't say this that's isn't that a crazy thing to say like surely everybody is creative in some way surely yeah. that would we would have to believe that that's the case that everybody in some way shape or form in some discipline in some way is creative and it's like, oh, well, there are people who want to be creative, but they're not. As, as says I, Chris Stuckman, you know? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'm definitely Ooh, not comfortable with calling a whole class or profession of people uncreative. That seems a little uh, oh, rude. Would I probably... Oh, man, there's got to be some, right? All of them as a whole, you know what I mean? Like, that there isn't a creative person in a whole industry or a whole... Yeah, there's... I mean... Uh... I don't know. None it's just funny mind. that he can ordain that they are not creative. He can just yeah. ordain that they are incapable. Yeah. They do not have the capacity for creativity. Not even that their ideas are just kind of lame or that yeah. they're not very good at realizing their creative vision, but that they don't, that they, they are incapable of one. It's just so funny that you can say that, but you say it like this in a really boring, monotone voice, and then people don't notice that what you said was really mean. Because that's are fucking. Not creative it is. People? That's, that's my incredibly harsh action figure behind me he's very creative i've unplugged yes. the controllers from my nintendo 64 <laughs> i'm afraid of cables you're put in a position where they now have to tell creatives what to do and that's why you're seeing a lot of these things that you're seeing in film lately Press and the hopes are that house more of the dragon oh he's the... oh he talks about the bad things sorry i thought he was referring to the bad okay filmmakers are able to break through with like an indie film look at nolan he was able to kind of prove himself he took those steps you know what i mean in the case of a lot of these filmmakers who make their first movie as a giant studio film the studio does not look at that filmmaker as if they are an equal
Hmm. Did, did the Spider Verse guys Maybe. make some indie film first, or like how did they? Uh, I did Cloudy with a Chance of Maples. Uh, oh, I like that movie. It's not like an indie like movie, though. Is it? Yeah, it was funny. Didn't I do... And then the Lego I like movie, that movie, right? Yes. So now you got now you got a background. Uh, but I guess it's funny to say this about S.J. Clarkson since, yeah, maybe... Are you talking about Lord of Miller, 21 Jump Street, too? Oh, yeah, that's right. They did that as yeah. well. So they had a, a big... I, I guess what I'm... It's interesting that you're saying this about S.J. Clarkson when she's been directing for a long time. <laughs> like, for television, sure. But that's that's a portfolio. That's a background. That's a resume. Oh, oh Phil, the uh, chat saying Phil Lord did Clone High. I loved Clone High. That was great. I've not he seen seemed, Blind High, but I've heard it's really it's a cartoon. Good I think on MTV. Yeah, it's good. Chris Duckman seems to be saying that the only way to get like respect is to start indie and then do big, like studio movies. That like he, he seems to think that if your first movie is a studio film, you can never get the respect. You can't. You can't even earn the respect. Which I With just all don't the movies think. and stuff, oh, that I, I think out, it's, there's got to be examples to the contrary. There must. I be. think what he's saying is that they pick these people so that they can control them, um, which maybe there's some amount of truth to the idea of just, oh, you made one indie film, here you go, you're on a Marvel film, you're probably going to listen to the things that we tell you, mm. because, compared to someone like Steven Spielberg, where you drop him into a Marvel movie, yeah. and they're like, do this, and be like, I'm Steven Spielberg, <laughs> I'm not doing that, well, I'll so, do whatever I want. A lot of the time they hire these some of these people, you know, like when Joss Whedon gets brought on for like a uh, Snyder Cut or something, presumably they hire a lot of people because they're like, can you fix this? You know how things work, we don't have to explain to you like how to get uh, you know, the right people in the right places to complete it on time. That's what we want. Basically, a bunch of horrible yeah. things. Like, I want it this length, I want it out by now, and I want it to be complete go. Can you do that? And then the, the it's almost like a contractor. They're like, oof, this house is falling apart. Paint job needs to be done. You know, you, you're missing well, all the yeah, plumbing. But the, yeah, we could probably I imagine get it the done. contracts regarding this stuff are Lovecraftian monstrosities. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, they... they that they almost want. We want to go back to that time where you'd hire someone because you think they can complete the job, as opposed to you hire someone and just hope for the best. Mm. And you don't just hope for the best when you are investing tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in something. Or at least that certainly would not be my attitude: is to just hope for the best and hope my instincts picked the good ones. They look at them as if they're someone they can boss around and tell them what to do because they're paying the bills. And what have you done exactly? And that's a lot. I mean, to I, yeah, be fair, they are your boss. They are paying the exactly? bills. What have you done? Why does and paying the bills not true. matter at all? I don't understand. I want to have a big you explosion. I'm going to get all these people to animate it. It's like, how are you going to pay us? It's like, pay you. No, no, you, no producers. You're here to make my vision happen. That's what you're here for. I'm the, I'm the director. That's <laughs> me. I'm in charge. It is a is risk to take a director who hasn't proven themselves yet, at least in terms of box office success, and just let them do whatever they want. It makes total sense to like have oversight over them and make sure they're not doing anything stupid. And to bot, you are their boss. You can boss them around. That's fine. Yeah, you literally, yeah, you you literally are their boss. That's correct. Yes. A lot of what we're seeing now. So pay for movies that are good. Keep paying for movies that are good. That's the only way. What if we disagree on what makes a good movie good, and what if good movies have studio interference? Well, that's the big conversation, is getting into Chris Stuckman about what makes a movie good or bad, but he's not even mm -hmm. willing to have that discussion now. So it's nope. almost like, well, we, we can't even engage with this part of the conversation.
Yeah, how am I supposed to fucking support movies that are good if I want to? What if I want to support Madam Web? Seems like you're saying I should. Yeah, what what if I say Madam Web is a really good movie? Prove me wrong, Chris. Well, I'm not going to bash films. Oh, I win. It's a well, good movie. Go <laughs> watch Madam Web. Yes, no, it feels like though, Madam Webs. If you went strictly by his word as opposed to his reasoning, it's like, should I support Madam Web? And he's like, I'm not making a review of that. You're like, oh, so I shouldn't, right? Okay, gotcha. So I shouldn't. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, Chris doesn't like Madam Web. No, <laughs> Wait, no, 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 I do. I swear. <laughs> No, I look. People have their opinions on Madam Web. I don't. That's that's me. I don't have an opinion on it. I can... feel not strongly one way or the other. Yeah, Turn a lot of the dial. A lot of normal people needs. are only going to see so many movies, so it really does matter that you steer them away from bad ones. I was talking mm -hmm. to some friends, and they're like, "Oh, we haven't been to a movie since maybe before the pandemic. We should go see one." I'm like, "Well, there's nothing good out right now, so maybe just wait a little longer." Yeah. <laughs> Don't we go see forget, Madam Webb. Yeah, for a lot of people, for Dune. Movie, movies are a thing that they watch occasionally in between a bunch of other activities that they enjoy doing. Just like yeah. with video games, you know, not everybody is going to watch every movie. Sometimes people can't even afford to see that many movies because going to the theater, especially if you, you know, yeah, like a family going to the theater, that can be not expensive. Cheap. Yeah, not that's cheap. a lot of what we're seeing now. So pay for movies that are good. Keep paying for movies that are good. That's the only way that we can turn the dial. Not the only way. To where it well, is. shit, he fixed well, the problem. Gosh, I stopped right there. There you go. We saved cinema. Look at his smile. Look at his smile. It needs to be summarized. This whole video's point is support good movies, and we'll we'll make it. Dang, okay. this is this is the kind of insight that I expect from an industry veteran like Christopher Stuckman. Oh, Guys, thank man. you so much as always for watching. I really do oh, like it, making okay. these discussion videos. I do think you that yeah, I could have fooled me. So much yeah, discussion. Well, that's the thing, right? Dude, it didn't look like you passionate, wait. and it didn't discuss shit. Okay, I learned nothing other than to Mahler, good things. Yes, I had not watched this video because I wanted to wait to watch it for this. That was it. He just That's said, it. "Make good movies." That would no oh, support good movies. It's even worse because we don't know what the fuck good support movies are. Good movies. How do I identify them, Chris? You have to tell me what the golden tablets say. Well, it's not Madam Web, Rags. <laughs> we know that. What? I know what it's crazy. Are you saying he implied no, Madam Web no. is bad? No, people sub. Okay, people subscribe tell me to the this. Secrets, Jimmy. Yes, yes. People. Not only people. People have been defending the shit out of him as being an insightful. Like, one of the best YouTube critics that remain, because he's so honest, he has integrity, and now he has insight because he is a filmmaker. Unlike you lot. Ooh, I can, anyone can shit on a film. Not everyone can be a filmmaker with no insight, okay? That, that takes a fucking challenge. Look, I could, go, I could go buy an iPhone and shoot a movie that looks pretty damn good. It's just, it's really accessible. I just don't want to. Yeah, but if you do, you can then claim you're a filmmaker. So go, 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 go. Ah, well, then I'm a filmmaker. I've made a shitty film. Yeah. Let's make that. I have I'll, I'll gather up some, some boys. Together. We'll make a, we'll make <laughs> a just, jackass like, movie. Just pull, like, Cap into my house with my phone. I'm like, just hit record and go, say you go into the market to buy some cheese. And then you do. And then we walk over there and you, like, fall <laughs> over. And, and then credit. I say the end. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a filmmaker produced now. By, and produced by A24. <laughs> That's right, chat. I'm the same as Stanley Kubrick because I've made a <laughs> shitty film. That's right. <laughs> well, it would just be so funny from that to be like, I have a lot of insight.
uh, from being a filmmaker. And I, I care about the filmmaker's experience. And then you show that as your I'm short film, here. The Man Who Fell Over Going for Cheese. <laughs> it's a working title, okay? Yeah, I haven't decided yet. What do you mean you're criticizing the president? Have you ever led the free world? <laughs> I, was, I didn't I think thinking so. Of exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Prometheus. <laughs> Have you ever died in the Amazon while researching spiders? <laughs> I didn't right. think so. I did. I didn't think so. <laughs> learn more about the industry i have a unique position to be able to discuss ways that we can make it better oh, oh yeah you have filmmaker filmmaker i have unique ways of knowing how to make it better you see for i am a i will use my special filmmaker powers <laughs> here i go <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully in the end do what we all want is to see good movies and have fun watching them and i did have fun watching madam web your system is broken. it was it brought me joy chris i laughed out loud unironically i laughed out loud yes we were cracking up in the theater it was echoey because we were the only ones there but <laughs> yeah and i had a ton of fun making my review god i was it was a, every second of that was joy triumph Yes. People said play it again. Maybe I will because that meme took slightly longer. Play it again. Play it again. We'll do it. Do it. Thank you so much, as always, for watching. I really do like making these discussion videos. I do think that as I learn more about the industry, I have a unique position to be able to discuss ways that we can make it better. I am. I am a filmmaker. I am a filmmaker. The guy was acting his heart out. He really he was. was. Yeah. He was. This and then a few man. years later, a few I'm years in... later, it becomes a massive meme. For, for who it knows does. how, but it just did. For several years, it just it was just that was it. it. And people there. watched it and probably thought, yeah, that's pretty good. A bunch untapped of gold like, vine in the mountain. Well, vein it's, in the mountain. it's because yes. people under the age of like 35 don't watch network television. That's why nobody had seen it who, who uses the internet. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> What we all want gold. is to see good movies and have fun watching them. And, and There you go, guys. Support good movies and see them and we have just fun. All, we just want to see good movies and have fun watching them. I mean, who could disagree with that? Yeah. Who, would ever, who would ever be mean to Christopher Stuckman? He's so mm. likable and reasonable. Feel inspired. That's what we all want, right? We want to see good movies. So yeah, okay. thank you, as always, for watching, guys. Look forward to more welcome, videos Chris. very soon. The poignant insight has changed my life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do Future good. Presentation People video coming want out this good. Sunday. I'm very excited Make about it. Good. It's definitely not a fun movie, but it is an excellent movie called Grave of the Fireflies. If you've never seen it, it's a really tough watch. But it's an absolutely monumental achievement that I have been wanting to talk about for many years. Guys, thank you so much. As always, look forward to more you videos very soon. You can do it soon. anytime you want. And if you like this, yeah. you can... Your videos are 10 minutes and you just sit in front of a he webcam. Said that. You can have done that any time. It takes like half an hour to make his videos. And then he says to us, oh, it's been years that I've wanted to talk about this film. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Just, just talk it. about it. Why'd you say it like that, Chris? Why'd you say that like you're being hampered by some studio? <laughs> what have they done it. to you? Are they are they not letting you have your PC, Chris? Don't let them do that.
click right here and get stuckmanized. Yes. By the way, in case you guys wanted to know, Grave of the Fireflies movie review from Chris Stuckman, 10 minutes. Oh, I nailed it. Nailed it with the 10 minutes. Uh, like I said, oh, probably took him a whole... probably has some trailer footage in that bad boy, too. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit much. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it probably took him like half an hour to make that video. Maybe. Damn. Yeah. From... You know it took funny, more though? time for him to watch the movie than but it did Ryan, for uh, Ryan Kennel can make three videos in that time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, but I was going to say, uh, without... <laughs> anyone, just don't look, right? But... Go from this. His his. I have to talk about this. Madam Web video has six hundred fifteen k views. How much does the Grave of the Fireflies video have? Oh 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 oh. Um, uh, uh, twenty. Oh no no no! Come on, give Christopher Stuckmanizer be better than that. Uh, Come 30. on, this is Grave of the Fireflies. We wanted to talk about this for uh, years. Thirty two go for a hundred thousand. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with eighty five thousand. Okay. Yep. I already saw it. So oh never mind. Well, it is oh. 79k. Oh, okay. that's pretty good. Not bad, not bad. 10 minutes of insight, too. Well, 10 minutes. Well, I mean, well, once you get past the who does the voice acting and who directed it and what studio made it, really, it's basically, we're basically ready to go home. Yeah. Well, anyway, this, that was the video, right, everyone? So you got all the context now. That went to the internet. And then, and it looks like Jay Blongbo might not be here, so she can't own this. But, um,. Oh, I'm she, back. Oh, she is. Oh, thank goodness. She uh, she made a huge mistake by expressing an opinion, <laughs> which we can see right here. He is so annoying. Oh my God, lol. <laughs> well, just like Jay Longbow. Million views. Oh my God. Yeah, that one got around. Jesus Christ. Jeez, you're gonna be making some. You're, is it? Does Twitter you're pay gonna, you for that shit? You're gonna make money for the. Hey, you're gonna, gonna make a hundred dollars. I'm gonna get a good solid five dollars. Yo, so, you can pay for next month's Twitter check mark. Yeah. But I, what I want to highlight is in that video, Chris said way more controversial, stupid, uninsightful, boneheaded, idiotic things that could easily be considered very offensive than he is annoying. Right. But, but he said it in a monotone voice. And so that means he yeah, didn't he say anything. Yeah, he said it without any passion or And insights. you said lol. That was your big mistake. Yeah. Oh, you that was it. You, you and, capitalized and God. And God in all Yeah, you, yeah, yeah you God, exactly. You should have said laugh my ass off. That's the nicer one, okay? Or maybe even <laughs> raffle. But uh, lol. <laughs> Next you'll put a smiley face. No, no, she meant, no, that's like the emoji of the guy with his hands up going, Ooh, that's not lol. Oh, yeah, that guy's whooping. He's like, he's so annoying. Yeah, he's going, woohoo! Woo. Yeah, he's people, yay. I hate when people rag on Chris for not <laughs> shitting on something, because he has stepped into the ring and actually made a feature film. He's actually made a movie, knows how movie. hard it is, and now no. clowns on the internet have turned, because he isn't just saying, he's movie He's actually bad. made a movie, so. knows how hard it is. I, you know, a lot of people don't have to make films to realize that it's hard. A lot of people don't have to actually do the thing that they're talking about to know that it's hard. Yeah, um, because we have brains and we can hypothesize and extrapolate. Oh, well, now that I've made it, now I know it's hard. Oh, that's funny. I knew it was hard before. Oh, <laughs> and also, <laughs> also, you could actually do the thing 
and your experience might not be the typical experience that's associated that's exactly. with that thing. Exactly. So it's yeah. not unreasonable that even if you've done the thing, you walk away with a more inaccurate understanding of what the mm -hmm. typical experience is than someone who's imagining it. That's entirely possible. And then the other thing to add on to it is, yes, making movies is hard. Some people manage to make good movies despite how difficult it is. Interesting. This is what we call talent. We mm -hmm. have seen in both like video form, interview form, just audio, whatever, of uh, stories about how, God, I was writing this script for like 10 years, or I, parts of the script had to be completely moved around on the fly because of how difficult it was to implement some of the ideas, redrafting, all that stuff. And it's like, all right, so you don't know anything beyond that, do you? It's like, well, I also know from just behind the scenes of how difficult like costuming can be, all the materials and the sheer volume and then getting things right and wrong making it so that the person can actually move that it's accurate to a particular request also all the concept art like the fucking reams of concept art the fun thing about like video games a lot of the time is that you would unlock concept art and you'd be like whoa this art's fucking amazing yeah. and it's just concept art imagine the amount of fucking time i've spent on this shit and then you just look at all the the vidox for halo were mentioned earlier but like a lot of games of a certain era would come with i remember god of war you'd unlock all of the behind the scenes stuff once you finished yeah, the game it was amazing i talk about how they work seven days a week yep. for like five months and you know it's it's the pure you know even if you don't know much about films if someone said yeah so you know they're working six days a week 12 hours a day on the shoot 12 14 16 hours a day you're just like, oh, wow, that sounds like a lot of hard work. You don't need to be there to understand that that's hard work. Yeah, and then uh, I remember just all the different like audio commentaries that I'd listened to, and they'd talk about how there was a, there was a creature in uh, Buffy Season 6 where uh, they say, like, this is so fucking awkward to shoot because it melted halfway through the scene. And so you had to have it attacking someone, but the actor it's attacking had to hold it in the shot to make it look like it was attacking him, and so the camera has to stay above his arms. You can't see that happening. And just like solving problems like that is just like, that's just funny and interesting and how much of a nightmare that would be. Um, I think the. Yeah, um, you see how they shoot pornos? Very awkward. Nightmare on Elm Very Street, the, the blood waterfall. It was like one attempt and that's all they had. They couldn't reset. They didn't have the money or the time. And I think it even broke, but that they got the shot. Like it's the kind of shit where you're just like, God, this sounds like a nightmare. And it is a nightmare. The guy we, we mentioned on a past EFAB, it was when they were doing Halloween, I think, or no, Friday the 13th, um, a guy when they were filming him getting hit in the eye with like uh, the arrowhead or whatever, that he could he went blind for like uh, half a year or something. Like, the, the, you know, arguably that's not a difficult thing, that's just a horror of, of production. It's like, yeah, I was aware of all of this, and I assume all you guys were from a very young age. I never, I've never found this shocking I'm, that this is hard. Imagine working hard. on the set of Batgirl. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you're either gonna be dead or maimed. <laughs> yes. And so <sighs> this this whole like you know you, he's so annoying. It's like oh people are mad at Chris because he's not shitting on the film. It's like he did shit on the film a lot. He did. He did. Yeah. If I mean he and also like there's more to criticizing a movie obviously than just saying that the movie's bad. Mm -hmm. Like I I I think we need to stop instantly making this connection between that's all it is just saying the movie's bad. That all criticism is supposed to be the same. I found him annoying because he was trying so hard to pretend that he wasn't basically criticizing the film yeah. in his own way. Well, so there's a great irony like I, here. Like, I'm, like, this movie's so bad, I won't even reference it directly. <laughs> it's that bad. The great but irony is that he used, to, he used to make videos, Chris, where he would be like, this line of dialogue, plays clip, is very bad because of this reason, and then talks about it. 
in the video we just saw, he went about as far as just saying Madam Web bad. He didn't give us any reasons why. That is kind of, yeah. And so then High Top, the genius, comes in and says, you're just mad at him because he hasn't said movie bad. It's like, that's the only thing he fucking said about Madam Web. We're mad because we want him to fucking have some integrity, a backbone, talk about what's wrong with the film. Mm -hmm. Is there what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't even know critic. the... Did you even watch his video, High Top? Probably not. Probably not. He's one of the only critics on YouTube who manages to have an informed, meaningful opinion on something without being mean for clicks. He was not informed. He was definitively wrong on several claims. He's not meaningful. Just because he's a filmmaker doesn't automatically mean everything he has to say is better than everyone else. I mean, so they wouldn't give the... I mean, they wouldn't say this about the people who made Lady Ballers and stuff like that. I'm just saying. This, they wouldn't... True. Oh, no. yeah. You don't know how hard it was for Daily Wire to make that movie. <laughs> We get it. You're also trying to break into the film industry, and will also go out of your way to not criticize Hollywood people you might want to work with. And also, and also, it's just... our, our god, our king, he's there. Oh, look at his smiling face. Oh. A critic who isn't willing. I, 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 again, it's like you shit. You shit on Warner Brothers. Do you think that you're gonna like? Do you think that you're gonna get to make like a, a DC film ever? Do you think that's on the cards? I'm sure it is. He will personally bring his own red and blue lights. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's true. They'll be so impressed by the red and blue lights that they'll just they, they'll have no choice but to let him direct a new Batman movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but out of curiosity, do you agree or disagree with this statement from Elden Guy? A critic who isn't willing to hurt feelings isn't a real critic. Um... I agree. I, willing I the, to willing doesn't mean you're going out of your way. To, yeah, 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 that's yeah. I agree. Yeah, I I, I agree. You if you are not willing, willing to, to hurt a critic who isn't worried about hurting feelings, I would say. I don't know about yeah. willing. I think yeah, if I'm, you are I'm, not I'm, willing I'm even okay with someone feelings. being worried about it, but that they still do it. As in, like, yeah, I'm not. I don't it. want someone to feel awful, but I've got to say what I've got to say. You know that sort of aspect. Yeah, sometimes uh, I do Chris Tuckman could have gone out of his way to say, look, this movie is really bad. We don't know if it was the studio or the writers. We don't know who to blame, but we can just assess it for what it is. It's really bad. He could make sure people aren't blaming the writers because they don't necessarily know if the studio interfered. You know, He could take that tack if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. To hurt feelings isn't a real critic. Hard disagree, my guy. If people don't like your movie, your feelings are already hurt. No if people um, don't like your movie, your feelings uh, already hurt. Now that is a oh, self-report. Okay. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Oh, yeah. oh man. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Oh, oh. So uh, Ryan Go Johnson has famously jar. said he wants people to dislike his films. So yes, and and we don't even have to go to people who aren't you know in this call. Like we are all creatives in our own way. It is fine. Our EFAP isn't for everyone. My videos and Mahler's videos and everyone here who makes videos. They're they're not for everyone, and and they don't. I'm not gonna. My feelings aren't gonna be hurt if someone says, you know, I, I tuned into EFAP, it wasn't my thing, and I didn't like it. My yeah. feelings yeah. won't be hurt. I'm not Oops. eight. I'll make it. <laughs> I'll get I'll get through the next day. Um, but it, interesting how the the guy said willing, and then look what High Top says next. No need for film criticism itself to be harmful and mean. This is not coming from a guy said. who made spiteful videos in the past, but then tried making movies. Who said anything about spiteful, mean, and harmful? Yeah, <laughs> and just because Damn. you made spiteful videos doesn't mean that anybody who's ever been negative had a spite-driven motivation. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what do they think we're going to do? Like, dox the fucking director in our video? I, right. Again, this is our fucking address. Go to fuck up. This is where he lives. Well, and, then, yeah. and then he does the exact same think. thing as Chris. Where Tag it's like, graffiti on their walls. Pat, pats out head and is like, oh, I used to be like you, but then I grew up. And it's like, yeah. shut the fuck up. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And it's just so funny that I tried making movies and I realized how hard it was. Why do people not understand that it was hard before they started making I don't films? Know. I don't get it. How do you not understand? I don't know how to like. I don't know how to build a skyscraper, but my guess would be that it's pretty difficult. And that's like. Well, there you are some things to, that might. You know, I'm not a Michelin you. star chef. I can't cook a Michelin star meal, but I can look at it and go, you know what? There's probably a lot that went into that that I can't do. That's really difficult. Does it make the meal good? You know, you still the meal well, it might still make it suck. By default. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah. expect it to be good. Lots of things are difficult, but that doesn't change the fact that people have expectations of functionality and quality. Making video games is hard, but if you release a video game that's unplayable or that bricks your PC, you know, what are you going to say to someone like, "Oh, well, it was really hard." Oh, okay. you worked really hard. <laughs> you still delivered this <laughs> bug-filled game. I'm sure, they the worked hard on Gollum. Oh, yeah, what I is mean, this trivial? Was. Yeah. Saying that a director or actor did a bad job is going to hurt some feeling. If you're incapable of saying those things, you shouldn't be a critic. Yep. True. True. Yep. True. Yep. 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 This I, is. I, I. I said that S. J. Clarkson shouldn't be allowed within a hundred yards of a camera for the rest <laughs> of her life, and I stand by it. Truly, how every <laughs> professional reviewer should be. Then how come you're not oh, adopting God. the style, oh, no. Brown Table, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, interesting. Hmm. If you, if you truly believe this, Stephen. yeah, stop doing what he does. No more negativity. None. Only and celebrate. And we're just going to... Never. We're just no going to not talk about bad movies? It's just funny how every professional reviewer should say nothing, basically. Well, no. Other than <laughs> these he really said literally. Insane... Oh, yeah, yeah, literally. He yes, said literally right. every literally. professional reviewer mm. should not cover things that are bad or negative. If, if it's bad, if it comes up, like, guys, I, I think somewhere along the way, some of you people lost the fucking plot, all right? These are not, like, gifts given to us for the human culture or whatever. These are products I have to pay movie tickets to go see. I'm taking time out of my life. I'm going to a theater. I'm going to a place I'd rather not be. I'm buying a ticket. I'm exchanging money for watching this film. It is a product, all right? It, this isn't a gift, that I'm just supposed to accept and smile at. This is, we have a, the movie studios and myself, we have a, what was called a transactional relationship. All right. We also opinion. talk about how like mean and spiteful Chris is towards film studios. Like in yeah. the, yeah, and, the they're, they're, not, they're not people. They're not human. He's very they're negative. have no capacity for creativity. That's what I mean. How many of the 43,000 people who like this watch the video? Well, and even if they did, they probably, they, no offense to them, but I don't even know that they know that that's a harsh thing to say. I think they'd be like, well, yeah, but they're studios. They're reptiles. Yeah, that's right. They're studios and producers are not people. <laughs> and they have no capacity for creativity. That's true. His video is incredibly negative, just not at artists. All right? But it's like, trying to be positive. And I guess it, that fooled it, all of these simpletons. It, it, I, think, I think it is just as simple as if you say it in a tone of voice that people don't register as being harsh, you can get away with saying a lot. You really can, um, yeah. compared to if you just, you know, it, it'd be like if someone can say calmly this incredibly scathing takedown of someone's character, but mm -hmm. someone can say fuck, and they'll be like, oh, wow, oh, wow, calm down, oh, jeez, you said a swear word, that's, oh, gee. It, it does that, seem to just be the way that it works with, like, communication for some reason. 
It's that coupled with like weaselly words he uses a lot. Mm -hmm. Where like I'm not saying this, people are saying, you know, all the sort of dancing around it, making it as passive aggressive as possible. Yep, there's PPL. I wonder if there is this connection that has been made, maybe subconsciously in in this 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 sort of collective way. It's a little difficult for me to kind of put into words, but maybe maybe you'll pick it up as I go. Right, a lot of these people. The high topses, the brown tables, the stuckmans, for I mean cosmonauts, all the people that we cover, right? Typically, they have been eating this stuff up, giving it a pass for years. Are the Mar Marvel slop, all the this, all the that, given passes to these sorts of things, and so I wonder if that, in a way, has bled into them having a kind of incidental developed culture of reacting negatively to those who react negatively to these terrible movies. And it's created this almost divisive split um, in, the, in this online, these online groups of cultures. As and I wonder is... if this is just sort of the next step of that happening, where now they're just being open and saying, but with Roundtable, you use the word literally, like, this is what we should be. A film critic, you shouldn't criticize a film critic and a film critic should not have negative criticism for these things, for the movies. It all needs to be positive. In the same way that they were always positive, way overly positive, for the years of crap that they've been you know, given by Disney in particular, who's had such a big dominance in the industry. Um, they definitely have drawn a line and the, they've thrown all of us in the same section, pretty much of like... You're all the, 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 the there's one in here about how Gary, among others, has destroyed film criticism, which I find so funny. <laughs> That's why we yeah. invited him on, so we can way get to some go, Gary. Tips and tricks. Yes, yeah, thanks, Gary. Tricks and tips. Sorry. Look, at, look at you looking into interviews, reading articles, taking people for their word, taking creatives for what they say about their work. What's wrong with you? Fucking I don't idiot. know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not celebrating enough. Not to not to keep talking about how great old school Bungie was, but there's so many instances where the developers were talking about how, you know, like nobody nobody cares, you know, we, we can't just go like everybody's expecting it to be this good. We have to make it this good because everybody's expecting it and good enough isn't good enough and all of these kinds of um attitudes that are conducive to working really hard and trying to deliver the best thing possible, rather than like, well, we tried really hard rather than like, well, no, everybody here is working really hard to like meet the standard and expectation that people have. Just seems like a better attitude to have rather than like whenever anybody has anything negative to say, it's just like, leave me alone. It's like, well, I don't know, man. Like when you when you create stuff and throw it out there to the world, like you, people are going to have a perspective on it. They will. You just got to get over it. This is and maybe they have something to say that's actually, you know, accurate. That <laughs> it's like worth taking on board how every professional reviewer should be. PPL that are approved reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes should have this vibe IMO, goes double for Stuckman as he's further involved in the filmmaking process. Also, <laughs> everyone knows Madam Web is bad. Let's have one video on the internet talking about it differently. It's no big deal. He just okay, agreed so this... that we shouldn't bash the film, just like Chris, and then he bashes the film. 
And also, <laughs> what? you want you want to turn you want to turn internet reviews into a cabal circle jerk? Then the first sentence: people that are approved reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes should have this vibe, in my opinion. Just be positive. Just don't review things that uh, if you if you watch something and it's negative, you know, maybe don't post that review to Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe just don't tell people that the movie was terrible, that the plot didn't make sense, that the themes are disgusting, that the characters are retarded. Don't no don't say any of this stuff. Just Keep your mouth shut, right? We're trying to be positive here. And that means that people who go on to Rotten Tomatoes to decide what they're going to watch on Valentine's Day alone or on a weekend or anything else like that, it's going to be nothing but, oh, every movie's apparently great because all the critics are only leaving positive reviews on all these movies. They must all be incredible. Good job, Brown Table. That'll save the air. Again, it, it's just funny. Every, the conclusion of the video is it's the studio's film, not the creator's. Don't shit on the studio's film. Like, you know what I mean? If you yeah. don't believe that they're accountable for the film, then who cares if you shit on it? You're shitting on the work of the apparently non-creative people, right? So it's chill. Right. But it's like you said, Mola, the more fundamental thing is, he says that the film is bad. <laughs> like, he well, says it right there. Yeah. What's funny, too, is that he thinks that the issue is we don't like that Chris isn't calling it bad, when he did several times. Nobody saw this fucking mm -hmm. video, did they? No. No, they didn't. It's like, it's no big deal that he has a video that talks about Madam Web in a different way. It's like, what are you talking- Now you've gone to a point where you think Jay Longbone's mad that he talked about stuff different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, that's it. As some people haven't seen the whole video, which is fine. Instead of solely criticizing Madam Web, he- You just said- that everyone knows Madam Web is bad. Let's have one video talking about it differently. Then you said, if you haven't seen the video, instead of solely criticizing Madam Web. This is pretty funny. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Expands <laughs> and criticizes Sony the company and the industry as a whole. Like how when Marvel VFX and- Yes, like everyone does. Why are you talking about this like it's some new thing? This is another thing, I, I can't blames stand this narrative. Everybody. All of us talk about the studios all the time. Why are we pretending like it's that's something people don't do? It's, it's the same when it comes to video games. Everybody shits on fucking EA. That's not like a new thing. Everybody shits on EA and Activision. Oh yeah, um, and they catch unfair and, and flack. Then, well, yeah, because then it became the new thing of, oh, maybe Bioware just made some bad decisions on this video game. Maybe Rocksteady made some bad decisions on this video game. You know, like maybe, maybe it wasn't the studio's fault exclusively. Maybe it wasn't even the studio's fault principally. I mean, the the publisher in certain cases ends up looking whack instead of critiquing the artists. You critique the studio. How about both? Like that's a first off. That's not a great example because we have a lot of examples and testimonies of how the workers were literally just not given the time to do their jobs. Yeah. So. Also, yeah, this is the thing. How about both, dot, 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 based on context? When we know um, who's at fault. It doesn't change the fact that you, people still shit on the end product. People still shit on the visual effects that end up on the screen. Hasn't he made videos, like, talking about how, like, Marvel visual effects suck? Yeah, but he, would, he, would, he may very well say, like, it's only sucking because of the fact that they haven't been given the time they need, which may very well be true. Okay, what but, I'm just trying to point but, out but is then that... Why didn't Chris just do the video where he said, yeah, Madam Web is shit, and here's all the reasons why. Studio's fault. Bye! Why didn't he do that? <laughs> well, according to Brown Table, he did. He said he didn't solely criticize Madam Web, he expands and criticizes the company and the industry as a whole. And it's like, okay, like I said, these three tweets have different opinions. Did he? Yeah. Y yes.
While clearly I don't think there's anything inherently negative or mean about telling people your honest opinion of a movie, why do we have to get on Chris Case here? He's explaining exactly why he doesn't want to do it. He did do it. We gotta respect his decision. It. He literally did no, do he's it. No, he's being a snake. Whether he even knows it or not is, I'm not sure. He doesn't strike me as a bright lad. But he's doing the thing. I'm sorry that you are so simple-minded that it escaped you. It literally must be like you're living in a different world than the rest of us. This explains Ryan Johnson fans. How about we don't? Oh, wait. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a good edit. I forgot it was in there, okay? Listen to the last thing he said. <laughs> why do we have to get on Chris Case here? He's explaining exactly why he doesn't want to do it. We gotta respect his decision. How about we don't? I'll say it's also definitely different if you are telling people specifically that you don't believe a certain movie is worth their time or money. A night at the movies isn't something the average person does once a week, so I think those opinions are valuable. Why wouldn't it be worth my time or money? Why would I say, you know what, Fellowship of the Ring, that's worth your time and money to go see in the theater. Is Madam Web worth your? I, well, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's worth well, your it's time pretty or your funny, money. You know? In, in in Chris's video, who wants to have it be where he didn't tell anybody Madam Web shit and you shouldn't watch it, but the whole point of the video is it's shit. Uh, I am for, not going know, to tell you how bad and terrible this movie is. And and then end on, well, yeah, go spend money on the films that you like, which everything that I've said in my video would heavily indicate that Madam Web is not that film. These are the videos that this guy makes. Fucking loser. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> what is MPU? And I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm telling you, I stand by that King thumbnail. Oh my god, the symmetry. The symmetry <laughs> like between the top two is perfect. Dude, this oh is so mad at you. 21k likes of him just saying, fuck this guy. <laughs> fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. They don't guy. like Echo. They don't like uh, Rachel Zegler's retarded comments. The they don't like The King Woman reaction. King, one of the worst movies I've seen in the last couple of years. Fuck that movie. Why doesn't she like these movies, unbelievable? Fucking loot. This person's a fucking loser based off of them not liking... Well, you like, said no, he was annoying. You said he was annoying. Tomatoes. You stepped too like far. Him. You called him annoying. Annoying. Not really. Although I think it's fairly easy to give credit oh, to filmmakers' efforts and the hurdles they have to jump <laughs> while remaining. To be fair, he's one of the more reasonable ones. Critical. The social media landscape seems to favor negativity, so it breeds a lot of mindless movie bashing. I do think it's important for us to keep filmmakers' efforts in mind when reviewing even the worst films. I do think refraining from saying a bad movie is bad, while still implying it is, for the- Thank God somebody's gotten there, you know? He's like, he did imply it's no. bad, it's like, thank you! The sake of the filmmaker's feelings or your career prospects is a bit cowardly, Ooh, or a bro. smart business decision on his part. Who knows, I I'm just a dumb you- I would put a question mark there, because it was not smart. Shitting on producers is not smart if you want to work in Hollywood. No. Yep, which far is removed. Yep. what they're gonna pick up, because they have brains from the industry this is a layered discussion not suitable for twitter anyway if no uh, i mean you can I be mean, you can uh, you can be not retarded on twitter <laughs> it's possible <laughs> it's possible twitter trolls oh, were like chris and actually learned how hard it is to make a movie instead of just crying about them from your mom's basement oh, you two would make videos it's like so this boring one. it's so boring boring is what this is <laughs>
Ah, you're a loser. Ah, mom's basement. How boring is that? How boring are you? Like, is this the best you can do? The reason we make fun of movie Bob for insults? living. Yes. I mean, the reason we make fun of Movie Bob for the parents' basement thing is because he admitted it. He lives in a basement apartment. Like, when he stacks up his cans by the window. And then he gets, like, he tweets about how frustrated he is that a gust of wind knocks them over. It's like, oh. <laughs> Opening the window is the closest thing he gets to going outside. Man, give him, just cut him some slack. I suppose the irony here is that it's always about the context of those things. Because you could live in a basement and it's chill. You could live with your parents and it's chill. More so yeah, just a... I like those uh, underground oh, spaces. Because, I think they're cozy. Uh, over, over in Australia, like I, I kind of have a really favorable view of basements because they're so novel to me. Nobody has basements. Nobody has basements so, in Australia. Yeah, have we don't in Texas either, but uh, Joe Russo just insulted every nerd, whether yeah. it was intentional or not. That's what he did. It's the same old mm. fucking tired argument. By the way, go, go to his website. A lot of people confuse him as one of the Russo brothers. Maybe that's why he gets tra traction on fucking Twitter. He's not. And you go see the three films he made and go see what he looks like. So oh, that's true. I need to change my last name to Nerdrotic. There you go. Craig's <laughs> Nerdrotic. Yeah, he, sure. uh, he didn't even. Have, it's no argument. It's just the. It's what High Top did. It's what Chris did. It's like if if only you Me. knew. You're not. You're not grown up enough. If only you knew. And it's like I already knew. Yeah. What got, took you guys so long? Why, yep. if why you did you have film... to make a film to know that it was difficult to make a film when it's obviously yeah. difficult to make a film? Like, duh, also we all know that. Excuse... We should know that. You know, it also you doesn't excuse be... your shitty work. You no, know, it's fucking difficult yeah. going to work and making money and then paying money for your fucking shitty film. That's difficult, too. Well, yeah, yeah so... I mean, it, it does feel True. like a matter of perspective, doesn't it? You know what's yeah. hard? Working in fast food, working in retail, yeah, that's, that's hard. Fucking and most exactly. people get paid a lot less money, and when they screw up, they lose their jobs. But it's like, like, meanwhile, God forbid, these fools rolled out of their fucking art school that their parents fucking paid for it don't have any concept of work. I worked hard. It was like three hours. My God. I couldn't look at my phone. Fuck mm -hmm. off. I will say a prayer for all of the lost souls who descend into the make-believe minds to make pretend. Okay, how could you? <laughs> I could. I could and I will. Well, the better part of this is he does clap back, Gary. Are you ready? Because I got to edit. Really I'm well. ready, baby. Here we go. Shut up. B T C H. Oh, I'm I'm served. Oh, I have served. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, got him. No, ah, roll it back. That's my clip, damn it. You'll you'll like you'll like the edit, Gary. You specifically make believe minds to make pretend. Shut up. B T C H. <laughs> Imagine being this guy. This blame the writer thing is bonkers. Do trolls have jobs with bosses? Are those bosses infallible? Why are we blaming creative? Nobody said the bosses were infallible. You're making this shit up. Yes. Look at this man. Look at look at the picture. Look at the photograph that's Power been presented Rangers. to you. The writer well, boss, of this look, all that the guy said was imagine being this guy. It's a question. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's so, just it, it's encouraging you to engage in a little bit of exactly, you know speculate. imaginative you know, speculation. Yeah. You know, it's the American dream. You can be a shitty writer and make like multiple movies and make money off it. Why are we blaming creatives and not executive meddling? One, because we don't have any evidence of executive meddling, and two, because he's never written anything good ever. That's why I told both? you earlier. This why guy's just got both? terrible why luck. Every time, every time this guy, every time Matt Suzama writes a banger film. Those pesky studios, <laughs> they just have to get involved and get their fingers into his golden story. This man, 
they're, they're holding us back from the modern day Tolkien is what they're doing. Yes, they Masses are. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see what Morbius was before the studio. <laughs> and they keep hiring him. And he keeps agreeing to do it, even though they bastardize his vision every time. He's like, yeah, yeah I'll keep coming back. He's just, he, you know, uh, what? 95% of studio writers quit before their first creative endeavor is successful. Yeah and not executive meddling. I've read Matt's writing on two of these. It's good and not what's on screen. Don't he keeps you. working because don't he's great. Listen, I Matt, Sazama's not gonna you. fuck you, okay? It's not gonna, no matter how much <laughs> oh, you say Morbius is awesome. Movie. Yeah. It doesn't mean that every writer is gonna be great. Two of the writers of Madam Web worked on another film in the Sony universe. Yeah, that's that right. Did been... you watch the video, pal? Obviously, this clip highlights <laughs> that in his defense of Chris, he's disagreed with him. Chris has made fun of Matt Sazama right. for writing Morbius. So, rip. Yeah. ...criticized, called Morbius. Chris Stuckman hate is so fascinating because he's literally just some chill guy who likes movies. And there Says you have a lot it, about how... That's, no, why, that's, that's why everyone's theory, mad. Right? Yep. Because nobody that's understands right anything that Chris chill. has said. He's just said it yeah, in a nice way. That's right. Don't say actually it in the nice way possible. It really is like a, it is like a way that you can just get away with saying a lot more things if you just say it in a flat or nicer tone of voice. It's incredible. It's stunning. It's fascinating. It does fascinate me that that's the way that it works. Unassailable, yeah. Chris Stuckman hate is so fascinating because he's literally just some chill guy who likes movies. Says a lot about how much people just want to go for the quick, angry, and loud responses now that when a critic is breaking down a movie with nuance. There was no fucking nuance in that video. <laughs> trying to explain how hard it is to make something nuance. and studio I know. interference. No it's nuance. so annoying. Every critic should be like him. No. <laughs> No. And no. none of you, none no. of you are going to change your operation to match his. None of you. Mm-hmm. Nope. He just said it sucks in far harsher a way than he realizes. Yep. This shit is so bad I can't cover it. <laughs> so true. Correct. Totally true. Thank you. Completely true. No. What's annoying is the fact that YouTubers like The Quartering, Nerdrotic, and G Plus G have ruined film criticism so much they forgot what a real critic looks like. Yeah, Chris Stuckman, okay? I don't even know. Yeah, the Quartering, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, the Quartering doesn't review movies. Chris Gary, Stuckman repent. is the only mature- Repent for your crimes. You've destroyed I will. Film. Look at you. I your adult in the- Oh no. I don't know how you, you call should... Chris Stuckman's video mature at all. It's so childish. It, it, it is it's childish. Like, it's mature expects, to a nine-year-old. He expects movie studios to be charities for artists. Mm-hmm. That's what he expects from them. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Make-A-Wish foundation for a filmmaker. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Oh the my room. god. You should be more no, like it's... him, Gary. You know, no. And and nobody should be like me or you. We should all have our own voice and yeah. do this thing called tell the truth. Mm-hmm. The reason Mahler is here and Jay everybody is here is because of people like Stuckman and the and the corporate critics who went out there and they were bullshitting us for all this time. We just said, oh, shit. Well, I can I could go out there and I'll try something different. I'll just tell people how I feel. Well, and we never thought and that it, we would have a significant leg up on them by Googling the creators no. of the fucking films. But we no, do. No, I mean, like, simple, yeah, it's not like we're, it, we're uh, it's not rocket science here, folks. It's Seriously, uh, you, you can just <laughs> be, like, more informed by reading a Wikipedia article. You can. You can just read a Wikipedia yeah. article and then know more about there. people who present themselves as authorities on a lot of subjects. It's incredible. <laughs> For Madam Web, I, I, I did sit through two hours of interviews. 
but it was fun. It was funny for one. It was, and I find it entertaining. But yeah, I sat through t- t- two hours of clips of interviews you know, before I even started. What's funny is um, when I did the research and like development portion of the script for the TFA series, I, I think I made my requirement. I can't remember now because it was so long ago. But I think it was between ten and twenty interviews per actor and crew member, as in like a writer or director. Which in that case, I guess would have been like two. Is it Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams? I think, but. In any case, uh, pe- people of significance behind the film. Um, the amount of shit I found was insane. You guys have seen lots of it, um, but there's still loads to come, like of funny things that I've found. It's all in the script, waiting to be seen, because it's all out there. It's just like what was being discussed earlier about The Good Doctor. Nobody knew about the other funny clips, because nobody watched the yeah. show. And they started sharing them on Twitter, because some people were like, I'm going to go through this show and find them. And my god, there were some funny moments from that show, well beyond that one major clip. But yes, mm-hmm. loads have come to come. Loads, lo- lo- loads to come. That's what I meant. Lo- loads have come to come. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My two cents. This is what happens when film critics experience how difficult filmmaking is. At least that's a slightly different bit of wording. They experience it instead of just knowing it. Yes, which is a difference. There's, there is a difference. There is there, a difference. Sure. Yeah, between what I like, basically, could safely say I know to be true. Uh, and I suppose actually mm-hmm. having that confirmed doubly so by doing it in myself. much the same yeah. way that somebody can understand that animation is difficult in that drawing several pictures that are going to be playing out every second and then you balloon that out of course uh, over the course of an entire film you can understand that as difficult uh, before being forced to sit down and actually do it for yourself and then see how long it takes and how difficult it can be. Well, and be. then you want to pose it's, the question. Uh, we have two people with the same budget, same interference from the studio, same film to make, same script to work from. They're both the director. They both go. One of them produces absolute shit, and one of them produces something amazing. So are yep. they both the same quality of director? Or is one better than the other? I mean, one of them has succeeded because that's... It, it's so funny how, like... You know, the whole conversation ignores, okay, maybe these are your circumstances, but what are you going to do? Are you going to constantly complain about the circumstances, or are you going to try and solve the problem? Are you going to try and do the best that you can in the circumstances that you find yourself in? Like, well, you, can't just, you can't just ask for the universe itself to bend to your will to create a circumstance that you would prefer. This is give it. Give me everything what I need and do? all the time to do it, and make it easy as well. <laughs> film critics experience how difficult filmmaking is. I'm not gonna bash on the filmmakers and actors personally for how Madam Web turned out. Twitter. OMG KSKSKSK he's so annoying STFU. Like WTF I don't get it loudly crying loudly crying loudly crying loudly crying loudly crying. He didn't say shit wrong WTF loudly Guarantee this person has barely any clue who Chris is or the video. He's crying, loudly crying, loudly crying. He's actually trying to be respectful to the filmmaker while being critical of... He was not. He didn't care anything about her experience. He he demonstrated an astounding lack of respect for the uh, director. And he believed that she had no autonomy. Yeah, Yeah, painted her as a helpless victim who had no input or say whatsoever in the film. She said... uh, like in total with all those clips I think even more in the article I didn't include but uh, that everything that she had done in her life led to the moment of making this film that she, remember she described it as a leap, she said it gave me the foundation from which to leap, does that sound like the kind of wording you use for something that you didn't have control over in any way and uh, like ashamed of 
She said that uh, she wanted to get a timeless quality to the film to avoid people knowing exactly when it took place, right? Like, like she worked with the sets and the props to make sure that we wouldn't be able to nail down an exact day and time. That's something that she intended, something she had control over. Uh, oh yeah, there was a quote where she said, um, the, you know you know her mum, the, the, the Madam Webb's mum? I forget if she even had a name. Uh, she's the heart of the movie, and without her and without her story, you don't fully understand who Madam Webb is. That's something she said. And then she was so proud yeah. to have the actress available to do it because she was like amazing. Um, she obviously talked about the the stuffing camera, the clairvoyance, all that shit. Well, uh, and I remember I vaguely recall the the where Dakota Johnson said, "Oh, I put so much faith in her, you know that that she was making the right decisions." Why didn't she say, I put so much faith in Abby Arad if he was involved in producing the mm, film? Yeah. Was he? Is the editing, the, the, how she had to do the repeated scenes, the, she, she actually said at one point as well that um, she took a lot of inspiration, right? She wanted to include a lot in this film. And she had like a list of films that she mentioned for all of the influences. She complimented um, working in Boston as well. Or like, um, the, the, there, was, there was like a... Boston shooting Boston Yeah, making, Boston is beautiful. She tried to make the place look like Boston, right? Like, you have to film it to make it look like that. And she said that, difficult, but a reality. You know? Like, not... She wasn't mm -hmm. saying it like, oh, it was fucking miserable to have to do all that. And then the fact that she said it was a... She she said she tried, she was going to tell a great story, and that everything she felt she needed to say was in the film. This is all her experience. He said he cares about the experience uh, of the filmmaker. So he didn't look into it either, at all. Either she is lying, or Chris is wrong. I think he'd have to admit he's wrong. That's just I, not a question that he would ever lying. address. I, I don't think she's lying. I Maybe there are aspects of downplaying possible negative experiences as you do when you're promoting a film, but I don't get the impression that there is like 0% of her on this film or even that there's only 25%. I get the impression that there's more of her on this film than there is of a lot of Marvel directors, you know, doing MCU films have on, on their films. I get the same impression, yeah. And this is the thing, this, this is not respect. Uh, it is more respectful to say, you tried really hard and you failed. Yep. Or I mean, that's how every like, mentor-student you know, story kind of starts, where you have the, the harsh mentor who tells the student what they need to hear in order to improve. Yeah, you have Yoda bonking uh, Luke on the head, and just being like, no, you know? That was do TLJ. Or do not, there is no try. Mm, that's a shitty movie you have made. He, he, he bonked him <laughs> once in, uh, in Empire, didn't he? Oh, I meant as I hate the ghost bonk. It's just that's all I'm saying. Oh, sure, but but he bonked his head in Empire, didn't he? At least once. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, he hit yeah, him with a stick. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. You know what it made me think of was um, Pai Mei in Kill Bill, where he bonks her on the on the head as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Good yeah. shit. <sighs> environment. It was made. It. This is far more valuable. This is what actual. Oh, novice look alive, which is what it was. Actual analysis. Jesus okay, Christ. Well, I can't. Mm. Like I said, I, I I don't like using the word lie because there's so much uh, intent tied to it. But like saying it's really valuable to be told something about the creator that's not true. I just uh, you know it's like what what's the yeah. fucking value in that? Analysis looks mm. like not the clickbait reactionary stuff that permeates YouTube. Uh -huh. I have not watched uh, this video movie. yet, and I can already tell you that this man has a more sincere and informed. Not watched this film. video yet. <laughs> This is what they all are doing. Oh, shit. No one fucking watched it. The 99% of it, but this website. Jump in on the feeding frenzy. Yeah, because it, I've not at this watched point this video, but I will suck this man's cock. 
Hey, at no. this point, it's Chris <laughs> versus the bad reviewers. All of the evil reviewers are going after Chris. You've got to stop them. Including myself. My film should be coming out next year. Uh, it's submitted to various festivals, and we've been able to finally complete our ADR, which is great. Passion. And so we are just about <laughs> done with it. I mean, there's just like random little passion. color corrections and things that we might have. Obviously, the person said that he's very passionate filmmaker, and I just like... This clip was like, I don't feel, I'm not feeling the passion about you guys. Just here and there, but it's like 99.9% .9 done now. It's like a movie. It's real. Passion. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. Passion. And passion. what that journey will be like. Uh, and as always, I'll be here with you. Passion. Uh, sharing that journey. It's <laughs> been fun to be able to share these moments with you and to talk about movies with you as always. Passion. For so many years now. And I filmmaker. <laughs> I'm looking forward to another year of doing that. This man I has don't know, a This is reminding me of um in The Simpsons. You remember like what was it? It was subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. Uh, that, feel, that feels like I don't. I can't tell if I what if I think that's liminal, subliminal, or superliminal. Just wearing a shirt that says "I love films," basically. <laughs> I can't. It's I the can't fucking me. The the music band. I like music yeah. band. Yeah. Ugh. Sincere and informed well. passion for film than ninety nine percent of this website, including myself. Chris Stuckman oh, did not a little bit more credit. Oh, oh <laughs> Nick, not you, uh, Matt Jarbo, or Matt, still trying to scrape something together on the internet. Oh. The man, the myth, the legend. Maybe he was he was waiting for the uh, he he was waiting for the uh, I guess to get his next order on Uber Eats to deliver. So he was uh, had some now, time to make a wait tweet. Wait a minute, Matt. No, no. He just makes me feel no. Strong. <laughs> makes me feel great that I'm not him. Something wrong. Exactly. Something I've noticed is that people get mad when you explain how studio meddling can impact a movie show instead of just mindlessly shitting on a crew's work. They yeah, don't want... Not true. I like how this person thinks he explained it. He didn't explain anything. No, he didn't. And well, everyone else talks about it all the fucking time. I don't understand. Like, all the videos we make has mention of the studios at some point or another. Who are you talking to? Who is this about? <laughs> I don't know. Also, he, he's not talking about how it can, like, impact a movie. He's saying it absolutely did, even though he has no evidence of yeah, it. Yeah, I have, he has a little bit of evidence to the contrary, actually. I have no idea, but it did happen. But I have that's, no idea if it happened, almost, but boy, it definitely happened. That's almost exactly what he said. It's yep. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it that's is. That's what I mean. He it, admitted several times that he didn't know, and then proceeded to make very definitive and bold statements on what did happen. Either people didn't watch the video, or they did watch the video and they didn't listen to a fucking word. He is third yeah, monitor yeah. content at best. I mean, like, I'm kind of like if we're watching. Oh, yeah, I think EFAP is the only way that he gets to <laughs> become second monitor content. Mm -hmm. Engage in critical thinking. They want to be entertained by the facade of it. So fucking ironic coming from the people who I didn't know. even know what the director thinks of her own work and they're claiming to defend mm -hmm. her, you know? So fucking funny. Yep. You guys don't do critical thinking. We do. Shut up. Yeah, okay, you got it. <laughs> also, yeah, of course, the whole, like, um... People get mad that it's the studio that's fucking it up. It's like, yeah, because there's no evidence ever of any writer being an inept retard, such as... Critical thinking. They want to be entertained by the facade of it. Yeah, that's definitely a case of me just not knowing <laughs> what to do with the script and thinking, oh... Crap. 
we're in the second act. What something's gotta happen. What what should it be? They don't want to actually engage in critical thinking. They want to be entertained by the facade of it. This is Jeff, he's the screenwriter. Um He's writing it as he goes along. Is it hard? Oh, yeah. oh my! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and they don't even—they don't know about these clips. We're the ones that go check all the fucking behind-the-scenes bonus features and shit to find out how the film was made, and then we highlight this shit. We go look at the writer claiming he has no idea what to do. They were the, the, fucking—he hadn't f even come up with it at a third act by the time they were filming the second. The other guys write it as he goes along. It's like, hey, have some respect. They're creatives, okay? Yeah. How about no? Yeah. You can't create things that are bad. It's it's literally not possible. Al to comprehend that he's trying to be respectful to the. F uh, oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I know. Filmmakers, because he is now a filmmaker himself, and making movies, even under a big studio, is very hard. What's so hard to understand? There's enough grown men making eight-hour podcasts about why superhero <laughs> movie is bad. Not everyone wants to watch a hate circle jerk. Chris is right. This is hashtag AVGN in 2016 all over again. You're all missing the point. Chris Stuckman is all about love and positivity, so die. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have called him annoying. I will kill you in the name of love. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's priceless, honestly. But I will say. The robot sometimes delivers lines in possibly the perfect way. And, uh, yeah. 16 all over again. You're all missing the point. Chris Stuckman is all about love and positivity, so die. Your shit. <laughs> <laughs> so die. <laughs> yeah, these are the ones. I'll end it uh... all. You radiate the most obese, greasy aura I've ever witnessed. I Kill yourself, like scum. <laughs> I want to stick my finger in your eye and feel your iris. Oh my god. Wow. And now Tomatrist is really mad at me. <laughs> they, uh, 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 what what could be said about that? Like it's just like Jeez, damn, dude. Uh, I get that. Like people, Stuckmanites, they're up in arms. People they do the are. thing of being angry about fucking anything, and they'll go over the top. It's just like she said, he was annoying, annoying. It's so you like what? Kill yourself because you said he's annoying. Okay. <laughs> You don't understand how hard it is to make his videos, right? <laughs> so you funny. understood how hard it is. <laughs> so he could review it. The inability to comment is the comment. He might as well say it, rather than point at the elephant and scream him not going to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> Eat shit douche nozzle. Yeah, bunch of images, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm not opening that shit. <laughs> I don't know what still that is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for ruining film criticism. I know, right? Yeah, you and your ilk. What a bad, bad, bad man. Happening. Nothing wrong with calling it out from the outside. Oh, yeah, so that that comment is just... There's going to be a lot of true happening in this section. Looking in, I think Chris won't trash a bad film in hopes that if his film is bad, he'd be given some grace. Ah! That's observation! At this point, I can tell that you don't want to criticize movies because you don't want to burn bridges with any studios, yep. directors in the future. I think this is the studio Yeah, this video is an example of him doing that. He's it, just too it, dumb to know it. In a sense, he had to pick between studio or director with this one. You know, right? Like, who's to blame? And he was like, well, studio. We'll go with studio on that one. Uh, remember how he mentioned that um, A24, he said, you mentioned them in like a positive light, so maybe he's like, hey, A24, you know, which by the way, much more reasonable that they would pick him up than Sony would. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's more of a possibility, but yeah, Sony, and really, any major studio at all, I would, I would be surprised. BS, because as far as I'm concerned, this hasn't stopped Quentin Tarantino from bashing the lights out of movies. I think that the casting yeah, was done right. well. Uh, Woody Harrelson and Ju uh, Juliet uh, Lewis. Would you have no, I, I didn't like the casting of Woody Harrelson at all, actually, okay. at the time. All right, Actually, since then, uh, we've even been feuding about it. This is uh, Quentin Tarantino's controversial thoughts on natural-born killers. He's famously not a fan of it. I'm not feuding, <laughs> but the he movie. doesn't like me, and I don't because it, he knows I don't like him. Uh... But actually, since then, it's actually been pretty good in some movies. I thought in Ed TV, he was really funny. But uh, other than that, though, I wouldn't cast him in that at all. When I'm, like, watching the long fight in Atomic Blonde, I'm like, yeah, my that's God, a great one. this is fucking amazing. Yeah. This is fucking amazing. Okay, wait a minute. No, the, the shots, yeah. the shot took a shit. The, the, the shot's not going on this long. That took a shit. Okay, and then we go, it goes into the okay. 70s, but then we go and went into the 80s. All right. And that's why you came up with Politically Incorrect, because that was the first, this is basically the 80s part two, what we're living through right now. Well, I'll just take one more go at it. There's going to be a new golden age. Please be there and part of it. Were you a big... By the way, I kind of agree with that sentiment. It's like, please make more movies. I like your ones. Yeah. <laughs> The idea that like that we're due for a golden age, it's like, and he's retiring. He's like, please do. I mean, I no. Hitchcock guy. No. I'm pretty sure Once Upon Maybe a Time in Hollywood is a 70 movie. Well, they mm. ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock. One more go at it. There's going to be a new golden Wait, age. What? Wait, what was please that? Please be oh. there and part of it. Were you a big Hitchcock guy? Or not no? a Hitchcock fan. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you know, he's held back by the Hayes Code. I think he was really. J truly held back by the Hayes Code. I went to the theaters once to see it, and then the scene that I'm going to say was so bad that I had to leave. The funny stuff is still... By the way, uh, the point of this, of this would be, it'd just be so funny for Stuckman to be like, hey, Quentin, can you, can you please focus on the studios? They're the problem. Can you try and be positive? <laughs> yeah. The movie's my stuff. But um, the thing is, uh, uh, I had position, top position on screenplay, and I would have got lots of money because that's where you get all the big royalties and all that stuff. For fear, anybody th would think I wrote that crap. I said, take my name off the screenplay, all right? I'll get story by because I came up with the oh, name. Wow. Ain't that fucking nuts, considering everything we've been over? You can do that. He, mm, he asked to, to, he, it sacrifices a shit ton of money to get his name off a of product he doesn't want people to think that he had a part to do with the writing.
interesting. Interesting indeed. Ian Mallory. I gave up money for integrity because I just didn't want anyone to think I wrote that. If you don't critique the movie, then how will they ever learn? Don't you have an entire yep. series called Hilero City, where you essentially laugh <laughs> at bad movies? It's okay to call something bad. Bad. I don't GAF how much. T's so sad for the maker who got paid a fortune and works <laughs> for a billion dollar studio. Criticism uh, isn't a personal attack. How to say, mm -hmm. Madam Web sucks, without saying, Madam yeah. Web sucks. Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. when Sonic the Hedgehog's trailer released? The design ah, was horrendous. Yes. Intense <laughs> criticism followed, caused the creators to rethink some things. Mm. Design was changed. Now the films are far more appreciated and appealing. Criticism True. is needed, causes people to change, sometimes for the better. I started a new business, faced criticism for my running of said business at the beginning of its formation. I listened, was humble, and took the criticism. It's now more successful than I imagined. Films, like many things, need to be criticized. Helps them become better if the creative team and studios behind them are humble enough to accept it. I have to talk yeah, about absolutely. this. Proceeds to not talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, my takeaway from this is, if this was a good movie, he would be praising it, but because he is making excuses to stay away from saying it's bad, then he must have thought it was really bad. I wonder if when he gets a bad meal at a restaurant, he says, well, my steak was poorly cooked, and the waitress was very unattentive, but they worked really hard, so I forgive them. Oh, no, it wouldn't be that. It would be that he would eat it, and then when they ask how was the meal, he would just get up and leave. <laughs> it would be, well, no, that would be, it would be, that would be sort of be smart to get up and leave. He would instead say something along the lines of, well, you know, not every... Steak can get. I mean, I there, I there must have been yeah. fashion meddling. It's just like it's like having it's like going to a restaurant, having bad service, like terrible fucking service, and then tipping them anyway. Yeah, well, and and, and targeting bit, it, it, the um the the parent company, like of the yeah. whatever thing you're in. Like it's like it's all there. I'm sure your manager. Tipping, while he's real tipping, problem. is like it's not your fault. You couldn't do anything about it. Your 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 service was not a home run. But I, I understand that it was yeah, not your I was, fault. Okay? I was constantly needing refills, and you didn't bring me my silverware, <laughs> and you, you didn't get out our appetizers in time, and I had to ask you three times for the salad that should have arrived before everything else. But you know what? Um, uh, boy, what a. I, I sure do love making like, films. In an interview format, you know, hey, Chris, you recently uh, dined at, you know, whatever restaurant. How was it? He says, well, I don't want to bash them. It's like, oh, so it was awful. So. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, I just told him about him. I don't understand the strange need to defend the writers and directors, and somehow blaming the studio for things being bad. The team of writers, the director, are those that fail. Now the studio is partially the blame too, because they okied it. But the people on yep. team have either no history of good results of their work, or are consecutive flops. Yeah, he even yeah. mentioned this, but doesn't feel the need to say that it's an important element. He's like, eh, it's the studio. Sony. It's not indicative of anything that the writers have only made bad flops. This just feels like someone worried they're gonna burn bridges if they say yep. a film is bad as a director and not a critic. Mm -hmm. It's Honestly, these comments so it... are, are like really life-affirming. Yes. <laughs> videos sucked so much. And you flip like, it the oh, okay. If you believe that Chris Stuckman is not going to say things are bad because he's worried about burning bridges, then a part of you has to be wondering, does he, is he going to say that things are better than they actually are because he wants to build bridges? Because both of these are the exact same sides of the, you know, the coin here.
At what point do you say, I can't trust this person? He's, he's given in. He's bent the knee. He's kissing the ring. It's also extremely difficult to bake a cake, but I don't go around studios asking ATM to make one if I don't know how to make a good one. Yep, There's a difference. That's the thing. $80 million. Everybody who was involved would have been paid at least six figures, probably also, seven. Can we now conclude, especially with I, I mean, the, high level. the likes of all these yep. uh, comments, he is at the very least incredibly poorly communicated his points. Yes. Yep. Because, he would have yeah. to concede that. Everyone is pointing out the thing that he thinks that he's trying not to point out. I mean, look at look at this. Like again, and that's a 1.5k likes. Between bashing creators and criticizing art, I cooked eggs yep, once, so now I can't tell you if a restaurant is any good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! Ooh, that's yeah, a good man. meme. That's a good, that's yeah, a that's good, a good meme. I, as you can tell, I thought it was good because it already had 16 likes, and I was like, I "Better know, Lord, it's pretty that's good." That's yeah. Good Food job. critic Chris. I have to say, this man. Are Angry oh, Joe. Oh Angry Joe. You <laughs> Let's go, Joe. Angry Jeez. Joe, with 2.6k likes as well. After being a follower and subscriber of yours for as long as I can remember, never feel bad about or straight out refuse to criticize something harshly when that piece of media deserves it. The second you do that you are no longer a reviewer, and that's not bashing, Madam Webb, that's telling it like it is, and you need to continue to do that to maintain credibility. People will question if you are being kind to something else for other reasons besides the merits of the media if you refuse to criticize harshly when warranted. Madam Webb is a bait and switch. It's a waste of money. It's a blatant cash in from untalented hacks with some of the most shockingly bad writing in any superhero film to date. People need to know that. I feel that because you are a filmmaker you act as if you can't do certain things anymore or can now do your job as effectively anymore, which should NT at all be the case. You can do both still, Chris. Who are you worried Why? about offending so much? Yep. This yep. video was so much soft trending when it's not warranted. You talked about everything else but this steaming pile of crap. When we want to know what you thought of it, that why we clicked. That's why we watch your videos. Never forget that for every shitty writer continuing to do movies like these, there are one thousands of other writers and directors, like yourself, who are mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet, who are far more talented getting passed over. This is something that Chris didn't even imagine as a point, which is correct. There are people who will accept these jobs knowing for you know lack of a better term they just give up in terms of the like way in pushing in in terms of getting creative stuff or they're not even creative they're there for the business side the fact they can make money i can write a shit thing like morbius and i'll eventually get mad at web and i'll just write that too quote unquote and i'll keep getting money and then there's someone next to me was like man i really care about writing you don't seem to even like recognize what you're doing but no we don't entertain that because he's a creative okay and creatives yeah, are to be there's... defended that's right. There's this element of, by allowing these shitty movies to exist, they are taking up space that could be reserved for other people. Yeah. You owe it to your audience to review something harshly when it deserves it, not tiptoe around it or sidestep it. And just because you bash a film doesn't mean you are bashing the person or people who made it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's warranted so all those involved can do better or step out of the way so that others can take their place. Don't be afraid to say what needs to be said, Chris. We want to be stuckmanized. <laughs> that's pretty funny, but I imagine that when you've got like Angry Joe coming along with a pretty lengthy comment, like criticizing this video, that yeah. my guess is that there's going to be some kind of response or follow up. This Angry is too, Joe, too bad of a reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. He did not give Chris Tuckman's video a badass seal of approval. No, he didn't. No, he didn't.
And he demanded to be stuckmanized. The crazy thing, like I said, is the 10k <laughs> sub loss. I was like, damn, this is really taking a yeah, chunk out oh, of Chris. Yeah. Chris, we want to be stuckmanized. Get stuckmanized. This was sad to watch. <laughs> I guess I won't ever come back to the channel of a movie critic who won't actually criticize a movie. Yeah. Fans, yes. why don't you use Spider-Man in your movie, Sony? Why make trillions when we could make... Billions? Haha, <laughs> I just read your description. I see you're earning a cut from people seeking mental help. Nice. It's comforting to know that when someone is at their lowest that there's a really nice YouTuber to come in and take a cut. Damn, and that's not even regarding BetterHelp's Arch. controversies. That's just an yeah, ouch. Yeah, that's just the referral link sort of thing. Sanctimony here. Something should not be free of criticism because someone worked hard on it. That can be said for nearly any movie. I think mm -hmm. you can and just it say it for all movies. For well, almost all things. Many things yeah. in life. Building a building is hard, but you expect it to remain upright and not collapse in your head. You, you know, cooking can be difficult, but you don't expect to get salmonella. Like, there's a lot of things that you just, it's hard, but there is a purpose that it has to serve. A, a, like a functionality, a base level of functionality that it has to meet. Mm-hmm. 16 minutes of, I don't want to criticize that because maybe I want to work with them someday. I miss yeah, the old Stuckman true. with the sense of humor back when he was a critic. So, oh my god. <laughs> this is, that's it for the, his YouTube section. Now we're into the, I went and had a look at what he used to do because I've been told by everybody that they used to like a lot of his stuff. And I will say, when I was checking it out, I was like, good god, he is, he like, used to seem to care somewhat. And here's a compilation of such things. Hmm. I don't think it fucking works. <laughs> the script is fucking dumb, that's fucking why. He takes a book and he's like... Oh my oh, his, god! His backgrounds... <laughs> his backgrounds used to be so much better. They used to have a lot of character. And this, looks like of character. A, this looks like a real place to it's me. Full yeah. Length. The other one is just actually... like staged and fake. <laughs> the blue lighting. <laughs> yeah, look at my blue lights. Yeah. <laughs> Look, look, it's a din it's a Mandalorian. That's I sure do love Mandalorian. This has Batman and Robin, not only posters but action figures. Mm -hmm. There's Laura Croft Tomb Raider. That's true. Love right there. That, that poster. frame photo. I love of it, the happening Cage poster. Too. Yes. There's Goku and uh and Iron Man and Hulk and and Toon Link. Zoe completely miscast. Oh yeah, look at this. Look at all of these wonderful things. Look at all Wait, the stuff. It looks so much say, more real. Was he about to say that he was. Rags is distracted by looking at his stuff. You're missing the compilation, Rags. You fuck. Uh, you, is you... fucking dumb. That's fucking why. He takes a book and he's like, <laughs> Zoe completely <laughs> miscast Deschanel. You can't see a damn oh fucking thing. And it's. Oh my God! I know. What's happened? Who is this man? The life force <laughs> sucked out of this man. Oh my god. And it's just fucking weird. I didn't like it, it was uncomfortable, I fucking hated it. I really, really, really didn't like this movie, and I expected it to be at least kind of not good. But holy fucking shit, it's so boring. So they meet up with John Legua, I ruin every movie I'm in, Zamo. Wait a second. Hey, <laughs> no, that was too hard. Jesus Christ. That's where I draw the fucking line. At least it's an opinion. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yes, that's still. Don't go after Johnny Legs. I way prefer the fact that, like, this is the Chris over, like, yeah, that's- He that, made me that, think of Ice Age. Exactly. <laughs> Second. 
That doesn't make any sense! There's barely a semblance of a narrative. It really just comes down to the unintentionally hilarious motion capture work and how horrific everyone looks. Zemnite Shyamalan a genius? Or a hack. You see, the major issue with George Clooney's portrayal as Batman, which could have been in the writing or his direction as well. Instructing the cinematographer, oh okay, now slowly dolly in on the butt-fucking dog. Her acting in this movie is so, <laughs> so bad, and I am a fan of hers. I mean, she is just downright awful in this movie. The way John Travolta's dressed, the hairpiece choices, his acting... The you see, this is his transitionary period. He's starting to... It's draining out of him now. It's like it's, it's still there, yeah, the criticism. Yeah. I see like, the background. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've got the blue idea. we got the N64. we got the SNES. We've got the Not statues. The Casual. Are you fucking idiot? Oh, is it? Yeah, I legit... I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Get out of here with What's you. What's the... You yeah, ruined I, film I, discussion. I didn't know. Not the NES. All right. <laughs> Neat. Plot? And the fact that he Limp Biscuit fucking directed it. It's just, yeah. it's a novelty item, this movie. This movie is prepackaged and gift wrapped for the hilariosity segment. The casting choices are odd. James Corden and Rebel Wilson seem extremely out of place. And the comedy that they're going for was so terribly unfunny that I just, I locked up. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, it's a B movie. You know, you're supposed to be entertained by it. It's like a, a movie where it's like, yeah, we're cheesy. We're being that way on purpose. That's, that's where I'm, well, that's, right? Yes, cheesy B movie. Because that's what everyone's going to think when they see it. This is where I fully checked out from Fred Durst as a filmmaker. I haven't seen a moment in film <laughs> that on the nose in years. The director having a character in the movie specifically, like, vocalized that he loves the director's band. I've never seen a moment so in your face as that. Oh my god, wait a second, I don't care anymore. What were my problems with this movie again? I forgot about everything. I love this movie. I'm not gonna <laughs> criticize the music, and I'm also not going to <laughs> praise this film for its music, because for the most part, this movie didn't invent any of this music. I really don't have anything else to say. Cats gets an F. This is a short review, oh I know, god. but there is nothing redeeming about this movie. I found it hilarious in all of the wrong ways, insanely boring. Despite the story's how not hard everybody worked on it, there is nothing redeeming yeah. about this Motion but capture you, you is get, expensive, like, and it takes a lot of work and effort, and think yeah, of all the design studio, elements, though. and no. yeah. Mm. That's Do you true. get how he used oh, to be yeah. a normal human, though? Can you see it? It's all there. Yeah. yeah. And he's not a human anymore. He's just like a... <laughs> he's, more, he's more vegetable than animal. I hated the CG. The music was fine, but it's taken from something else. This is just an embarrassing movie that never should have been made, and I honestly am just baffled that it exists. And if it was today, he'd be like, I'm not going to talk about cats. I'm not going to talk yeah, about it. I'm not going to talk about cats. Yeah. People work hard on cats. Oftentimes, the first decision or the first idea that you have when you're writing or, in the case of an actor, performing is probably the worst idea. Usually when you're crafting, say, a screenplay and it's your first draft, usually the first idea is good enough to get you from page to page and craft a good first draft that you can then go back and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And usually oh you come God. up with second, oh. third. He's giving advice to creatives. He's being critical of the creative process. Third, fourth, and fifth ideas that are way better than that first one, because probably the first one was the most obvious. In the case of Travolta's performance in this movie, and the way he's directed, it's always the most obvious first choice. Exactly what you would think he'd do with a character such as Moose. So X-Men Origins, this was an attempt at a big franchise. I think it failed on every level possible. Directing, style, CG, acting script. Yes, I mean, when a studio makes a film 
And that film has specific points that reference and make fun of this one, Deadpool. Yeah. When another studio's like, let's just make a movie and make fun of the last thing we tried to do. Like, that's just... It, it baffles me that this film and The Wolverine have the same IMDb score. It says something about our culture and the blind love for bad things. And the blind love for bad things. Oh, now we're on to this is going to be the final section, but the okay. All I would ask of Chris is, does he disavow all of what he said in those clips? That's an interesting he, question. He would write it on a resume. He'd be like, "I disavow anything I said I think before 2022 or whatever." It is curious that not only do we have him saying that he will never do what he's done before again, and that also people saying this is exactly how a critic should act and this is good going forward. He's left up all of his most clicked and influential videos that criticize creatives. Should he not take them down? Should he continue to benefit financially from something that he condemns in the future? Hmm. I think that they can be fun. They can be interesting. They can be helpful. And they can be an exploration of expression. And I don't Cathartic. think they should be taken down. And I think that he has completely lost his way. I think... Chris Duckman has been assassinated by the new Chris Duckman. The cowardly Chris Duckman. See, there you go. That's the title. We can go home now. I'm going to go home. Chris Evans <laughs> I was going to see how long I get that silence to go for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Final section, uh, this is something we should have covered fucking ages ago, I don't know why it took so long. Uh, this is something that happened, and you'll have... I feel like I shouldn't give any context, to be honest with you, we should just let this play out. But that uh, Rag isn't back yet, and he's going to want to know the full context for this. So oh, I suppose gee. we'll just have to talk for a moment. But the, that was quite a journey, wouldn't you say? Because this is like an additional, this is, this is like a, you know, this is like the after credit scene, so to speak. It was quite a journey. What have you learned, Cap? What have you learned? Um, I have learned that uh, the way to make it as a filmmaker is to shit all over the studios you want to finance your movies. That's okay. a good strategy. Uh, they really like it when you do that. And it's a great way of ensuring that in the future, you'll just get unlimited money to do whatever you want. Is that it? Is that all the insight we have today? Is this all you can summon, Saruman? That wasn't Let's ask the, the other members of our fine panel. What did you guys learn? What did I learn from that video? Oh, oh well, I, I didn't learn it, but I suppose it reinforced it. Uh, just say it in a nice tone of voice, and you can get away with a lot. Should have said that in That's a nice tone of voice. I could have. Did I say that? And I don't know that I did. I probably well, imagine, should have said it in a nicer tone of voice. But we're just yeah. like happily talking about somebody, just be like, oh yeah, uh, you know, Chris Duckman. He's just like the most destructive force for you know film criticism. But um, yeah, we'll probably just you know just talk about some other stuff as well. And just like, oh well, what was that? And you're like, nothing, nothing at all. I don't Jay actually Longbone, think that. By the way, did you learn, Jay Longbone? Did you learn not to be annoying or not to call people <laughs> annoying? I should say. Yeah, I also learned how to not be a mammy, which is something someone called me because of that fucking tweet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bunch of shit. But, like, yeah, I would uh, 
say ditto to what Fringy said, uh, but also to add on to it, I, I, I learned that I feel very sorry. Did you, um, were you a fan of Chris Tuckman before, or did you just, like, like, what's your, your point of view on him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I subscribed to him, and I like some of his stuff yeah, back during that, yeah, the golden era, some spirit, and then he started to get, like, worse and worse and more withdrawn, I guess. And, like, you just, he's one of those people that you're subscribed to him because you just forgot to unsubscribe. <laughs> you just kill, you still keep finding his videos in your feed uh, for some reason. You just don't know why you're still hanging on to him. But, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I kind of pity him because it's just, like, it, it takes a lot to beat down your spirit this much. I don't know what it is. Now, like, I'm not being, you know, passive-aggressive or anything. I'm genuinely worried. Yeah, um, because a lot of people are saying that the reason he's ended up the way that he has is because he works so hard on films. And you're like, so why did that kill his spirit? Mm-hmm. Anyway, hey, Rex. He, that would, that, Hello, you, hi. Like, you think that would boost his, uh, his happiness oh, about shit. films? <laughs> oh, he goes again. Oh, um, there he goes. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, the because like we've got a few chapters in EFAP's history now on Chris Duckman, and if he does make a response video, depending on how interesting it is, we might end up covering him again. Because I'm curious if he would respond to all of this in some attempt at being coherent, because he needs to do so much more work. And if he was to try and go as far as saying something like, you know, I, I don't have the time anymore because I'm working on my major projects, it's like, well, then maybe stop making like crazy claims. A bit, a bit reckless. Um, yeah, since I have no idea when the rags may or may not return, I suppose we will just carry on. Also, uh, someone Wait. mentioned... What? Before we do, um, have any of you seen his video about leaving the Jehovah's Witness? Uh, oh, yeah, group? yeah. Isn't that the one where he said he was pansexual or something? Uh, I don't remember that part specifically, but honestly, it's probably the best video he's ever made. He's not talking about a mm -hmm. movie, he's just talking about his experience growing up as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, it's a really interesting video, and ironically, probably the best thing he's ever made. So I would recommend that. Well, I've, I've heard some people say, could it, him being uh, a part of a Jehovah's Witness explain the lack of emotion? And I was just like, but he wasn't lacking emotion once mm -hmm. upon a time. Yeah, he seemed like he was like an actual... I mean, like we meme about it, but he did seem quite human... You know, like he felt like an actual person. He felt like he had emotions and he had things to share and opinions and he wanted to let the world know that I, I, he didn't say I love movies. He implied that he loved movies in the way that he talked about movies. And he had a passion for criticizing things and talking about stuff. And I like this and I hate that. And, and some of the joke kind of hit and he was expressive and emotive and he moved his hands. He moved physically <laughs> his hands around. He would gesticulate. Well, I never watched him. Uh, and also, it was mentioned that we may have covered this before, but I mean, I don't remember that we did. Did we? Do you, does this seem familiar to you, Rags, uh, RLM and Stuckman? Oh, they they had his. Uh, they were talking about like. Well, wait! Don't say it critic. if you know what it is, because. Oh, some okay, don't. okay, yeah, I do. I do think that I have to. Um, All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the important part of this is more so the angle that a lot of people have highlighted who he wants to work with, but the one angle that I didn't see many people highlighting, but I still think has merit, is. Uh, if he can discourage everyone from criticizing filmmakers, then when he releases his film, he might be able to set a, a, an easier time for himself instead of dealing with everyone saying, nah, you're shit, brr. 
I think, well, I mean, there's probably some truth to that. I think a lot of people well, who make content, they can have a certain vibe to them that sort of staves off criticism. How has he dealt with quote-unquote criticism before? Let us, let us <gasps> see. And this episode of Review, and this episode of Review, who are you going to call? That's right, the Ghostbusters. What is going on, guys? How are you doing? Uh, normally, I don't like to make cell phone videos, but I thought, why the hell not? It's Facebook, who cares? Um, this is something I was not going to address or even really worry about. But at the same time, I care about my fans. and I want to make sure you guys know how I feel because you guys really are the best. When I say it in the videos, I mean it. You're the best. Um, that being said, people like to overblow things, which is common on the internet. It happens quite often, as a lot of you know. Today, we're talking about the Ghostbusters, the 1984 comedy film starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Hill Ramis, and Ernie Hudson. Rich. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Red Letter Media, my favorite YouTube channel, favorite YouTube channel, have liked them for what, 10 years? Was it 07 when they started? So like nine years? 08 maybe? I don't know. What? You're a YouTuber, but you're not an asshole YouTuber. Oh, fuck. Love them. Love their videos. Love, love, love their videos. Always have. You can ask my friends. We'll say things in the Plinket voice all the time. Queen Amidal and the protagonist, we do it all the time. It's the best. Now, as you can tell, I'm building up something. What did they do to him? He's quite broken I right now. Know. They've done they've know. done something to him to make him say all of this. And the clips of RLM of what I'm building up in the background, they're heading toward making a statement on him and, and obviously it's had an effect. So we're we're soon to discover what that is. I love their videos. Favorite YouTube channel ever. Uh I've donated money to their website. <laughs> multiple times. I've bought their film Space Cop. Watched it. Enjoyed it. You're a liar. <laughs> That's okay. They didn't even enjoy it. They didn't even enjoy it. Um, but you're not an asshole YouTuber. Oh, fuck. I got confused. Yeah. Never got to talk to him, though. And the first time that I ever got mentioned in one of their videos was jokingly, harmlessly, uh, being referred to as a prick. I saw a red curtain. I thought we were that one prick. What's his name? Uh, there's so many pricks I, out I, there. I can't remember his fucking... They, uh, Rich Evans was talking about, uh, uh, oh, the prick, uh, the prick with the red background. You know that one prick? And then they, uh, uh Mike was like, no, you're not one of those asshole YouTubers. Uh, which prick is that? And then they had, like, a picture of, uh, of me and Jeremy Johns, my friend. My friend. And it was like, one of these pricks? And then it, that was their intro. And um, they took, like, a photo of me that has a blue background and, and used Photoshop to make the background red to sort of make the, the joke punch more, to make it hit more, you know? When you are a huge fan of somebody like that, and that's the first time you ever get mentioned after supporting them for so many years, for me, there was just a moment where I was like, oh, okay. I mean, if that's how they feel about me, then Okay. That's fine. And it doesn't did sound I fine. say or do anything about it? No. I did remove them from my channel box, though, and it was sort of an impulse decision. <laughs> I, I mean... I don't, I don't I, know. I don't know if I want to... Like, I... Yeah, I've... Okay. Like, all right. Like, it clearly bugged you. And I guess that's fine, you know, to be bugged by that. I get called you know, a prick by people who like me all the time. Yeah, it's like, I mean... Uh, 
I think the um the key is whenever red light media make fun of you, uh, you should be excited. Yeah. They usually do silly shit and fun shit. You should never assume <laughs> that they hate you for for that clip especially where they're just like, "Who's that one prick?" and then they throw three people on screen. You just like, "Oh, you do this to me." And it wasn't something I did in anger, but I think most people in my position, when you go out of your way to promote someone um, without ever being asked, and, and you're just doing it because you love their content. Yeah, that's what and then promotion the first typically time is. They ever seem to notice you is that, even though it is a small joke, part of me was kind of like, I guess I don't really want to promote them because Damn. I, if that's how they feel about me because as i said i've never actually gotten the chance to talk to them or meet them then i guess they probably don't even want to be promoted by me so i took them out of my channel box impulse decision they're back there now in my box because i messaged them on twitter because i realized they follow me on twitter and i was like oh well maybe okay well i'll send them a private message i bet you knew that and before i did this and happened. i was like we're good right like this is clearly a joke and they replied almost instantly like dude no one here thinks you're a prick like we're fine man it was it was a joke and and we weren't even really talking about you we just kind of threw that photo in there because you're a big youtuber and i was like i figured that you know <laughs> which almost makes you wonder why did you make this video if uh, yeah god it's, it's so just it's just I don't know. It's just a vibe, all right? I don't it's think he deals with people being mean very well. Uh, which is not unreasonable in terms of a human trait, but you can move past that and get over it with just a bit of, you know, introspection and moving on in life and accepting that, yep, everyone can be a prick. I mean, he must receive all kinds of horrible things from all kinds of comment sections because he's a popular YouTuber. That's just, like, part of the course. Um, and uh, uh, admittedly, you'd be like, yeah, but this is from someone he cares about. And it's like, okay, but it was clearly for fun. Like, they, they just, they called him a prick. It's like, I don't know why this is such wasn't, a detrimental He, he wasn't even, they weren't even doing an impression of him. Like, no. it's not even clear that he was the one they were even talking about. Yeah, because Rich sounded way more lively than Chris does. Couldn't have been him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, no. yeah, maybe he was re referencing old Chris. Exactly. It's all good. We're all friends here. You know, we're, we're all friends. adults. We talked for a bit on Twitter privately, and that was it. No one's upset. No one's angry. No mm -hmm. one. I don't uh, believe you. Mad. Everything's good. We're all don't... adults here, like I said. Mm -hmm. and... Uh huh. Mm hmm. So, why did you make this? Why did you I... make this? Why is this video exist? It's just, look, all right. I'm, 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 my, my thumb is hovering over the X button right now, okay? It's hovering over that X button. You press X with your thumb? Uh, what else? Do you press the face buttons of a controller with any other finger? Oh, I, I was, I was PC gamer minded. I was, no, you're, yeah, you're right. I was, yeah. I was just in PC gamer mode. I was thinking, I was just thinking it's so you, weird to put... You had to press the A button and like the, the circle button or the X button with your so index listen, finger? 
I'm so I'm a I'm a PC gamer. I don't think about controllers and everything. God. So I was like, I just First thought it was so strange. The SNES was the NES, and then also, you Rags, you totally play PC games with controller game. though as well. Yes, right? I have. It was just been so long ago that when you say press X, I think like the the keyboard, the letter X. <laughs> I was like, what oh is my god. This? Totally the fine. only issue is that I forgot to put them back in my channel box. This is... It, who the fuck cares, man? You, like, <laughs> just, so, did so anyone strange. notice? He's <laughs> upset. He's upset. That's the, so yeah, that's strange. the point. He's trying to argue he's not upset, but he's very upset. It's very easy to remove somebody from your channel box. You just click an X. Yeah, but it's like because I said, you... A, I, I like how it's like, it's easy. Up, yeah, but I you hope. chose to do it because you were mad. And it's okay, kind of. But like, well, yeah. This, this is, like I said, this is supposed to illustrate. I think this informs his perspective on the whole. Like, we should stop being mean to people who make films, right? Because on the one time that he got called a prick in a joke by RLM, it really bugged him. This, this, this hurt but him a bit. Yeah. Again, if if you're not, you're never gonna. You cannot convince the world to not be critical. That's just not like that is. That's like an impossible task. I don't even know what that looks like. Where you could just convince people en masse to just be chill whenever they decide to drive to the theater, spend however much it costs to buy a ticket, you know, 10, sit 11, there for 12, a couple hours. Because yeah. over here, you could be paying 20 bucks. Um, yeah, maybe. And, and, and then sit there and watch a film and then walk out of it and just go like, hmm, kind of didn't like that movie. You're like, I don't, th I don't know how you can ever expect to embark on the journey of convincing people to not have gut reactions to the things that they see, ever. Um, you just have to accept that if you're going to create stuff, you're going to get criticized. Sometimes it's going to be fair, sometimes it's going to be bullshit, but if you can't deal with criticism, you are going to struggle if you want to do any creative enterprise. And it sucks because he used to like have a semblance of it, right? Like recognizing individual skill sets and tasks and industries within the production of a movie and being able to stretch out his like praise and criticism to differing levels and then respect the fact that time was taken but that a project was bad that was created overall that people pay for and they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to pay for something that's drac essentially but like he's he's lost all of that and i have to imagine you know there's, there's no definitive proof and i'm not a psychologist but the fact that he takes criticism so badly and then he sees the Filmmaking is difficult, and he's like, fuck, I don't want to have to deal with, like, a torrent of people saying you're a pathetic, you know, whiny idiot who thought he could do it but can't. All this sort of mean stuff is like, I think I think I should use my position as a force for good and advocate that we should stop uh, anything other than film's celebration. But, I mean, I just, what does that look like? You wouldn't, what, what is the world that you can create where you will have convinced the majority of people when they walk out of a film to never think something negative about it when they walk yeah. out of the, the theater. The thing is, he could have advocated... He could have advocated that we stop being unnecessarily cruel. That would have been pretty straightforward well, that yeah. nobody would really disagree yeah. with. He teaches us where to direct our criticism, maybe. Mm -hmm. But instead he said, I won't review it because I don't want to bash a movie. Well, when yeah. you're, if, you, if your dream comes true and you do get put in charge of making big movies and writing them and directing them, you better... You better th you better be really good at doing that because well, and even even in the unnecessarily cruel video, he should probably recognize like there's times where it can be really entertaining or it can be as part of an, an art project in and of itself. 
there's a lot of things in the world like satirist satiristic uh productions that are based on trying to make Satirical. fun of another thing yeah well, his his apparent love of filmmaking it never comes through in his videos. Now it's the most boring, dull, flat shotted look trailer footage kind of stuff you can come up with. You you'd have to he would have to tell you over and over and wear t shirts that explicitly state it and insist over <laughs> and over. No, no, no. I really do love films. That's why that doesn't show up in my videos in in any way. How I shoot like cinematic venom. When both of the times that we've covered him, the second time he was on, great video, he actually did something that was like interesting and clever, where when he responded to his old video, he shot it, like, but he bought a jacket to match the old one that he had, he found the tree, he acted like he was a time traveler responding to his past self. Like, if, I get more, I get more filmmaking vibes from that than I've really ever seen from Chris Stuckman. I mean, to be fair, he's, he, the passion used to be there, but like even in production, he never really implemented any um, of what he learned in filmmaking into his YouTube videos, which he could have. It was an impulse thing where I thought to myself, well, if that's really how they feel about me, then I, I guess I don't really have to promote them anymore. But I wasn't going to say anything about it. I can't speak for the, the person in the but video that's what that you're they doing were here. clearly making fun of, because it isn't the first time they've made fun of that person either. And like I said, he is my so friend. What, so what is it meant to be that they're making fun of either Jeremy Johns or Armored Skeptic? I don't know what conclusion sure. he's reaching, but the conclusion he should have reached was just they're just having a bit of fun. It's nothing it was serious. a meme. It's a joke. Yeah, it was it's a fun a joke. joke. Yeah, it's just a little joke. Just a little jokey joke. It was kind of like, uh, but like I said, <laughs> I <laughs> we talked about it. Like Red Letter Media and I actually got to talk about it. And it's, fine no one's mad no one's angry nobody's angry people are overblowing <laughs> things as usual um he's mad to so be honest or you to be called a prick by red letter media in a video is kind of a compliment <laughs> uh is it no but, um, uh, is it you didn't treat it like it was a compliment no you got very upset so because that's, that's, hmm. <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's a real laugh who who else would you want to call you a prick just some random asshole. Well, I mean, evidently you plank. didn't because you removed them from like your channel. And you just told us. You told us the story, Chris. Seconds told us the ago. story and the reasoning. I don't understand. Like what? Why is and this video? Like, why would I promote somebody exist? who called me a prick? But I mean, really, it's a compliment. <laughs> oh my goodness! Fucking Plinket, of course. Still my favorite YouTube channel. Honestly. My goodness. Um, it was just like this weird thing where I was like, "Does this not feel like someone uh, nudges you into a wall who was your best friend in, in primary or elementary school, and then you you like cry, and then you come up to them later and say you're still my best friend, but I just thought you should know that I just wanted to make sure you knew when you pushed past me, you hit you hit me, and like we were best friends, you did hit me, but the ultimate is kind of funny, but." We're, we're still best friends. Just like, what the fuck's yeah. happening? And I think it was really a compliment <laughs> that you did it. I'm glad you did it, actually. Now that like, we've talked about it. Oh, right, so, sorry. And then we talked about it. I was like, oh, it's fine. You know? This Is it weird that he's in a room that's like dark blue? Is it weird? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of an, I, I that's an odd color for a room. I feel like the most blue. normal color for a wall is, is cream slash white. Yeah, um, like, because yeah. you want to, because the color of your walls is going to be, it, it, it's going to impact how bright the room gets, right? Um, That's true. It's really important for interior design what your sources of light are, and you know, east and west facing windows, things of that nature. Oh my but god, is... Rags the architect here. Yeah, my parents are architects. Um, but it's it's just it's odd to me that he has a dark blue room. 
I wonder what the reason is. This like his movie room where he watches movies and stuff? Because that might make maybe, sense. Maybe if that's his yeah, place where maybe. he watches all this stuff. Because you'd want a darker room for that. Maybe that's it. Maybe this is the the sanctum. <laughs> this is the Stuckman sanctum where he, he watches are. his films. People overblow things. People make something out of nothing. And uh, everyone's happy. <laughs> like you. Everything's everyone's good. happy, man. I got a shit ton of editing to do. But I'm not I'm mad. Sure I'm not mad. You're not mad. I'm not mad. The facts. And, uh, excuse me. Facts. And we're aware that, uh, yeah, nothing is wrong. <laughs> No, oh my god have a good day guys look forward to more uh, videos i am working a lot right now on them i need to stop eating domino's pizza though because it's so easy to just order a pizza when you're editing it's so easy to do that okay you guys the ever grease affect your brain That's what well, i will say i will say that on the on the topic of food I was gifted for my birthday an air fryer. Oh and hell yeah! They're they're pretty. Yeah, I've never had an air fryer before. Now, oh, let me great. tell you, the whole new world of possibilities has been opened up for me. So far, I've really been enjoying my air fryer. So, something to think about if you need something quick and easy. Hell yeah, air fryers are great. Oh yeah, I've been doing like broccoli, green beans with them, some chicken thighs. I've even tried some bacon in it. But like veggies and stuff, oh, per excellent! Highly recommended. Good, potatoes good stuff. Are good. Oh yeah, that's on my uh, that's on my to do list because you know, I love my I love potatoes. Oh boy, I sh I love potatoes. <laughs> so that's it. Adventure complete. Wow. Woo! I learned so much. What did you learn, Rags? Hmm. Yes, you weren't here when we were talking about what that's we true. learned. So you got to provide an answer. Well, Give me a, give me about a minute. Let me think about it, and I'll switch you this food. Okay. Hmm. What are the generic questions can we ask about what we've been through today? Uh, I'll I have a random thing. So I I can I keep coming back to David Fincher in my mind because I feel like he's a filmmaker that actually has a rather mature understanding of the sort of relationship between filmmakers and studios. He rather infamously was a, a victim, if you want to use that word, of intense studio meddling. Rather famously, Alien 3 was a disaster, and he disowned the movie. But he, since then, has said a quote that I quite like, that I come, to, I come back to a lot when I hear people talk like this about studios. He says, I don't make movies in spite of the people who pay for them. It's like, mm. yeah, of course. I like that quote one. a lot. Yeah. I'm not doing it to, like, get one over on them. All right, they, like, they're a partner in the process. I don't fund my own movies. They're a necessary part, and I tell them exactly what I want to do and why and explain it all to them, and then we make the movie. Like an adult. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like a bunch of, like, because that's what movie making is. It's a collaborative process, collaborative process between a lot of different people that have different roles that all ultimately create something that's bigger than their individual part. If you're a director, you have to know how to be able to talk to the costume designers and the hairstylists and the, you know, set people and the film guys and the best boy, whatever that guy does. Um, you, you're going to have to find out, you know, what, what do you do and how do we all make it work? I'm, I'm kind of like the leader of this team. Do you think about what you've about. learned? I, I did think about what, first off, I learned don't, don't call Chris Stuckman a prick, even jokingly. He'll take it very seriously and he'll be very upset. I um, think so. Uh, Twitter's a cesspool. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> There really is a lot 
of probably tactical advantage that can be gained from playing the nice guy. And a lot of people want that sentiment. But I think that when it actually comes to it, people are not going to live that sentiment. Um, Chris can't do it because he, he doesn't seem like he's a bright lad. And he doesn't understand that what he was saying his, the entire time in that video was what he claimed to be the opposite of what he's saying. And I don't think he's pulling a 40 chess on us. Um, I learned that people understand the difference broadly, and this is good. People understand the difference between being critical and being like in personally attacking someone. And the people want things to be criticized. And I think that you're failing sort of your, your self-appointed duty as a movie reviewer by not criticizing the things that need it, because it's the other side of praise. Um, you are undermining people's trust in you when you have this attitude and when everyone can see it, even if you haven't said it explicitly. Everyone knows the game that you're playing. Um, and ultimately, I've also learned, especially with its last segment, watching the clips of old Chris Stuck, or like, I guess he was, yeah, I, it's weird, he was younger back then, but old Chris Stuckman was that, he, he seemed like a really you know, neat guy who was very down-to-earth, very human and relatable. And it seems that in a sort of subtle and semi-terrifying way, he's sort of been chewed up and spat out by this aspiration that he doesn't want to be... He thinks that being a first-rate YouTuber is maybe... That in and of itself isn't good enough. Better to be a filmmaker who makes real stuff. Because when I, when I look at his videos, I never see that spark of creativity. I never see that desire to make things and to... And, and to let your self-expression flow through what is ultimately a medium where you are essentially creating mini-movies. You're making five to ten little mini-movies about you and how you feel about things. You have camera equipment. You have access to editing. You have your stupid fucking blue room. You have all this stuff that you can do and you never utilize it. You sound just like a boring, boring person. Who I think... Has to, um... I want to yeah. add to that point that you make in there, Rags, about the sort of attitude towards, um, I guess, YouTube creation as lesser than older, more established um, forms. It seems to me that it's good if you're entering into any creative pursuit to try and focus in as much as possible on what is it that you want to do slash like about any given medium whether it's, you know, movies or video games or music or, you know, um, like art or any of these sorts of things to try and focus in as much on what is it about that medium that you find exciting that you want to learn how to do and get less out of the mindset of like the status symbols that can be attached to a lot of these sorts of things of like, I'm a filmmaker working in Hollywood rather than the lowly YouTuber who's sitting in their home office, you know, making something that they're really passionate about and excited about and putting a lot of work into. Um, but, like, that attitude can be... Because it seems like there's so many people who basically view, like, YouTubers... Well, that's the lesser thing. That's the stepping stone to the real thing that I want to do, uh, rather than an end in and of itself. Absolutely. It is always better, probably, to be a first-rate YouTuber instead of a second-rate filmmaker. Well, it's it's funny because you could go for the whole like big fish in a small pond or whatever, but it's like it's not really that. It's just you're a fish in the pond that you like. It's a nice pond. It's it's and the, and then the people are saying, yeah, but that other pond's better. It's like I mean, you say that, but like this pond's real nice, you know. 
This pod's real nice, and I got access to plenty. What if? What if? What does like a regular fish eat? What do they? What do they eat? Other than oh, smaller uh, fish, potentially. No, oh, I was. That was my first answer. Other fish, but they eat like oh, plants, like algae. They eat little bugs and little bitty, you know, like shrimps. Krill. Krill. Fish are not my area of expertise when it comes to animals. Right? Algae and kelp. Fish are friends. Yeah, I suppose really. so. Fish are friends and food, I guess, as well. Um. So I, like, if you are a YouTuber and you aspire to be a filmmaker, it might be worthy to ask yourself, what is it about being a filmmaker? What does that enable me to do that in a meaningful sense I can't actually do here? Is it... Is it well, yeah, why, why would I shop my film around to festivals rather than just throwing it up on YouTube for everybody to see for free, for instance? Do you want to like have access why? to famous actors? Do you want to? Do you need a big budget for your CGI things? I mean, what is it exactly that you're trying to move away from to get to that will innate? You know, what are you trying to enable yourself to do? Because as a YouTuber, you can write books. You can just sit down in front of your camera and say, you know, I've been writing some ideas out for some plots and stuff, and you know, sometimes I, I, I like to visit these and toss them at you guys and see what you think and. Maybe you can tell me about, you know, these ideas and see if they're good or not. And you just tell people your ideas for your general concepts for things. Or maybe those concepts make it in to the reviews of what you're covering. Like it often does when we're covering stuff, when we're talking about movies and shows. Our own ideas, they just bleed through into what we're talking about because we're, I think, pretty creative people. I wonder if this is going to gradually destroy his channel in that the big appeal of him is his honest takes on films and he's openly admitted that he doesn't want to do that anymore and now he's shown us a really bad example of that exact thing and then he's going to release his film and if it doesn't do well or even if it's like good and doesn't get that much engagement i wonder if he's going to have to just by you know sheer financial reasons go back to Come reviewing crawling movies back. and uh, mm -hmm. it'll be at first under the guise of something right like, oh no, this one's different because the creator has actually come out and said this, that, and the other thing. Or I decided to catch up on some older movies that are well out of, like, you know, the creators of them are dead now. So I can do some fun reviews of that or something. But then eventually just slip back into what he was doing. I wonder if that'll happen. Don't forget, you're here forever. <laughs> <It's>, um... <laughs> well, it, it, it would be Thanos is, like, reviewing YouTube you know, stuff. And he's just like your failure brought you back to me sort of thing, right? Like, it's... it's oh. It would be kind of poetic. Chad has reminded me. He did do that. His Batman vs. Superman script. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, that's right. The legendary Ooh, Batman vs. Superman. We definitely covered that. Tell that to Sod Snap Neck. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful meme. It's a really good meme. That we see pop meme. up even in our community. It's a really meme. Oh, thank you, meme. Chatter, for reminding me of that. That's oh. the, um... The Beowin meme for the stream. It relates to oh, okay. a great Chris Stuckman drawing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good Chris Stuckman drawing. <laughs> Get Stuckmanized. I just like, I love the angry Joe ended his comment with, I want to get Stuckmanized. <laughs> like, you didn't Stuckmanize this in the new one. Got a stuck with What does that even mean? Get stuck. What does that even mean at this point? It's the vibe. I don't know. It's just vibe. feel it. I feel like it it means you're you're being like mind controlled into being I was about positive, to say it's like, like you're getting you're assimilated, drugged. you know? You yeah. get dragged into the machine and, and injected with the flames that transform yeah. you into a stuckman nice. What's the uh, what's the Aldous Huxley novel, Brave New World? Mm-hmm. Take your your happy pills. Yeah. Your Soma. 
Take your Stockman eyes. Take your Stockman pills so you can never be critical. I only happy thoughts here. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, um, Jay Longbone, since you're the, 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 the cause of all of this pain for so yes, many people, honor. the <laughs> disgusting monster <laughs> that... Just next time, just don't call him annoying. Just say, you know what? I have feelings about this, and then present it, and that's it. Maybe that will get you the uh, the chill. Or you should have said, I agree with him on almost every single thing he said, except and then label everything he said, so that you know people don't get past that first sentence and they just they upvote you being like, yeah, I agree with him as well. Um, no, just yes, do round table. One hundred percent be a simp. Should all literally next be this. <laughs> Everyone literally should be just like Chris. No yes. one's gonna do what he did, but sure. Don't yes. be critical of movies, movie reviewers. In any Don't case, you know that's bad. What are you up to? Tell peoples what's what's happening. Even though, oh, well, uh, I was gonna say other oh, than wait, pissing yeah. off everybody, other than trying oh, to make okay. us watch more porn with you. <laughs> yeah, well, that day is gonna come. There's another one of those. Remember, there's another one of those 365 days movies. So, thank goodness. You better oil up. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> you got to find out how it all ends, you know, together. So to speak. Yeah. Anyway, I got a channel where I review stuff and react to stuff. Another video coming out later this week. So if you want to subscribe, you can look out for that. But yeah, check out my reviews and other videos. Enjoy. Excellent. Wonderful. Um, and of course, well, we mentioned a good old drinker, uh, Gary, and Chris Gore was here for a few moments. He he, he had lots of opinions. It's funny, because, like, a lot of people wanted to talk about this, including them, and it was like, oh, this will be a perfect opportunity, but everybody was, like, super busy with all the different kinds of, um, time zones and stuff. But someone who yeah. clearly wasn't was Capital Opinions. What are you up to? <gasps> Tell people. That's me. Tell people right now. All right. Well, uh, we're streaming regularly now on Sundays. Uh, we did a stream like two weeks ago or something that Fringy and Rags joined for, and it was a lot of fun yeah, talking it was about fun. Napoleon yeah, and Ridley we Scott. Ripped into a creative, so nice. Don't say we. You weren't. Yeah, you there. weren't there, Mahler. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I said you ripped into a creative. You bastard. Okay, I heard then. we. That's okay then. No, he was saying like, I, I like would Napoleon. We. I would never like, rip yes. into a creative because that's not what you're supposed to do. I'd rip into the studio. True. The studio forced Ridley to did. say the mean things about the French. Rip into the French parliament. <laughs> uh, yeah. So regular streams on Sundays. Stay tuned for that. And then Devs is very, very close to done. I know you probably don't believe Yay. me, but it's true. Devs episode four coming soon. Ooh. And that's what I got. Beautiful. Links to everyone's channels are in the description. We appreciate you all for. Uh, what well, was quite a the, the you you guys really liked this episode I think at least that's what I'm gathering. Um, it was a, Chris always he always brings him in. Chris is quite a he's quite a character. It was funny setting it up. I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to include his comment section. I obviously got to, the whole the whole original point was just to look at what people said to Jay Longbone. And I was like, oh, I gotta have context. And then when I was listening to his video, I was like, what did the director even say about our own movie? I'll just go check. Oh. That's what I mean. Like the video just kept fucking growing in size. So I was like, oh, I should put that there, put that there, put that there. Then memes. You must want to be a filmmaker. Uh, maybe. Who knows? But you should um, wear a shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Rags, Fringy. What did you guys want to say, if anything at all? Um, not ready to say anything yet. I think I'm getting over a hump. Life has been very, very busy. A lot going on. But hopefully, you never know. Hopefully. 
Um, I'm just working. The current project is EFAB TV Hello Season 2, which has been... Woo! Oh, man. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, uh, that and other things. You know the deal. We have to just watch two episodes in two days, Fringy. Are you excited? Woo. Um, Woo! yeah, I'm so excited to see the fall of Reach. It's gonna be yes. really... I'm sure that it's gonna be... I'm sure it's going to rival both The Fall of Reach, the novel, and Halo Reach in terms of its epicness and riveting storytelling. Well, but that's, yeah, that's also, me, Editing Dungeon. You know today, uh, Loki should have come out, but obviously we were here in its place, so it'll go out tomorrow instead. I get, oh wait, this needs to go out too. I try not to do more than one upload per day. Fuck! <gasps> what if I put this uh, out? Well, it could go out on, uh, on EFAB, you know? No, because right? that's when Fellowship no. of the Ring's coming out. Oh, right, okay. Jeez, there's so much stuff, guys. I guess we could do Friday. Loki Friday, everybody. I'll I'll aim it to be complete before Ooh. Friday Night Tights, so you don't have to uh, you don't have to pick between the legendary entertainment of both. I'll uh I'll set her up so because this this episode you're listening to right now will be out on Thursday, more than likely. Because I gotta upload it, get it ready, that sort of thing. Also, someone just said this stream was pointless. How was it pointless? pointless? We just went over like <laughs> yeah, a million yeah. arguments from everyone. <laughs> we learned so you much. It, as a group. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you here then? Yeah, N word. Listen, yeah. If, you, if you walked away from this stream thinking it was pointless, then I can see that you're probably a Chris Stuckman fan and you Damn. think he's I'm sorry. On that note, I, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to feel that you think that. I, I disagree. I think there were many points. What's going to happen uh, is, is now Fellowship of the Ring will come out this Saturday because this episode will be this week's EFAP. Following week, it'll be the Sunday just after. No, wait, the Monday? No, Sunday. Ugh. Basically, you're getting Fellowship, then a week, and then Two Towers, then a week, then Return of the King, then a week, and then all the mini movies. I think they're actually called mini movie or movies minis or some that me and Omega are figuring it out. Of which, like I said, there are either 26 or 7 of them, but plus the three Lord of the Rings and then the weeks, that's. 30 weeks of Lord of the Rings stuff that you may oh, or may not good. have seen. That's so right. that'll be if fun. You want to watch those videos to see Sauron get stuckmanized. Ooh. Um, but yeah, on that note, that's all I've got to say. You'll also get your uh, Super Chat catch-ups are also coming out uh, with any days that are free from uploads as well. Muller is just pumping. Got all the stuff on it all the time. Still that's working right. through Loki. Who knows what else Chris Stuckman might want to work for the big budget studios, but we at EFAP we really know where the money and the support comes from. It comes from all of you. It comes from our incredible fine audience who stuck home. with us. The what fine, fine people at home. Bouncing from Loki to Halo to Lord of the Rings to Chris Stuckman. That's just, look at that. Yeah, we, we need your super chats to pay for our better help therapists after watching <laughs> Loki and Halo. Um, oh, and also, because uh, we haven't mentioned it in a couple of episodes, you got the uh, the EFAB Highlights channel is still just, just popping out all kinds of things. If you oh, haven't yeah, yet subscribed... Yeah. It's uh, it's doing all kinds of things. You never know what's going to happen next. If you're a fan of EFAP, it's a fun thing to jump into, I think. Uh, yeah, the channel's really great. It's awesome to go and revisit a lot of EFAP moments because we've got, we got quite a library at this point. It's great to go back a certain amount of years sometimes and see the origins of memes and old EFAPs and people we've covered. So even for us, yeah. good stuff. Is, um, it, it like bounces between the sort of cuts of the new stuff and then just random old stuff that pops in based on everyone's sort of uh, requests and links in the comment section if you just want to let 
the uh well, wolf is the one that runs this channel no then he'll try and get things done for you shorts come out even as well as shocking as that is it is possible that there are funnies that happen with under 30 seconds or whatever with with us crazy mm. in any case that's about it and all we got for the night so we'll just say goodbye everybody have yourselves a fun good everybody, everybody. Bye. See you later. Day. Have bye. a great bye. night, bye. great day, bye. great bye. afternoon. Bye bye. bye. bye.